You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. One of the lowest ranking podcasts in the world. World. We heard your demand for timestamps, and we chose to ignore you, just like your high school years. You'll see Jake with a tramp stamp before we start using timestamps. Sexy tramp stamp Jake. What we're trying to say is, we don't do timestamps, and we never fucking will. I just said the F word. So stop asking, you red bastard cunts. Cunts. <laughs> Welcome to the Timestamp Free Zone. This is Pop Culture Leftovers. Episode 363. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture, spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers, and with the uncool kids, what's gonna say has already been said, leftovers, pretty sure the only talent, it's the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Hi, it's Nick Swartzen, and welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. Oh my god! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're we're the Leftovers. leftovers. Jake, you smell that? It's uh, it's a new podcast smell. Oh yeah, Happy New Year. Happy Happy New New Year. It's a new year, it's a brand new podcast. You know what, Jake? People could be listening to any other podcast right now, but they're, they they come back and they they're listening to us, and I think that's that's a special thing. Oh, so special! It gives me all the warm fuzzies. Because <laughs> there's so many other better podcasts out there. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners are a special breed. They are five fucking hours of a podcast. Are you kidding me? Who the fuck is spending five hours with us? Jesus Christ. They could be listening to, uh, what's the new one? Smartless with, uh, what is it? Jason Bateman and, uh, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. You ever listen to that no, one, Jake? Actual celebrities. I have listened to an episode of that. Yeah. They're like an hour long. 30 minutes of it is like them talking about AutoZone, but it's, uh, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's a it's a decent podcast. I listened to the one recently. Did you listen to the Martin Short one? No. Fucking great. You got oh he's so dude, he's seventy fucking years old and he's still hilarious. Yeah, I agree. I, I loved that short lived show with him and uh Steve Martin. What was it? What, I, I don't remember. I I loved it so much I forget what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like a sketch comedy network show though. Uh, I, oh, I yeah, I kind of remember that. I didn't really. I may, I maybe watched five minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to invent a Martin Short character called Martin Short, and he's it's Martin Short, but he just shits himself constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that already Ed Grimley? Yeah, almost there. I fucking loved Ed Grimley. Oh my god! Hey. We Guess let's 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 let everyone else join in on the fun of this episode, Jake, because they're just, just having a great time, aren't we? Um, hey, we are not alone. We have uh, Mr. Dan Ramirez from the Heroes of Noise. Welcome, Dan. 
Shart Talk and Ed Grimley. It's great to be here, I must say. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy New Year. Uh, I must say. Uh, dude, I fucking, I was a huge Ed Grimley fan. I loved Ed Grimley, I must say. And I love the fact that he fucking loved Pat Sajak. Did you ever? <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was a massive fan. He played the triangle. To, uh, I believe he did it to the Wheel of Fortune tune every yeah, once in a while. Oh, my God. And guess what? Dan, we're, we're not alone. We've got another guest. We've got your your co-host on Heroes of Noise, uh, the Connect Four kid, Steve Hudson. <laughs> I'm a boy. <laughs> How are you doing, gentlemen? How are y'all feeling, man? Man. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm great. So, anyway, I, I got, I'm really excited to have both of you on. And Glad to be here. And I was listening to an episode of Heroes of Noise, and I believe it was one that was recorded in, no- in November. And Dan, you were talking, you were getting real, and you were talking about having like a prostate exam. Oh, you got to bring up old shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This is a, okay, there's a couple of stories, but is it the one where I prepped or is it the one where I actually had the invasion? Because there's two different stories and trust me, they're very different outcomes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that there were two different yeah. stories here. We got one yeah, with. Quick, quick version is, is a man has to get a prostate exam, you know, when he gets older, like myself. Sure. It didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. But I'll share one with you. One oh, time, I'm like 19 years old. Right? Yeah, 19. Now, 19 and prostate exam is this a, in the first place? Is this a prostate exam that you didn't know was going to happen? Did this happen like in a back alley or something? I feel like I may <laughs> have a case. Is what I'm saying. I went in to have my sore throat. <laughs> my my wow. Wait yeah, a minute. Wrong end. I went on the wrong end. But you know, I had some some uh, swollen glands and such. And uh, I believe his name was Doctor Mao. I'm going to go ahead and say it now because he's given me nightmares for the last 30 years. Uh, basically decided that he was going to go check my throat the opposite did direction. Did Dr. Mao, did he mow down on your butthole? Is that what? Oh, he got, a, he got oh, down Jesus. all on the butthole. Oh, yeah. He flicked my man bean. It was ridiculous. Mm. But man I'd rather not. I've never heard. I think yeah, I might have just coined the term. I'm very impressed with you. Thank you. Thank you. Man yeah, it's, it's a nightmare, Brian. Thanks for bringing that up. No, no, no. Here's the thing. You were talking <laughs> about, here's the thing. You were talking about how, like, you were, like, really worried about going in and doing it and you wanted to make sure that like it was all clean for yeah, the person the that was yeah fuck that dude seriously <laughs> fuck that dude it's their job this is their job like if ha, dude go in there full-on dirty like i want caked. my yes cake i want it so dirty like fucking mike Rowe shows up to film an episode <laughs> of dirty jobs <laughs> That's how fucking dirty my asshole is going to be when I have my first fucking prostate exam. That's their fucking job. So I'm going to I'm going to make sure that my shit is dirty and caked up. Guess what, buddy? That'll be coming sooner than later. So I know I'm now. getting there, start dude. I, away. I just had a fucking birthday, man. Happy birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, brother. Yeah. Speaking of birth, I got a birthday gift. Hold on. I got I actually got two. I got two. I got a birthday gift. I got to open it. It's from Philip Guillet. I've been holding on to this one, so I'm opening it right now. So thank you, Philip. Philip, thinking of me on my birthday. Good old Philip. Everybody the else, biggest like Snyder Cut fan, I know. I oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. Oh, here we go. It's Amazon. What do we got here? Oh shit, Philip, you got me opening shit. A box now. What is this? What is this? What is going on here? From New Wave Toys. And oh, it says for Gile. Ah, Gile. Let's see. Oh, what? <laughs> what is? What? Oh, this is so cool. Thank you. This is a um, you know, on the front of an uh, on a video arcade machine. It's got the twenty five cents insert coin to play. 
This is this is like basically pulled from an arcade machine, and it's a keychain. That is oh, nice. freaking dope. It is dope, man. That is dope, dude. Oh my god, thank you, Phil. I fucking love this. Does it make noises? Because I hold on. Does it? Hold on. I gotta pull. Does it make noises? It lights up when you push it. It fucking lights up. Come on. The classic red color. Yes. Nice. That is beautiful. That's awesome. That is fucking. Thank you, Philip. I fucking love that. Oh my god, Philip hooked me up this year. Got me a Blu-ray, and then he got me that, and then I got something else. I think this is from Stephen Redgrave. And what is? Oh my god, it's it's a Hallmark keepsake. Megatron, and it's the classic Megatron. It looks like G1 Megatron, the figure. Is oh, it the wow. dope version with like, the, I don't know if there's one or not, but I know some of them come with a button you can push and it makes noise, or is it just like the, the standard I, ornament? It, it's a Christmas, also dope, by the way. It's a Christmas tree ornament, and on the back it says, your friend just thought of you as a standard friend. Well, this is the standard mega, no. <laughs> <laughs> you do not light up your friend's life. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to being standard. This is, you're, that is awesome. It is cool. Thank, I think this is from Stephen Redgrave. He said he had one thing coming out to me that I had not gotten yet, and he wanted to make sure that I got it. So thank you, Stephen. I fucking love it. I'm going to take pictures of these, and then I'm going to throw them up on our Facebook and on our Twitter. Thank you guys so much. That is awesome. That's some great listeners, Jake. That is freaking you amazing. Sure fucking do. I'll, I'll go ahead and hold on and see what Jake got. Jake, what do you have for your, for uh, any presents going your way? Not right now. Not right now. Okay. okay. I'm not greedy though. <laughs> oh my god. Oh wait, hold on. What else? I got. Okay, we've got like a ton of housekeeping to take care of because it's been two weeks since we've had a regular episode. So we're gonna do iTunes reviews, but first we got a bunch of housekeeping. Jake, what should I should I should I have a housekeeping bumper made? Uh, yeah. Let's pause the episode. Just make one? <laughs> yeah, do it on the fly. <laughs> we can have Dan and Steve join in. Fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Who's your favorite housekeeper? Was it? Would it be Rosie from the Jetsons? I, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. It's, it's multiple choice. Rosie from the Jetsons, we know who Jake's going to choose. Hazel from Hazel, Alice from the Brady Bunch, or Tony Maselli from Who's the Boss? Dan, favorite housekeeper? I think Tony was a bit aggressive for my taste. I've always been an Alice guy. She was a fucking freeloader, though, wouldn't you say? Like, really? She spent way too much time at the house. She worked for it and shit, but yeah. total freeloader. Yeah. I don't know. Steve, who are you going with here? Oh, I'm going. What are you, it's Tony Danza. Game over. He gets to see Alyssa Milano every day. I'm good. Angela. Samantha. <laughs> Mona. Jonathan. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with Tony Maselli. I'm absolutely. I love, Jake, I love Rosie, but she's just not my favorite of the housekeepers. I'm going with Tony Maselli. Yes. Yeah, I don't play that. It's, it's a solid choice. That would be my second place. Yeah, yeah. I like that Rosie was a robot, but she had kind of like a New Jersey accent. How you doing there, Roy boy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she was, was the, 
was there a specific year the Jetsons were set in, or did it was it just whatever year you were? Back? I think it was just like the future. The future. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was supposed right. to be like the future. It wasn't like a like a back to the future kind of like this is going to be 2015. It's just like oh, this Jesus. This is just your future. And, and honestly, let's think about it. By the time we're making robots, we're making robots that you can fuck. We're not making – she was a tin can. You know what I mean? She was a tin can. You're going to scrape yourself up doing something like that, Brian. I know. I would like the best of both worlds. I want to fuck the robot and have it do my dishes. No, Yeah, but you don't want it to look like a robot. You know what I mean? You, if you're gonna you fuck, fuck the it, robot while it's doing your dishes. It's, Jake, have, oh, have you ever have you ever walked into your kitchen and wanted to fuck your refrigerator? That's what she looked like. <laughs> it's true. Rosie was not. Uh, Jake's not in there. Jake's in there fucking the refrigerator again. <laughs> it was hard. It was hardly ex machina. Yeah, it, or it was hardly Westworld. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You don't go to Westworld and fuck a refrigerator. Oh yeah. Look, there's a fucking Brian over there banging a frigid air. <laughs> Welcome to Westworld. He plays by his own rules. Oh, the ice makers broke again. Thanks, uh, Brian. Yeah. Way to go, Brian. <laughs> These ice cubes look funny. <laughs> it's kind uh, of cloudy. It's got the imprint of my fucking hot balls on them. <laughs> anyway, what do we got? Oh, I wanted to thank I wanted to thank Philip, of course, for the birthday gift. Stephen Redgrave, Nathan McConnell sent me Nathan McConnell knows that I'm getting the Mandalorian hot toy and he's and he sent me a donation for the second payment on the hot toy Jake oh that's a sweet gift we got, and yeah, a very sweet gift thank you very much Kyle Borowski sent another fucking donation I think this is the third donation Kyle Borowski sent within the past three months and then Michael Borelli sent a donation thank you Michael and then uh, Stephen Redgrave sent me a, a Mandalorian t-shirt for Christmas, so thank you. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Could I just sidebar real quick? What's up? Uh, Steve, what the fuck are we doing wrong? Because we're not getting any of this kind of shit. I'm just saying, Brian's fantastic. Saying. Uh, it's great, fantastic. Joe, Jake, rather, fantastic, fantastic show, but I think we're fucking up. I don't know. These guys are getting good stuff. I mean, I think they're getting good stuff from, like, Boston gangsters, Borelli and Borowski. I don't think these are real people. You know what, Steve? We're being rude. Let's get back into That's it. That's true. All right. Oh, yeah. Michael Borelli, the reason he sent me the donation, Jake, we'll go over that next week, man. It was really interesting. We'll go over it next week. It's actually, it actually ties into Good Pop, Bad Pop for next week, so we'll go over that next week. I wanted to thank all of our Patreon patrons. Um, Christmas, I dropped a new, uh, bonus episode, and it was a really short, like, 15 minute thing that I did. <laughs> did with Greg, Handy Greg, and uh, Neil Tholander, we did um, Christmas erotica, and it was a lot of fun. So for the people that enjoyed our Christmas erotica, thank you very much, and thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. And now let's jump into iTunes reviews. It's one First iTunes review comes from The Last Black Man, and it's titled, In a Year Full of Tossets, This Podcast is a Tupperware. That's it? No, that's the title, Jake. Oh, that's long. <laughs> short, short for a review, long for a title. Wow. It was a nice title, though. 
in a year full of tossets, he's basically summed up 2020 and said, what a fucking shit fuck year. Thank you for making this year better. And now you're shitting on the title, Jake, saying it's too long. Yeah, I, uh, that's my way. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the last black man is crushed right now. No shit. Well, go? tell him I have some great news for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the last one. Oh, okay. All right, He's Steve. coming up with the recovery. There yeah. is one more. There is one more. There is another black man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the review goes on to say, found this podcast while looking for a good Infinity War review, and I've been hooked ever since. The mix in, uh, the mix of in-depth pop culture content and hilarious comments between Jake, Brian, and guests keep me coming back every week. Keep up the great work and happy holidays. Sorry if this was too long, Jake. You're a little bitch. <laughs> no, I like I like the review better than the title. The review made up for it. There was oh, nothing. Oh, there was nothing wrong with the fucking title, Jake. There was nothing wrong with the title. He's basically saying it was a shit year. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but who cares? Like, what happens in 2024 when it's a great year? I think. Oh, okay, there it makes no sense. It should have been. It, it should have been titled. Uh, Jake is a nitpicky cunt. Oh yeah, that's the perfect. <laughs> it is the perfect amount of syllables. Hmm. It's like a pop song. It's like a haiku. It's very much like a haiku. Uh, let's see here. We got another one here from DJ Maniel, and it's titled "Never Too Late." One exclamation point, Jake. You think the guy's? If he's been listening for any amount of time, he would have thrown in two more. At least given us the three. Exclamation points. I don't know. How excited are you if you only use one exclamation point? Not very. That's really phoning it in, actually. Yeah, you're phoning it in there, DJ Manny. I'm fucking with you, DJ Manny. Confession time. This is what the review says. I've been a PCL follower for years and have listened to just about every single episode. So am I bad for not posting a review before now? I know how important it is to get feedback for all your hard work. Make that PCL army grow. I am a faithful listener for many reasons. First, when I plug into a new episode, I feel like I am hanging out with my friends, talking film, TV, and pop culture. All that razz and sass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's, he's, he, he sounds like he's, doesn't he sound like Flo from Alice or all that razz and sass yeah, razz and sass. kiss my grits razz and sass <laughs> which one of us is the razz and which is the sass dude I would uh, dude I would say you're a little you're a little bit razz and I'm a little bit sass I think that's right I think that's right I would that feels accurate <laughs> All that razz and sass. It's just like being, <laughs> it seriously says that. I'm looking at it right now on my screen. All that razz and sass. It's just like being with your pals. Uh, secondly, your passion for all things pop is deep, intuitive. <laughs> I, yeah, well, hold on. Hold on. I heard a little snicker there out of, uh, out of Steve Hudson. <laughs> Wait, wait, you getting a little pervy on there, Steve? I was going to say, I left it alone. I just left, I was going to let you finish. Oh, well, that, that, that's, what you, that's what you do when the pop is deep. You let it finish, right? <laughs> deep enough to hit Dan's man bean. Yeah, basically. Oh, oh shit. And that, that is wonderful. deep, my that friend. Was deep. Yeah, that really was a good, thank you for bringing that back. That was impressive. Thanks, Dr. Mao. 
Secondly, your passion for all things pop is deep, intuitive, and all-encompassing, as proven by your recent Outstanding Disney Investors episode. Lastly, you guys have heart. I love those moments toward the end of the podcast when it's just a free-flowing conversation. Whatever comes to mind, an episode that totally took me to another level with PCL was when a listener confessed to you how you guys were the only reason he was still around. Uh, your care and response was genuine and heartfelt. How you spoke to him and shared encouragement was really cool. It was a while ago, maybe after the Civil War review, but your collective words were so real and raw, just like all your reviews. So, yes, all new listeners and half-steppers and curious spectators take the PCL plunge. They do podcasts with a time and commitment that is refreshing and addictive in all the best ways. Okay, Brian, have at it. A hugely devoted fan. Manny. So that comes from Manny. Thank you, Manny. And uh So we're the we're the shittiest Captain Planet kid. We're the heart. <laughs> That's what you took out of it, Jake. <laughs> You're gonna go with Captain Planet. <laughs> that was a fucked up power, right? Like all the other kids get <laughs> great fucking kid. rings. Earth, wind, water, fire, fi- the fire kid. Fucking dude, I would have loved him in the fire kid. Fucking the power of fire. And then they fucking give that little kid with the monkey heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Jesus. What a fucking, that's a fucking terrible ring. Oh my God. Anyway. Were they making a Captain Planet movie at one point? Is that, is that gone? Uh, Who gives a fuck about that? I love the Don Cheadle Captain Planet YouTube videos. Fantastic. (laughs) Mm hmm. He's just going around fucking turning all the people into trees and shit. (laughs) (laughs) And like he's scaring the kids. (laughs) I fucking love it. Uh, uh, Next one comes from, uh, it's a five, these are all, it's a five star. Uh, Jimmy 518. Jimmy 518 and it's titled, You Guys Are the Absolute Best. It's five star. Much love, guys. My girlfriend and I listen all the time, and you guys never disappoint. Your guests are just the best super fun and make me laugh as much as you guys. I could write an entire novel on how much your guys' podcast means to me, but I know you guys have a four-hour-long podcast to get to, so keep up the good work. And remember, time codes are for the week. Just enjoy the free and hilarious content as a whole. P.S. Thank you so much for the new band. I follow Volk. Can't thank you enough. This band is so freaking good and more people need to know about them. So thank you again for this incredible find. Thank you, Jimmy518. Jake, Volk, man. What are, uh, th- those guys are fantastic. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. So I, I love that review, by the way. That was good stuff. You know, you've got a fucking solid relationship when both the man and the woman can uh, listen to the podcast at the same time. Mm. Mm. Usually we piss one or the other off. Oh, totally. 100%. 100. <laughs> who's who's going to get pissed off first, Jake? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to answer that. Oh, she I am. <laughs> she, she's going to she's going to she's going to be like you're not listening to them anymore. <laughs> you must choose. You're done. PCL or me. Jake saw that one comes like, "Nope." All we yeah. <laughs> Listen, hey, by the, the way, listens, Volk, man, I'm not answering this. <laughs> yeah. 
By the way, Volk is fucking incredible. I love that video. I had never heard of them until they came onto your show and or you played the song on your show. And I've since watched the video like three, four times. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I haven't met these people personally, but well done. I love the music and I'll be listening. Yeah, they're great. I followed them on Spotify and a lot of our listeners I know have followed them on Spotify and just very like enthusiastic fans of our podcast and we're fans of them now. So it's really cool. Jake, it's really cool when we find out our listeners are doing some amazing things and they're just so much more talented than we are. And yet they listen to us like try to fucking put together an episode every week. It's 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 kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing how many listeners of ours like have actual talent. I know. Listen to us. I know. I know. Me and you just like stumble into a recording every week. And just <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about Dan's asshole for the first five minutes of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's see where that takes us. And like these guys are putting out real fucking music. You know what I mean? So embarrassed. Oh man, it's on display. <laughs> we got a, got a review here from Right a Scorpio, and it's titled "Thanks," and it's not even spelled out. It's THX, so maybe it's THX. Maybe he's a big fan of THX, the George Lucas audio format. Yeah, or he just, just loves good movie. sound. Loves good sound. A big fan of like just like uh, the theatrical audio. He's like, fuck Dolby Digital. Ah, fuck. Oh, fuck DTS. I'm down with D- THX. <laughs> T- oh, fuck yourself, Atmos. Yeah, Dolby Atmos. I miss the noise. I haven't heard that THX noise in a long time. I know. I love that noise. Like like when you'd go into a theater and it would just rattle you. Like, yeah. Here we go. Oh my Wait, God. what was the noise again? Could one of you do a... An, I'm uh, not going to emulate it. Nice try. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube that shit. Come on, Dan. No, 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 no. Okay, you're not going to do that? All right. No, not this show. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the review says practically perfect in every way, and then it's got the winky face. Mm -hmm. Nice Mary Poppins reference. I really like that Mary Poppins reference, actually. Is that a Mary Poppins thing? Oh, yes, Jesus. when they when they take out the tape measure to measure everything, that's exactly what Mary Poppins' height is. It says so on the tape measure. How I, dare you, Brian? I, dude, I've I, I, that's a deep pull. I'm with Brian. I've I'm, never dude, heard that in my life. I fucking perfect in every way. I watch one Mary of my Poppins of all time. All I know, on, Jake. Jake loves fucking it, Mary Poppins. It's legit one of my favorite movies of all time. It is. Tell you something. I liked it so much. I, I watched a documentary on the two people that wrote the music for it. I love that movie. I love that movie too. Saving Mrs. Oh. Banks. All right. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't want to dis- I didn't. I don't want to sidetrack this wonderful review. Oh my TXX. god. We're I'm a this. huge Dick Van Dyke fan too, and he, <laughs> that's probably his best work. So. Oh, fuck yeah, the Dick Van Dyke show did nothing for him. Him fucking dancing on a roof about talking, singing about chimneys. That's where it's at, huh? Oh, 100%. I don't know. I, I, did he reinvent comedy or did Lucille Ball beat him to it? Or did the honey, did the honeymooners beat Lucille Ball? I'm not quite old enough to know which, which was the trendsetter there. I'm pretty sure it's the honeymooners. Well, I, yeah, but I think Lucille Ball, she like reinvented comedy for women. True. She didn't have any allusions to, uh, intermarital violence in her. Her last name was Ball and Dick Van Dyke's first name was Dick, Dick and Balls. (laughs) Imagine if they fucking had their own show called Dick and Ball. (laughs) Now that would have revolutionized comedy. No shit. (laughs) Welcome to Dick and Ball, like two of the funniest fucking people. And it's a show called Dick and Ball. 
And this taint your mother's show. This taint wow, your mother's. Man. This. We are just. I was workshopping, Steve. Let me. Look. I say, look, dude. I say, write it in the log. Write it. All right. In. This Done. is not the. the next, okay. yeah. This is not the place to workshop, Dan. Exactly. exactly. All right. All right, a little less work. Well, no wonder you don't get any iTunes. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what it is. Somebody, somebody right now is like packaging up a gift for you, and now they're unpackaging it. Tell Dan, it was originally for him. Oh, man. They're sending, they're sending Dan a fucking, what, what was that thing that you flush your asshole out with? What is that called? Bidet. Well, that one of those too. An enema. 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 They're saying Danny an enema. Yeah. Nice. There we go. Yeah, it's, it took a long time to get to that joke, and it didn't land. Um, <laughs> <laughs> took the scenic route on that one, didn't we, boys? Um, dick and ball. Dick and ball. What a great show that would have been. All that to get to that dick and ball joke. Um, let's hey, see. Worth it. It was worth it. Um, this next one comes from Classy Cat Dad, and it's titled Long Overdue Review. It's a five-star. Classy Cat Dad, want to throw this out. This is Stephen Redgrave from the Dissecting This Fiction podcast, which I was on a most recent episode of theirs where we talked about The Mandalorian Season 2. Everyone should go listen to it. Uh he goes on to say, PCL brings a quality discussion about all the fandoms we love in a way that feels like we are a part of the conversation with friends. The hosts, Brian and Jake, have an amazing dynamic full of humor and wit that will literally have you laugh out loud. They bring plenty of knowledge and perspectives uh, to these topics, which is great for fans that may be less familiar with a particular property. Uh, through all of this, they have built a strong community that has spawned other great podcasts and created amazing relationships across the world. I've been listening for about five years, and this podcast is easily at the top of my list each week. And I am thankful for everything that has come from clicking subscribe. And that comes from Classy Cat Dav. Uh, Cat Dav. Cat Dad. So thank you, Stephen Redgrave. <laughs> I did a dab right when you said that. Did ya? Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Almost dropped my headphone. <laughs> oh man! So uh, yeah, awesome review. Uh, this last one, last one, it's a five star. I don't fucking understand this one at all. Let it, me try to help. It's the first. Oh, good luck. Um, it's the first <laughs> review of 2021, and it says it's titled Facebook, and it's a five star, and it goes on to say Facebook not login app store. <laughs> 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 it was written by a fucking like it was written by a caveman trying to log on to Facebook apparently. Uh, it's like he forgot he was even an iTunes review and thought he was trying to log into his personal Facebook. It's like he had a it's like he had a fucking brain aneurysm when he was typing this. <laughs> hey, it's five star. Five, fuck it, it's a five star. Fuck it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Facebook not login app store. Jake loves it. Jake's like it was it was short. It was concise. <laughs> it's comedy genius. It's like a Lucio Ball. <laughs> it's from uh Delim Shakal. So thank you, <sighs> Delim Shakal. Okay. <laughs> Facebook not login app store. Jake, I want that I want I want that review. I want that on our fucking PCL poster. I want the five stars there and underneath it I want it to say Facebook not login app store by Delim Shakal. 
and that to show up Man, on. If the... I ever got a tattoo, that's what the tattoo. Is. <laughs> yeah, you at least need that shit on the back of a t-shirt. Oh, for sure. You should definitely have a PCL t-shirt with a few good reviews, and the last review says Shakal says Facebook. Not be like people are like, wait, what? Now What's that last review. I I just literally just want a fucking t-shirt with five stars on the front, and it on the back it says Facebook not login app store. Yeah, that's the shirt. That's the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Jake? I love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> review of the week. That's <laughs> review of everybody else putting in all this effort and shit. And then Delim Shakal comes in there and just fucking trounces everybody with Facebook not app login or whatever the fuck he wrote. I love it. <laughs> just pure instinct. <laughs> Think about it. Didn't even have the pure instinct, man. Killer instinct. Like the, Mike, the Michael Jordan of ice cream. He's like <laughs> fucking Mike Tyson, 1984 and shit. Man, Eye of the Tiger. Tiger Woods in his prime. Tiger Woods in his prime. This guy is fucking the Wayne Gretzky of iTunes reviews. <laughs> Facebook app not log in. Woo! Oh, my God. What a wordsmith. All of fame. <laughs> Oh man, he felt like Tony Hawk doing his first seven twenty right now. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna retire that that fucking that's that's one to retire. Put that jersey up in the up in the rafters. That's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the last one? That's it. That's the, uh, of course I'm gonna end it on that one. Yeah, oh, you, you gotta close a, on that. Yeah, that's a mic drop. <laughs> ah, more housekeeping, guys. That review still. I am so over this housekeeping, but we do have some breach contest winners. So we had the breach digital codes that I promised to give out. This is the uh, Bruce Willis movie. I've got five digital copies that I'm going to be giving away. Uh, this movie on the cusp of fatherhood, a junior mechanic aboard an interstellar arc to new earth must outwit a malevolent cosmic terror intent on using the spaceship as a weapon. It stars, like I said, Bruce Willis and we're giving out five digital codes for this. Let's find out who our winners are. First winner is going to be... Hold on. Who we got? Jeremy Hill! Jeremy Hill. There you go. Second winner. Mm, Breach. This is for Breach. Alfredo Tostado. Alfredo Tostado, you win. Copy of Breach. Alfredo's been cleaning up. I know. It's the same people that enter every fucking week. Tammy Tammy Hatfield. Tammy Hatfield, third winner. What were you saying there, Jake? Reese's Pieces? These people are geniuses. They're they're getting all these free movies, unlike these other idiots that don't even enter. I thought you said Reese's Pieces. I was like, Jake... You sound like our fucking iTunes reviewer over there. Just <laughs> saying whatever the fuck comes to your brain. Just <laughs> no filter. Reese's, Reese's Pieces. <laughs> All right, Jake wants Reese's Pieces right now. Okay. <laughs> Reese's Pieces. Pieces, man. Leave them alone. <laughs> and number four. Who's our fourth winner here? I'm going to win a copy of Breach. Monica Garola. You win a copy of Breach. I'll get these sent out tomorrow. And the final winner. Hold on. Oh, man. This is exciting. Doing this shit. People like to hear their names, though. I gotta fucking do this. Jesus Christ, this is taking forever. So over this, Jake. William. (laughs) I couldn't get to my mute fast enough there. (laughs) 
Yeah, final winner, William Dixon. William Dixon, you win a copy of Breach. So, I don't know. That's the last contest for a while. I haven't heard back from the contest lady, Jake. I don't know what we're going to be offering in 2021. She's over it. She must have listened. Yeah, dude. Dude. She's like, oh, my God. I can't believe we've been we've been attached to these people. So I can send the same five people free movies myself. <laughs> She's like, just can I get William Dixon's email address? <laughs> I can just make me in touch with Alfredo Tostado. <laughs> Dude, I fuck it. Alfredo Tostado is the new menu item on Taco Bell. They're new. It's, it's fucking, it, it's on the dollar menu. It's amazing. I loved the fuck out of my Alfredo Tostado. It was so good. For real. I was like, it. I was actually getting hungry listening to that when the first time you said his name. I'm like, you know what? That is, oh my God. that's like the best of both worlds right there. I you know. A Hispanic cuisine with an Italian cuisine. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong. Oh my You're God. You're probably going to get diarrhea, but you can't go wrong. You got that fucking, it's Dan, like, did you say a Hispanic cuisine? Yeah, yeah, I did. Let's okay. move on. Let's I'm move on. Making, okay. All right. Hispanic. It's quite Italian. What do you What do you thinking? What are you thinking? Are you, what do you think? Well, a tostado is fucking. Okay, Mexican. You want is me to Mexican. Say tostado. Uh, it's, it's, okay, oh, Dan. Okay. I don't. <laughs> so what is it like? Is an Alfredo tostado? It would be like a. It would be like a gordita crunch wrap. Right. Inside, yep, you. you've got penny pasta and Alfredo sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's like a gordita, and you dip it in the Alfredo sauce. There you go. There you go. What what was it? What was it? Did you hear about what was it? Uh, Who's doing it? Is it Burger King in Japan has a sandwich, and it's it's the spiciest sandwich that they've ever made, and it's supposed to ward off evil spirits. That's a spicy. I am not fucking kidding you. Like this is like how they're marketing it, that it wards off evil spirits. I'm not even fucking kidding around right now. And I think McDonald's, McDonald's in Japan is making a spam sandwich. Spam is huge in Japan, apparently. <laughs> Japan, Hawaii. Spam. Oh my God, Jake. You know how I was talking about the brioche hot dog buns? Oh, I, how could I forget? I went to the fucking store. They've got hot dog buns, Hawaiian hot dog buns. Oh, made by the the company, the King's Hawaiian. Not, no, dude. This is just like generic Kroger hot dog buns, but it's like the King's Hawaiian generic version or whatever. Kind of sweet. Yeah, the Hawaiian buns are like really sweet. I loved it when fucking Arby's would have like the King's Hawaiian on their roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, I liked that a lot too. Mm. I love Arby's. Arby's has a lot of detractors, but I love that shit. Oh, it's too expensive. You no, could, no you could go to there. you could go to a real restaurant and get really really good food instead of going to Arby's. Yeah, if you sign up for their emails, they blow you up with good deals. Though I get fifty percent off coupons like every month. Did you sign up for Arby's emails? Of course, they it's straight up fifty percent off anything you order. I, when I did, I, I used to go to Arby's a lot when I was younger, only because of their roast beef. Sandwich. I just thought it was unbeatable, unbeatable. And yeah, it was only later until I realized people would like make fun of Arby's. I didn't understand. I was like, "What's the deal?" I don't understand that. It was good. I enjoy Arby's. I like their thin sliced roast beef sandwiches. Yes. Give me a fucking question. Sauce on that piece. Two feet. What exactly? Do you fuck with the Arby sauce or the horsey sauce? Dude, I'm all about Arby sauce. Yeah, the barbecue. Oh, the fuck of their barbecue sauce? Yeah. Ah, fuck that shit. 
<laughs> I like their, I like the, I like the, I like the, uh, yeah, dude, fucking get, get real barbecue, Jake. Fuck, get the fuck out of here with that barbecue sauce. And they even Jake give it a the line. Yeah, you, cr- you cross the line, sir. That, you, that was a harsh reaction. Yeah, well, that, well, welcome to PCL, Steve. There's, there's, there's really, there's no, there's really no reason for me to go off that way on anyone. <laughs> I didn't realize they get so much heel heat for talking about barbecue sauce. I know. I'm really I know I'm an asshole. It's, 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 <laughs> here's the thing. I, you ever you ever um, you ever had their uh, what are the, the potato cakes? Oh, I fucking love the potato cakes. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, the potato cakes are the fucking. Uh, you can get like the you can get two potato cakes, the three potato cakes. If, you can get whatever. I always get four, dude. I four it up every time. Oh man, four it up. <laughs> Do you say that at the drive-through? <laughs> <laughs> I say four it up. And they're like, they're like, plenty of barbecue sauce. They're, they're like, that's not a thing, sir. That's it's not like supersize me. It's nobody says four it up, and they ask you, they ask you to get to the back of the line again and order again, <laughs> <laughs> sir. We're gonna have to ask you to go to the back of the line. We're gonna take your order again. You're gonna do it right. You know- <laughs> We don't do that secret menu shit here, sir. Oh, yeah, the secret menu stuff. I guarantee you, like, half that secret menu shit, if you go to a fucking McDonald's and give them stuff off the secret menu, they're going to have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. They never do. For sure. Yeah, I try that shit at Starbucks all the time, and I can tell they just hate me. Mm. Oh, you would do that. (laughs) Well, there are a few legit, like, if you order a, a tuxedo mocha, that exists everywhere. It's not on the menu, but it exists every Starbucks. And so I was like, okay, at least one of them works. The other ones, they do not work. I agree. I've tried the secret menu at Starbucks. They're like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? I'm like, oh, BuzzFeed said it was real. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they spit in my drink when I tried to order that. Oh, drink. Jesus. Yeah. Let's move in. You guys ready to move into Good Pop, Bad Pop? Oh, yeah. yeah thank God. All right. Yeah, thank God is right. <laughs> <laughs> for more leftover reviews with good pop bad pop good pop bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read sometimes we rate these things and if this is your first time listening we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system the rating system is simple if the leftovers don't like something they toss it if they do like something they suggest you taste it and if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. The first thing I want to talk about here is actually an email I got from a listener, David Hennessy. And he says, on a previous episode, Jake mentioned that he was going to rate and review Ready Player Two, but he didn't because of time. I would love to hear his review if he doesn't mind. Thanks for all the great content. Oh, you want me to review it? No, oh no, Jake, I just want you to sit there like a fucking st- <laughs> I thought that would be funny if I just didn't say anything. What the fuck? <laughs> fucking amateur hour. Time to clam up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you fu- yeah, you want to talk about fucking uh, fouring it up with your potato cakes for fucking five fucking minutes, but you can't talk about- Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm gonna give- I'll give Ready Player Two a solid taste it. Um, from the synopsis of the book, and we talked about it before the book came out on this show, I, I really wasn't looking forward to it. I was kind of disappointed that it basically sounded like the exact same plot from the first book. But upon reading it, there is a lot more to it, and the synopsis doesn't 
quite spoil the the whole scope of the book. And it's an interesting take on social media in general and a lot of topics that were really found in the first one. Um, it's still not as fun as the first book. Um, I think it's going to be harder to make a movie out of this book, too. I feel like it'll be one of those Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 2 deals where they, they make the sequel to the movie, but they just ignore the plot of the book. Yeah, to make fuck whatever it's fucking movie they Spielberg make. ain't doing it, right? No, no fucking one. <laughs> I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. They'll get so. they'll get Colin Trevorrow to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. Um, it's a lot of fun though. Uh, you you don't want to spoil all the different like quests and references, but it's just as filled with eighties gushing fun as as the first one. Um, and it interestingly enough, like takes place right after the first first book ended, which I was really surprised by. I wasn't expecting it to be like seconds after the ending of that first book and i really liked that aspect of it hmm. so right. i'll give it a solid taste it the first book's still a tupperware for me this one's a solid taste it i actually went back and listened to the first book again after listening to this book thinking maybe i'd kind of sour to just the whole plot line but i loved the first book just as much the third time as I did the first and second. So it's just, I don't know. It just felt like Ernest Klein had a big flop with Armada, went back to the well again, and really didn't have a good enough idea to go back to that well, but just wanted to sell some books. And I'm sure he did. I'm sure it was oh, a yeah. bestseller. Yeah. Ernest Klein, just a fucking, he's just a one and done. The one yeah, I, I'm one sure trick pony. Another flop, and then he'll do Ready Player Three, and then another flop. Yeah, <laughs> it's a one trick pony, Ernest Klein. So yeah, there you go, David. I hope you enjoyed Jake's review. I don't think there's anyone out there that thought the second book was better than the first one. Oh, and if if there is, I'd like to meet that person and and fucking slap. Well, I'd like to introduce you to Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein, welcome to the. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ernest Klein's here. Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, let's talk about <laughs> what? Yeah, that would be a huge get for us, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'd come on and talk about fucking bullshit with us. I'd be like, "Hey, Vern, it's Ernest Klein," oh, <laughs> and then I'd be like, why did, "I'd be like, why did I introduce him that way? That was stupid." <laughs> And then we talk about Ernest scared stupid for like twenty minutes. I bet. Yeah. Oh my! My favorite one was Ernest goes to jail when his fucking <laughs> when his pen breaks in his mouth. <laughs> oh, that's a great scene. I love when he makes the the fucking gun out of soap. Yes. Oh my god. Ah, uh, fucking. What was his name? What was his name? His real name, Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Oh, Jim Varney. You're a funny guy. Let's talk about Nicholas Kate. <laughs> Let's talk about Nicolas Cage's history of swear words. This uh, released on Netflix. Um, in education, in ex- expletives. How do you say that? Expletives? Expl- expletives? Expletives. 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 Second one. This- <laughs> it's easier than saying it. The second one. <laughs> <laughs> the the history Jake Jake's like I don't know how to say it yet either. So the second one, you know. I just learned. I just learned. I just learned. The history lesson you didn't know you needed, hosted by Nicolas Cage, a loud and proudly profane series that explores the origins, pop culture usage, science, and cultural impact of curse words. And uh yeah, this dropped on Netflix on January fifth. And uh, uh I want to get your guys' thoughts on this one. Um Dan, I know you've had a lot of time 
time to sit on this one. What'd you think about the uh, history of swear words? I liked it actually. I thought it was, it was funny. I think they picked the perfect person to host this thing. And, um, you know, I say this word a lot, but it is kind of edutainmental. Like it's funny as shit. They have great comedians on here and I'm learning shit. You know, like I didn't watch every single one of them though. I have been super busy. I'm not mm. going to give you the excuses, but I didn't watch them. So like they had me at fuck. I skipped over shit, went back in the bitch, left, passed over dick and went back into pussy. And I'm telling you, good show. It's a great show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gonna, I mean, should I, you don't want me rating it yet, of course, right? Oh, dude, you can rate it. Yeah, Absolutely. Rate it right yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's really enjoyable. And for some reason, it kind of gives me a vibe. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Remember the VH1 shows where it's like the they get the different comedians in there and oh, they say yeah. funny shit over videos and I stuff love like the, that? I love the it's 70s. Like pop up, pop yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah, or I love the 90s was more specific yeah. to what I'm talking about. And it definitely gave me that kind of a vibe. Um, everyone was well-rounded, and it's just it's it's a really funny show. I think that people should watch it, and you're actually going to learn something, believe it or not. I mean, we say these words all the time, right? And I don't know why I'm saying them. Guess what? Now I know. So I will go ahead and give this one a very high taste. I loved it. I honestly, you should go back and do a deep dive into shit. Um, <laughs> like, like the guy performing my prostate exam. Um, but you should go back and watch. They talk about in that one that I thought it was really interesting is the fact that like you have a higher pain tolerance when you are cursing. Oh, they, yes, Brian. I did actually catch this part. So I do. I did see a little bit of shit. I'm I, not going to lie to you. Dude, I, I I was actually kind of like blown away by that. And I was like, uh, it, it's, that sounds about right. You know, they, they put the people, they put their hands in like the ice cold water and they were able to, the ones that were able to curse were able to put their hands in there for a lot longer. I think Nikki Glaser was in there for like two and a half minutes or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Jake, what was my man? That guy that was like she. What was he from? Oh was my that? boy, from the was, wire. Yeah. From the wire, right? Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he's from the wire, and he's also most recently been in um, the new the Brian wire. Cranston show, Your Honor. So mm. good. Yeah, yeah. What you What you show. think about this one, Jake? Uh, I watched fuck shit and bitch, um, and I, I liked it quite a lot. It's a, a very very high tasted for me. I, I was going to bring up. I was most fascinated by the why we say these words section mm. and just like what makes us say them in the first place. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and yeah, Dan, I, I shit was actually my favorite of the three. I, I found it really fascinating how they talked about how like crap isn't that big of a deal, but shit is like this curse word that's forbidden by parents or whatever. Right. So yeah, yeah I'll, this is definitely a series I'll finish. What is there? Six episodes, all six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Do they do cunt? No, they no. Don't. They I don't. think I it think weird. What if we get a season two? Because they got to do cock, cunt. Well, and, tell me what the other three words are that I didn't watch. Well, there's damn is one, right? Dick, pussy, and damn. And don't you think it's kind of weak to end on damn? Like, yeah, don't you think yeah. It's damn is not there? even a cuss word anymore. Right. Yeah, damn's kind of weak. Yeah, I think they phoned that one in. I, I do think we need to get a cunt episode because I'm curious to know where this word came from. <laughs> Well, it's so like pow. There you needs know what I mean? there needs to be a cunt and a cock, right? Yeah, and there needs to be clips from Deadwood in the cunt episode, <laughs> or the boys. <laughs> oh yeah, or the boys. Absolutely, Deadwood and the boys. Uh, HBO really brought cunt to the forefront. No one was saying cunt. It was super taboo, and then HBO just kind of blew the cunt mm-hmm. world. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess ma- our listeners, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> HBO blew the cunt doors open. Uh, <laughs> I've been known to blow the cunt doors open myself. Somebody oh, hey. get Because oh. you're a real man. Yeah. Um, let's see here. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was a compliment. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you guys, uh, uh, Steve, what did you think about? the history of swear words i really the funny thing is this is the first this is the first show that crystallized the fact that nicholas cage is so famous that he impersonates nicholas cage like what we think nicholas cage is he knows and he impersonates that because i'm oh, sure he so, doesn't just walk around like that so he got he yeah he's like aware that he can go full cage so totally he, yeah like, that's when you've been famous when you're just like i'm just gonna do a crazy version of me and just do that thing. I'm going to ask and you, I, I'm going to ask you a question here real quick, Steve, before you go forward. Um, who would have been the better host, Nicholas Cage or Samuel L. Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson. Definitely. Next question. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, the next question is not a question. It's just don't elaborate on that at all. Yeah, it's done. It's, and the funny thing is, in watching this, yeah. uh, I actually did think that I was going to be like, okay, I got what they're going to do. Mm. I did not. They mm. really, they, I was learning stuff left and yeah. right. And I kept on thinking behind the scenes how difficult it was to put the show together and make it interesting. They had to go to, like, they had to go to experts. Dude, it's, I was like, what the crap? How did they do this? And they made you say, I'm going to watch the next one and the next one and the next one. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned a bunch of stuff. One thing that just totally tripped me out is when he was saying, it, you don't have to say swear words. If you say flim flam and that's your swear word in your brain, your brain still reacts to that. You could stick your hand in water or cold water longer because your brain still considers that a curse word if that's your thing. And I was like, wow, that is crazy. Mm. I, I did not think that you were going to put me on a learning excursion, sir, but you did, and I'm going to give this a high taste it. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. I'm also going to give it a high taste it. There, there's some episodes that I enjoyed more than others. I was yes. – the fuck episode was – I felt like it was – a hit, like the history of swear words. They gave us the history of that. But like, I don't think it was the most fun out of all the episodes. I really got a kick out of, uh, was it the pussy episode where they had that song by that Lucille Bogan from like the thirties? Did you hear yes. that? Yes. Oh, dude. That oh, yeah. Crazy. That was the bitch episode, I think. Did you, have you had, like when they, when they talked about Lucille Bo- Bogan, did you, did anybody look her up and listen to more okay. of her songs? I absolutely yes. downloaded her album immediately. Did you listen did to Shave? Really did you listen? Did. did you listen to Shave Them Dry? No, no. I plan on it. <laughs> Hold on, plan on Shave Them. Let me see if I can play this. <laughs> Here it is. Shave Them Dry, Lucille Bogan. Okay. Today I'll be talking to. Oh, no, I, it's I a it's a five rad first. Hold on. With yeah, I don't fucking do the. Here we go. I got nipples on my titties, big as the end of my thumb. I got thumb between my legs, I'll make a dead man come. Oh, daddy. Baby, won't you shave them dry? Oh, my God. And it goes on. This is a fucking... Necrophilia in there. Dude, this is from, like, the fucking, like, 30s or some shit, right? Yeah, Yeah, she did not give a 
fuck back then. She was talking about if you eat my pussy, I'll suck your dick. I mean, like her whole album is basically stuff like this. Dude, I thought right. It sounded. I thought it was like like when you listen to that song, it sounds like um like something you'd hear on a sketch comedy show like Mr. Show with Bob and Dave. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it doesn't sure. sound like it a real fake. It sounds fake, but it's fucking real. I couldn't believe it. It is so in my pervy brain within two seconds of hearing this. I saw the picture. The song starts within two seconds. She looks better in my brain. I'm like, oh, she's kind of mm. <laughs> <laughs> literally within two seconds of hearing. I'm like, like to mature. <laughs> Five seconds later, you were masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible! Oh my god, that's fun, man. It's a fun fucking show. Hey, you know I what's really weird about that? I don't even know her. I forgot her name. Sorry, Jake. I forgot her name. I know I have it on my phone, but I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm going to download this shit immediately. Right? Here's the weird part. I already had it, and I don't know why. Apparently, I saw her someplace else and was like, oh, that's really funny, and I'm going to download that, probably to use it for the show or something like that. It's, 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 what, it's, what, it. it's what Dan plays when he wants to get intimate. with Exactly. <laughs> with the, you got to get him in the mood, man. I got nipples <laughs> on my titties. <laughs> we work out the exchange right there. It's all business, and then we just sign on the dotted line and proceed. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, fuck Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question for you, fellas. Do you think when they brought Nicholas, how do you direct him? Do you say, yeah, be you, but bigger? Or do you just say, hey, just like, how do you direct him to be that thing? I, I think I think they just like wanted him to just do his thing. Like, that's what they asked him to do. I on I feel like they probably wanted I think that they wanted Samuel Jackson first. If I had to guess, they went after Sam Jackson first. They had to. It's, have. It's a natural move, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know because he doesn't say no to anything. I, I think they would have got him. I, I was thinking about that too. <laughs> he does. He does. He does say yes to everything. He's literally he an been everything. working on that death of twenty twenty though. Mm-hmm. Oh my it's God. Just a schedule. I thing. almost got. I almost got him and Ernest Klein on this episode. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe when they listed the five actors who have cursed the most in movies. I never would have guessed the number one. Jonah Hill. Never. Oh my never. God. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was off of that one movie, though. That one movie sent him over the edge. Yeah. 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 That was wild. I, I Once they said it, it made sense. But I, I, I could have guessed 50 actors. Wasn't, I never would have said Jonah th- Hill. Wasn't that movie the number one cursing movie of all time, though? Yes. No yes. I believe no so. at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. Honestly, when you before that, it was another Scorsese movie. Before that, I'm pretty sure it was Goodfellas. It might have been good fillers. I kept thinking maybe it was like a Tarantino movie or something, but it's not. Not even close. That's surprising. I would have thought Pulp Fiction beat it. Yeah. I'm shocked that Goodfellas beat Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a great show. Like, it's, it's fun because it, it is, it's educational. Like, there's a certain point in our history where, like, these words that were just regular words turned into, like, these taboo curse words. And I, this totally. really kind of, like, breaks it down and, and shows you dates and things like that and, like, why the, the hows. And I guess, like, Dick was, like, a, a crop writing stick and then it, and then it, 
turned into the word dick and mm-hmm. I, it's kind of bizarre how like they, 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 they figured all this out. They really had to do their homework and, and bring in some of these experts. And yeah, I think they did a really good show. It just can't go that long. I don't know if you can really have like a full season two cause you're going to yeah. run out of curse words. Yes. It's almost like they should have just done one longer season for that. But you got to take your hat off to them because, like you're saying, they really did the research. Mm-hmm. They went out and they found these people who broke this shit down for you. This isn't just for laughs. Like, you're learning something. And I think that's Oh, incredible. no question. No question. And I thought it was fascinating how they said when you used to use the restroom in communal areas, the word wasn't big, a big deal at all. It wasn't until the act went private that even that word became taboo. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's incredible. Oh God! Yeah, that's wild. Like, like it was an open thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is wild to think <laughs> about. You know. Oh God! I here's the fucked up thing. When I was in, my parents sent me to a boys' home boarding academy when I was younger, and they wouldn't in the in the bathroom where we went. We didn't have stalls because they didn't want us to masturbate. So we had to shit in front of the other guys. Oh my god. And Ugh. showers were 5 minutes, Steve. They didn't want us jerking off in the oh shower either, dude. Oh my god. Oh, mind you, I went to boarding school too. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's a rough that open shower situation. I never got used to it. <laughs> so we we have two professionals from bo- like boarding schools. Uh-huh. Where do you get your jerk on? You I didn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. There was no way to do it. And I had like, I had one or two wet dreams while I was there. And then my parents came to visit me one time and I fucking jerked the hell off. (laughs) I fucking, that first, when we went to the hotel room and I was able to take a shower, I was just fucking, I was going to town. On my fucking deck. Oh my god. Honey, Brian hasn't come out of the bathroom in two hours. No shit. No shit. I had to get reacquainted. I forgot. Dude, <laughs> Hello, it, old friend. You can, you go the longest. Yeah, it's brutal. You cannot do anything. You're just communal. You even have, mm-hmm. a, you have a roommate. Everything. You just, you're never alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, it sucked. It, <laughs> it was terrible. Jesus. Mm. All right. Marvel Studios Legends. Uh, this dropped on Disney Plus. This series showcases individual characters from the MCU viewers have come to know and love over the years and revisit some of their most iconic moments. And we got two episodes that dropped, uh, Wanda and Vision. And, uh, I was a little kind of like, uh, not blown away by this at all. Each episode's like seven minutes. So we know Ray didn't watch this, Jake. But, uh, <laughs> it's just basically kind of like a, uh, it just all like the greatest hits and highlights. It's a recap. Of, it's a recap. It's a recap. I was not kind of, I was not impressed by this. So uh, it's a, it's a solid taste it for me. I, this, I, oh God, I don't know. It, I, 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 fuck it. It's a low taste. Can it. I jump in here? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be harsher than you. This was a fucking toss it for me. Mm. I, the concept was something that I was actually excited about too, which I think is why I reacted so harshly to it. I, I don't know. I just give me some meat here. Like it's just a previously on for one of the most popular fucking franchises ever. I would have been more entertained had they have showed me the legend and the history of the character from the comics. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say that. Yes. And if they're going to do the movie stuff, I mean, I guess that's fine too, but let's hear some insight from the creators that, that did these movies. That would be more fascinating too. Like let's, 
let's hear, you know, the Russo brothers talk about, you know, why they went this direction with the character after Josh Whedon handed the stick to him or, you know, like just some insight from the actors, what, where their headspace was when they portrayed these characters in each different movie, instead of just a bunch of fucking clips of some of the most popular fucking movies that you don't really need. Dude, this could have been a fucking, a YouTube fucking star made this or something. Somebody on YouTube could have made this. And probably already has an even better. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, what'd you think? <clears throat> well, there's really not much more that I can say. I think we really covered it, being that there's like 13 minutes to watch. Right. But the only – I'm going to go ahead and give it a toss it as well, just because I know that Disney and Marvel are capable of better. I will say that it's pretty cool for – you know, let's say you're getting like a young kid into it and they haven't seen all the movies yet or whatever. It's a nice little recap just to get them on point of who this character is and basically what they stand for. But like Jake said, they, it's a missed opportunity. Mm. They had – they could have used comics. They could have brought in the creators. They could have done – so they could have brought in the actors to talk about their take on it. Yeah. And to call this a series – it's it's fucking cheap. It's 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 kind of I mean, you know, we're, we're, it's free with the subscription, of course, but it's kind of robbery when you think about it. I was it just super disappointed. I was glad that it was only 13 minutes. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I would have loved to have hours and hours of content. And I'm not really that excited for what's to come now. If this is what they're hitting with first, I you know, I'm like, yeah. you know, like you got you got WandaVision coming out next week. You think they would put a little more effort into getting you excited about it. And it was just like, well, here's Wanda. And At least show me like uh, a an, show me an exclusive scene or something from WandaVision. Something. Yeah, yes, exactly. So it yeah, remind me of uh, Wanda's disappearing accent, though. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Caught that. Yes. It went from her accent just totally went away by the time we got into Civil War. Yeah, I'd forgotten about how thick it was in Age of Ultron compared mm. to where it was immediately the next movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Steve, did you watch any of this? Okay, I'm going to be the one. I'm, I guess I'm going to be the one outside of y'all's cool little circle right now. Because I, you know that gif of uh, of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing to the screen? Yeah. That was me all this time, this whole time. It was me being like, hey, hey look, 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 boy. Like, the whole time I'm losing my mind being like, oh, that's right. It was the equivalent of, like, when The Rock comes out and they show all the clips of his best amazing things he's done. Then he walks out on stage and you're like, oh, snap, that's who That's who I'm about to see. I am a sucker, a sucker for this sort of stuff. Marvel gets me every time. And I know what they did today was, or not today, I watched it today. I know it was weak sauce. It got me, dude. I am not going to lie. It totally got, I love seeing all of them working together and being reminded her about how dope she is. And then seeing the next one about vision and having, remembering where he came from or where he went and then it going back and being like seeing more on WandaVision. It got me. I'm a sucker, dude. I'm giving it a, I'm giving it a taste it. I dug it. I was totally <laughs> in. I'm a sucker for those freaking, even uh, like I was telling Dan during the Prince concert when it was just a long, thing of what prince has done so far you're just like yeah so are you a are you a fan of like when a sitcom does a clip show no and i also i don't like musical shows either but this one was just like a just in case you forgot how dope we are what we do i was in and it was only six minutes so i was like okay if a if a sitcom did six minutes of like someone had died and they were like here's six minutes of all the times they made you laugh I'm in because the rest of it's just a sitcom. Since it was six minutes, 
I was perfectly fine for both of those things. Now, if it was six minutes or like 30 minutes of nothing but clips, I would have been like, dog, come on. Jake. See, I, come on now. here's the thing, Steve. Like, I don't know like what your expectations were from the show, but like, I think the rest of us we were coming into this thinking like we were going to get a lot more out of this. I didn't think it was just going to be like a, oh. a recap. I didn't. Okay. May I interrupt for a second? Cause I think I can add a little bit of a layer to this. Now, Steve, last week, last I checked anyway, you've only watched the Marvel movies like each of them one time, right? Affirmative. So, you know, I could see you appreciating it a little bit more. Like myself, I've seen each movie, I don't know how many times. So well, technically, it's more Dan, of the same, you know what I mean? If we add in how many times I watched reaction videos of, of Endgame, I think I've watched the movie maybe a hundred million times. But that's only one of them. The other ones, I wanted them to live on their own and not be like, I am so inoculated by the reaction to these movies. They made me feel something, and I wanted to keep that. Yes. Yeah, I was just, I was upset. Like, Jake is saying, like, we didn't get fucking, like, uh, any discussions from the Russos, any kind of, like, fucking mm-hmm. interviews with Elizabeth Olsen or Paul Bettany about their characters. It was just basically, like, here's the greatest hits. WandaVision's coming out next week. Here's the greatest hits. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I felt like this could have been, like, the recap that they showed right the be- at, right at the beginning before the fucking WandaVision show started. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically a last, you know, on the last episode or something like that. But if you take, what, Brian, what's that show called on Disney Plus that's talking about the Mandalorian? Is it the gallery, gallery or something? Yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. The gallery. Yeah. So we know what they're capable of. And yeah. we know that they could have pulled all this, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And yeah, it just seems like it's a swing and a miss for me. Especially since we've been so starved for Marvel. Right. You know, like the, what's the last Marvel movie we saw in the theater? It was, you know, Far From Home, which was, I mean, we're looking at a year and a half ago at this point. It yeah. came out in July of last year. And I mean, I mean, I was, I, I don't know. I, Steve, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, and it does make sense that you were kind of like, ah, oh, it's a greatest hits moment. And I've only watched these movies once. And it's really, re- it's a nice refresher. But man, for those of us that have fucking watched these movies, like, you know, you know, you know, five, ten times, it was one of those things where it was like, let's get a little bit deeper into these characters. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jake's talking about, let's go to the comics. Yeah, let's go to the, let's go to the fucking, let's go to the origins of these ca- characters in the comics and then compare it to the MCU. Let's do a compare and contrast. They did nothing, in my opinion. They threw this together. Together, and they called it Marvel Marvel Studios Legends, and I watched it, and I was just like, "Okay, thank God that this was something that I didn't have to pay for." That that you know that it's not like a video on demand thing that I had to drop like you know six bucks on or something because that recently happened with Death in the Family, the the fucking DC animated movie where they basically just rehashed Under the Red Hood, and I fucking paid for that thing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you remember that, Jake? Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. yeah. Complete garbage. Like, imagine if you bought, like, the WandaVision Blu-ray, and this was a special feature. You'd be pissed off. Like, this, this was, this was totally. No so y'all, none of y'all got any butterflies at all at any of the scenes that y'all saw on these. Things. Six minutes and seven minutes. Not a butterfly. Not a yeah, butterfly. Not, not a butterfly. The hey, only butterfly, butterfly, the only butterfly that I got was remembering Infinity War when fucking Doctor Strange's powers turned into those butterflies. Do you remember that part? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that part? Literal butterflies. <laughs> Literal butterflies. <laughs> Well, I, I won't ever watch another one of these again. Like when they do them for Winter Soldier and Falcon, I won't. I, I won't either. Them. I won't either. I, yeah. Would you guys watch it? I'm not going to because I couldn't get through it. If they did one for the next Black Panther, would you? For, if they if they did a, tr- a real tribute to Chadwick Boseman, I would. 
I couldn't do that. I definitely couldn't. I haven't been able to go. I haven't been able to go back and watch Black Panther yet, Steve. Neither can I, dude. I just can't, man. Oh, I can't. I did watch his final live performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I highly recommend that everyone watch that movie. Uh, will I make it through it? Is the <laughs> will I make it? You will make it, you will make it through. But at the end of the movie, you will be like, "Oh my god, that acting performance was incredible!" And he was taken from us way too soon. I honestly see like this guy uh, winning an Oscar in his future. I, I, I really saw it from this performance that he gave in this movie because it was powerful. It was so, and the thing is, I, that's another thing I like. When he was like, "Give that man a shield." Yes. Did the whole. Ah. I like that too, man. I no, it, like I, I like hearing that shit. But man, it's god damn. That's it. not even about the characters we were talking. Exactly. About. This <laughs> is true. Yeah. I know, but like the slow motion. Remember when they're in the snow and that slow motion visual of all the Avengers at the same time. I know that chunk was like, does that work? It still works. You're like, these are the guys. I can just watch I'm those movies, like though. I can just yeah. watch those movies. Because, <laughs> like, I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> Well, they put it out for a reason, right? So they wanted it to hit the mark on somebody. So there you are. Congratulations. You enjoyed it. Dang, you know, that's I good. Cry. That's a good thing. It sound, yeah, it sound, yeah, we sound like every woman that didn't get off when the guy did. You know what I mean? It was, nice. it was fine. It was fine. I enjoyed it. It was only six I'm, minutes. I'm, I didn't get anything from it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you and I'm glad someone enjoyed it. <laughs> I know. And I'm sitting there being like, but remember that part in the middle? That was so good. That, that was the best thing ever. Yeah. That, that was when you came all over my chest prematurely. Yeah, He's I heard, already napping. He's already rolled over and having a nap. <laughs> uh, That's so funny. Honestly, I think our review of this was longer than both episodes combined. No oh, doubt. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, real quick, let's talk about Lupin on Netflix. Did anybody get a chance to watch any of Lupin? I watched the first episode. As did I. I watched the whole thing. Oh, Steve, I can't wait to talk to you about this because, um, here, okay, the story follows Asan Diop. A man who comes across a mysterious gift, a book about Arsena Lupin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, the Gentleman Thief, which has the power to grant him wealth and resources. Um, 25 years before, while he was a teenager, uh, Diop's father died after being accused of a crime he didn't commit. Now Diop sends out, sets out to get revenge on a wealthy family who caused his father death. Um, the Gentleman Thief is a real book and it's written by French writer uh, Maurice LeBlanc. Uh, Omar Sy stars in this one as uh, Hassan Diop. Omar Sy was in a uh, French movie that was very, very revered um, called The Untouchables. And I believe that movie was then made into a Brian Cranston Kevin Hart film where Brian Cranston played the guy in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, the French movie is fantastic. And I even enjoyed the Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston film. A lot of people didn't like it, but I did like it. And Omar Sy, huge French actor. Like, he is phenomenal. He was Bishop in the uh, Fox uh, X-Men movies. And uh, I was really excited that they cast Omar Sy uh, after, you know, uh, him being in The Untouchables. And they really didn't do a lot with Bishop, sadly, in those movies. But Omar Sy is a great fucking actor, great French actor. And um, I I watched the first episode of this. And um, 
I honestly think I'm at, I think I need to watch the whole thing. I think yep. like the first episode, I'm going to give a, I'm going to be, I'm going to give it a high taste that I did enjoy it, but it felt like a lot of kind of like these, um, heist movies that we do see. I think that the real story actually is going to be, uh, going forward, uh, in, you know, in, in future episodes of this. This is going to be a, uh, 10 episode series. It's going to be released in two parts. So we got the first five that you can watch now. And, um, I'm definitely going to be coming back to this and watching this, but I think like, I, sh- I wish I would have been able to finish it, but I'll give it a high taste it. I think that, I think that the real story between him and like this other guy that's, that's kind of like on to him, kind of like, you know what I mean? I think like, I, I think like that is the real story here. And, uh, I'm, I don't know. I, I want to hear, Jake, what did you think? I liked it quite a lot too. It's also a high taste it for me. And I agree. I probably should watch more. I also felt like there was a lot of story to be told about his um, ex-wife slash ex-girlfriend mm. and his son that I'm very interested in. Because it seemed like his ex-wife or girlfriend didn't really have too much like beef with him. Yeah. So I was really curious as to kind of what went down there. If he like pulled some kind of scam over on her yeah. and she just had to drop him or, or what was going on there. Um, I also thought the show had a really incredible... Um, score and soundtrack i thought a lot of stuff going on there was really cool i had never heard the song that eminem sampled for hi my name is and i I don't think i realized that it was a sampled song until hearing the real song in this episode i had that same thought today so i thought that was really cool i I thought the was the acting dubbed were the was it originally it's french French? it's originally in french French. (laughs) yeah Mm-hmm. And okay. if you want to, you can change up your subtitles in your language and watch it the way it's supposed to. Uh, I will say that I did watch it that way, and it I don't know. You, I, I don't mind subtitles, so it, it actually plays a little bit better to me. But then I went back to the dubbed, and I guess I'm just going to stay there now because you get used to the voices and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can totally customize that if you want to. Here's, are they different actors? Is it the same lead actor no. doing his own dub? No, it's not. I would not. say not. It's definitely not because the, the, the lead actor that plays um, – that voices Diop in this is not as good as Omar Sy at all. Yeah, that seems like a missed opportunity. The the dub voices were a little bit dry and generic, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I did like the format a lot. I liked flashing back and seeing how everything was accomplished. And there was a lot of oohs and ahs when we saw those moments, at least for me. Um, this was a really cool show. Uh, yeah, what did you think, Dan? I wish I would have watched more. I have been sitting on this for a while. And for whatever reason, it just didn't catch my eye. And then when I found out that I had to watch this... I really regret not like basically I just prolonged it and I, and I didn't watch it until today. And I really regret that because mm. I'm going to go ahead and give it a high tasted as well. But I think this has total Tupperware potential. hundred percent. Yeah. Omar Sy is a bad motherfucker. Like I've never really heard of him before, but and, uh, and then and now that you mentioned that he was in the X-Men, I get it. But like, I just didn't, I didn't make that connection. You need to watch the untouchables, his French movie that was like a huge hit. Yeah, I will definitely do that. I will say this dude's a star, yeah. and I really wish him the best. I think that this ep- like this season, it had me. Like I would, in my opinion, I would call this a perfect episode because it had me going. Okay, what's next? I want to hit play. I couldn't hit play because I didn't have the time to do it. But I'm like ready to just jump into this whole series and watch it all the way through. I think that it was very stylish the way that they shot it, uh, particularly the Louvre scenes. There's uh-huh. one particular scene where 
it shows him laying out some red carpet because he's a I'm not going to like give the spoilers or anything, but he, he plays a, um, a custodian at the Louvre and it shows him laying out the red carpet. And then it does this like big, long panographic shot and it, it shows him getting out of a car because he's playing a new character, which, of course, you'll have to find out why he's doing this. But just that scene alone, that little shot right there was like, OK, they're doing some really stylish stuff here. Yeah. And I'm totally intrigued by this. I cannot wait to get back into it. In fact, I will probably start watching it when we're done recording. Sounds. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like something I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Absolutely. I, I've saved Steve for last because you finished this. I want to know, does like this show like we got the first part here. So it's going to be two parts, 10 episodes. They drop five. What did the first five episodes do for you? What'd you think? I, I will just rate it off the jump. I'm going to give this a high taste. It only because I want to see the second half to make sure it continues this level. But man, oh man, it's fantastic. I love it because as you guys watch the show, a lot of these sort of heist movies will, it goes and it, it'll show something that happens. And then at the end of the episode, they'll reverse and show all the little things they did. Oh, he dropped it in this person's pocket and did this. They don't do that because the, there's moments all through the show. It's never a situation of he sort of planned things. Something happens. And in that moment, he has to remember what the gentleman thief did. He's like, here's a rule of the gentleman thief. Never do this thing too fast. And he has to remember that on the spot. And then do something because the situation has changed. That's what I love. It's never like, I knew that bad guy was going to get on the train and then do this. And no, something happens and he has to just act right then and put all of his stuff into action. And I thought it was brilliant, man. I love that he can just work on the fly. It's not one of those where there's been plenty of, I'm sure you review movies where they're like, you have to suspend your disbelief because there's no way they could have seen that happening. It's just impossible. This doesn't mess with that. It's like, yeah, he didn't see it happening. He just had to act on the spot. Hmm. And he's that good. And I, and, um, there's such a good overarching thing where you're like, oh, he's just looking for $10 million. No, he's not. All this is for an eventual thing he's looking for. And it's bigger than money and it's bigger than all this bull crap. It's actually something that each one of us would want to find out. And it's just, it's tangible. It's understandable. He doesn't seem like an overpowered superhero he is good at what he does definitely a high taste it can't wait till the second part i will warn you if you watch all five episodes it just ends mm. it just ends and you're like wait where's the what the yeah it just ends huh. and it ends at a part that you do not want it to end at at all in any form of way so you might want to wait <laughs> until the next five drop and then because it just ends and that sucks. So it's not like that, that. Also, sounds like a reason to give it a high taste because it's not satisfying in the way that it ends. So it's oh, a, dude. Uh, I want to know more about the character of Claire. You know, we get flashbacks mm-hmm. of Claire and when he was a yeah. child, and that was just an awkward scene where, like, she's like, "If you can swim, I'll make out with you." <laughs> He put in work too, huh? He put in work to get across. Look, the floor. Yeah, he fucking almost drowned doing that doggy paddle just so he could make out with this chick. That's probably tasted like an ashtray. So, but uh, yeah, all right. I uh, you guys gonna like it? I, I wonder if like if if the people that have actually read the real book, the gentleman thief, got more out of this than even us. Well, I'm sure they did. Oh, for sure, dude. This is. I mean, if these rules are real, it, it's a situationally accurate book where you're just like, yeah, this is what you would do. <laughs> See, I guess that's a smart thing. Don't overreact or react with your first idea. 
think about it for a second. I'm going to get it's into really a, clever stuff. I'm going to get into a little bit of a spoiler here. The, one of the it's basically it feels like it's a revenge story against this family. What they did to his father. And I mean, that's in the mm-hmm. synopsis. But we find out in the first episode a little bit of a spoiler here. Uh, if you don't want to hear this and jump ahead. But I mean, we find out that his father gets accused of stealing um, a very valuable item and then gets sent to prison. And then a, and then is they find him. He's hung himself in prison. Now, number one, did he hang himself or was that set up? We don't know yet. And then the other part that I liked about that is like when he when when the son shows up to the grave and then the wife of the the woman that could have like stood up and said something like, you know, he didn't steal it, blah, blah, blah. Um, When she's like, if there's anything you ever need and he's like. Um, you know, thank you, ma'am. Uh, I appreciate it, ma'am. And then he's like, fuck you, ma'am. I loved that part. <laughs> so good. Oh, so good. That was really good. They showed him as a kid basically saying, fuck you. Like, you're, you know, your family's the reason that my father's dead. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch the rest of this. I really wish I would have gotten to it. You'll love it. It's really good. And the, um, I don't know, I don't remember how the first episode, uh, but you know that that person he goes to for different implements he has. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is beautiful. It's it's just wonderful. <laughs> and oh, you know how cool. they met and what it means in that shop. Who he is. It's beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait to. I can't wait to get. I love Omar Sy. I think the guy is super fucking talented. I think that the the Fox Marvel Universe when they when they I was excited for him to be Bishop, and then they did absolutely nothing with Bishop in the in in, in the Fox uh, Marvel X Men movies, and it was just kind of like a waste of like this guy's talents. Like I don't know, Marvel should they should find something for this guy. This guy's super fucking talented. Like this guy should show really. Up. He should show if up at the MCU. If decide to do a, a U.S. version, which we tend to do, I think Idris Elba could do this. I was thinking the same thing, man. Uh, he's he's like very – like you can com- kind of compare him as far as oh, – like, I, I don't know what it is. Physically, I don't know exactly what it is, but I thought Idris Elba. And he's stylish as shit in that suit and everything. Yeah, he's he's like the French Idris Elba. Yeah. Yeah, he's younger. He's younger. Idris Elba's got a few years on him. He's younger. I honestly think if they do a fucking American version of this, this guy can talk. He can speak English. Just have him do it. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. Yeah. Just get American actors. So um, let's take a quick break. Come back. We'll finish Good Pop, Bat Pop. And uh, we got more to talk about. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Danon yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. 
You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back. Hey, I wanted to point this out real quick. I thought that this was fucking crazy, Jake. Um, today, I check Rotten Tomatoes because I'm putting up a couple articles um, on the website. Uh, Brooke wrote a couple of reviews. So I'm going to throw them up on the website, and then I've got to put in her Rotten Tomatoes quote. So I go and I check. One of them, one of her reviews was for Wonder Woman 1984, and I check Wonder Woman's score, and it's at a 59%, which is rotten. And I'm like, okay, what did Brooke give it? Oh, she gave it a fresh rating. Let's see how this affects it. So Brooke gives it a fresh rating. I submit it, and I check it. You know, it takes like 15, 20 minutes to update. Brooke single-handedly took Wonder Woman 1984 and from a rotten rating and made it fresh again. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> but on the other hand, he's going to be a bigger villain than Cheetah to some people. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Ain't that the Jesus, truth? Dude. Ain't that the truth? Like, it doesn't affect me either way. I just thought it was kind of like, I thought it was kind of cool that pop culture leftovers kind of affected the rating, at least for one day. Y'all changed the world. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. We took it from, <laughs> it's crazy how 59% is rotten, but like one more percentage point and it's up to fresh. It's so ridiculous, dude. <laughs> it, and, it shouldn't, and it shouldn't it be 50-50? Yeah. If it's 51%, it should be fresh. And if it's 49%, it should be weak sauce. Yeah. I don't know why they go. It has to yeah. be so high for it to be fresh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you're saying like if if more people like it, it should be fresh. Then, yes, yeah, the end. That should be the end right there. Mm-hmm. More people like it, it's fresh. Mm-hmm. It's just not fresh though. Yeah, man. If I may, God damn, I, it's it's hard. It's a hard one for me. Sorry, I, Brooke. It's a huge, it's a huge step back from that first movie. It really is. It's in just in my opinion. And for everybody that enjoyed it and loved it, more power to you, but it's a huge step back in my opinion. I'm, I'm hoping that, man, I know that, that Wonder Woman 3 got fast tracked and it's like, and, and, and Patty Jenkins is coming back and I know it's probably because I guarantee, I guarantee you subscriptions through, from HBO Max went through the roof. But oh, like, no oh, for sure, dude. But, um, yeah. That was, I think I, I'm going to put legends above Wonder Woman 84. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that, Stan. You, you literally just watched a recap. Oh, my God. Fucking. Oh, man. Let's talk about, let's talk about the midnight sky. Did we all get a chance to watch the midnight sky? Yes, sir. Yes. And and I'm not talking about walking out of your home and just looking up at the sky. That's a beautiful thing, too. It really is sometimes. Shit, never mind. I didn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, Jesus Christ. I was going to Tupperware because it was the shortest thing we watched all week. It was even short. (laughs) Jake just steps out and looks at the horizon. and Tupperware. 
Ah, nature, you're glorious Tupperware. Right? <laughs> Except for that Captain Planet kid, that harp fucker. What a what a pussy. Lame shit. What lame shit. Jesus. Uh, Midnight Sky, this dropped on Netflix, directed by George Clooney, based on the 2016 novel Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. Stars Clooney as a scientist working alone at a remote Arctic research station when he learns of a mysterious global disaster. At the same time, he meets a strange girl in the Arctic whom he must stop the return to Earth of the crew of the spaceship Aether. Midnight Sky also stars Felicity Jones, David Oyello, Tiffany Boone, Demian Bitcher, Kyle Chandler, and Kaolin Springall. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this one. Um, this is like, I've been seeing buzz for this movie as far as like George Clooney is director. Have you guys been seeing this? I have not really. A little bit. I think I might be seeing more of uh, the opposite of buzz on here. But I've got some opinions about this movie. Oh, I've got opinions too. But I've I've actually been reading some articles where they've got him in talks for like you know his directorial work on this movie. Um, yeah, Dan, you have thoughts. What are your thoughts on this movie? So, you know, this is kind of like uh, I don't know. This is kind of speaking to like global warming coming for full circle, and and like this is like the end of humankind as we know it. And so you've got like this uh, spaceship, the Aether, that's been looking for this other planet that's gonna that's hopefully gonna be inhabitable, that humans will be able to to live on and thrive on because our Earth has not been able to sustain itself. And they come back, you know, thinking they're gonna come back to a an Earth that's at least inhabitable that they can you know fucking land the ship on. And uh, no, it looks like the Day after tomorrow, that fucking movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and and uh, who's the other one in that? Dennis Quaid, and it's all frozen over and shit. And so now they've got to tell this crew of Felicity Jones and David Oyello that you, know, you can't come back. You better fucking go back out there and live on that planet. Um, what do you what do you think about this one, Dan? So I kind of found like I was watching two different movies. I was. Very intrigued by Clooney's story, actually, or the story of Augustine, who has become this remote person that can't, you know, he, he can't really function talking to normal people. So he's like remoted himself. He's lost his family. And, you know, the whole story of how he's trying to get a hold of these people to, that are coming back from this planet called K-23. I found all that very interesting. And I liked when they they put a little bit of the space stuff in, which I thought was pretty well done. It kind of reminded me like the tone of it was a little bit like, uh, Oh God, what was that Hillary Swank when that just came out uh, away? I believe it was what it was called. Yeah. It was like it had away. that kind of a vibe to yeah. it. And the thing was, is that I found myself wanting to watch more of Augustine's story or stay in space, which was a little bit more slow for me. Like it, it didn't really seem like anything really popped off in space to, in my opinion. But I think this movie kind of suffers from the fact that it doesn't really know if it wants to go, with the story of Augustine completely and really lean into that and just kind of give us, you know, pepper us with the space stuff. I don't know what it is. Like I did enjoy oh, it. I had man. people telling me that this movie is really slow. It's really yeah. boring. Uh, I hated it. So I was a little reluctant going into it. That said, I actually enjoyed the movie, but I just found myself wanting a different movie and wanting to, I realized that there's not a whole lot of, uh, scenery that you can really chew up, you know, on this, on in the uh, Antarctic or whatever it was, the Arctic circle, wherever it was. But, um, I found that that story was way more intriguing. The, the whole thing with the, the young girl was something that I kind of picked up on right away. I can't tell you that I knew exactly what was going to happen, but I kind of figured, you know, with the reveal, oh, okay, I know what they're doing. Mm. But um, 
you know, all in all, it was just okay. I, I'm kind of hit or miss with Clooney. I do think that this was uh, a pretty good submission. It's just it's a little bit slow. It's not going to be for everyone. That said, I enjoyed it. I will give it a solid taste it. Solid taste it for the Midnight Sky. I'm going to jump in here. A lot of what you said kind of like uh, the two different stories and like you were more interested in Augustine's story. I, I'm right there with you. I felt like uh, a lot of the – Stuff with the crew. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Gravity. Gravity. Dude. Yes. Here, here we go. Like gravity. Let's go with gravity. If you're just doing the space thing, it works. Uh, you know, like, and what I loved about gravity is the fact that they didn't go back to earth. We saw none of the earth shit. It all happened in space. And the studio that made that movie wanted to fucking have scenes of earth, but like, uh, who's the director of that one? Uh, Jake was Alfonso, Alfonso Cuaron. He was like, no, I want it all to take place in space. Everything to take place in space. I want it all in space. And I don't want any, uh, shots of like Houston. Cause you know, you know, you got Ed Harris playing the guy back on earth. All we hear is his voice. We don't see him in the movie. You never see Ed Harris's face in this. You just hear his voice. And by the time I left gravity, Jake, I saw it in 3d. And by the time I'd spent like two hours in space in this Alfonso Cuaron movie, when I stood up after that movie, I felt disoriented, man. I felt disoriented. I felt like I'd been in space, man. And it was, it's such a fucking incredible experience. This movie, like Dan's saying, it felt like two different movies. And the other thing that I didn't like about this movie is the fact that like the crew and their camaraderie didn't feel earned in this. Yes. No it, character building. No character building for those characters out in space. They have this camaraderie that isn't earned like you would get earned camaraderie in a movie like The Abyss or earned camaraderie. Even – you know what? I'm going to say it. Earned camaraderie in the movie Starship Troopers, the Starship Troopers, the Paul Verhoeven film. Like that – like when they're all getting the tattoos together after they get out of fucking basic and shit. Like that's earned camaraderie. Here we get the, the sweet Caroline scene where they're all singing out there and I feel like I haven't spent enough time with these characters and I feel like I haven't really gotten to know them for that scene to be earned. Uh, all that said, I fucking love Kyle Chan. Handler. It's just like, I don't know, man. I just, that didn't work for me. Uh, there's like supposed to be this emotional journey and you get to the end and I think it kind of falls flat for the emotional stuff. Um, all that being said, I give it a taste it overall as well. I thought it was okay. I feel like there's a great movie in here somewhere. I didn't see the great movie, but I'll give it a taste it. What'd you think, Steve? I was the funny thing is I'm a very I'm a not a very I'm a fan of George Clooney's directing like you know Leatherhead's Heights of March I dig his style I haven't seen Suburbicon so uh, I started watching this movie and immediately I was thinking oh this is what it's gonna be I knew that it wasn't gonna be all of a sudden there's gonna be some huge thing I'm like oh he's gonna do this slow pace through the whole movie and I was worried. But truthfully, I understand how someone could not like the space parts. I kind of was in and out on the space part of it all. But there is one scene that saved it for me that I had never seen done before. And I will just say it's a part where someone gets injured. Oh, I, dude, I was, dude, I was like thinking to myself, they're going to just do this like every other fucking movie. And you are dude. right. You, you're right. You're right, man. They, they. I was like, 
Whoa, when when something gets released, I was like, holy crap. The visuals there, man. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that's why if someone said George Clooney is directing something else, I'm like, after he did that, that little thing, I'm really excited to see what other visuals he could just come up with. I want to see um, I want to see him do a paintball movie in space. <laughs> I would definitely be down. I would definitely be down. I also liked how they didn't show what happened. Mm-hmm. You just know this person got hurt. They didn't yeah. be like, oh, let's go and show the slow mo. No. You just assume, oh, yeah, after that situation, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone got hurt. So, um, but I think George Clooney directing himself as a slow paced, chilled out, smart dude, he didn't throw out a million different big words to show he's smart. It was everyone else saying, oh, my gosh, hey, I know who you are. And you're like, oh, that's cool. He doesn't like, well, technically, the trajectory of this times this with the square root of this. I'm like, I don't need to hear that. I'm okay with other people telling me that, oh, no, this guy is legit. Mm -hmm. And uh, all in all, I was in until the end. I didn't like one character because I knew what they were doing. And I was like, I know what you're doing. It's cute. But I don't know if I'm in. And then there's a. There's some suspicion of disbelief at a part regarding water that just wouldn't happen. You would be done. It would be done at that point. You're done. You know, you're in, it's frozen water. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> Let's be real about this. You wouldn't just be like, whoo, good thing I'm warmed up in this. George tundra. Clooney, the superhuman. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was <laughs> fucked up. That was fucked up. I kept thinking that too, man. It's like, how did he just. Ooh, good thing I'm in the warmth of this tundra to dry me off. I'm like, what? what how? How? But okay, <laughs> I'll let that go. But it, all in all, I was in. Again, there were certain scenes that really held me, but I would have to give it a low taste. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't say you've got to see this. I would say fast forward to certain parts so you can see this really cool thing happen. I could not justify telling someone to watch the whole. Movie. Dude, what's so fucked yeah, up is I keep feeling like you just want to watch the greatest hits of this movie like it's Marvel Studios <laughs> Legends. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to watch Legends of Midnight Sky. I would love it. And I'd be like, yes, this is what you know what? And now I'm thinking how many different movies I Dude, George Clooney directed this amazing eighteen minute movie. It is <laughs> it's fucking stunning. I love that. A bunch of remember this is that would be fantastic. But yeah, I would give it a low taste it. Um if you're I would I couldn't even tell someone, hey, fold clothes and watch this, because if you walk away, I promise you something it's gonna feel like you're in another movie. You're like, wait, did I miss the crap just happened. So you have to sit down and watch this. Yeah. I couldn't justify it. So low taste it. Jake kept getting up and actually looking at the midnight sky outside of his fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, what did you think about the midnight sky? Um, I mean, first off, I, I Tupperware George Clooney's facial hair in this movie. Oh, God. Yeah, dude, I want to see him yeah, fucking. Yeah. They, he needs to play Santa Claus. Yeah, it was amazing, especially when it got all frosty and snow covered. Oh, oh I know. 
that was a look and, and he was he was he was owning it but this you guys have kind of echoed a lot of my thoughts about this movie it's just a middle of the road taste it it was definitely like 20 to 30 minutes too long i was also more interested in the george clooney side of things um god felicity jones is so bland and so vanilla it's like <laughs> when you mean to buy a vidalia onion but you accidentally just get the regular yellow onion instead and you're like oh this is so sharp <laughs> and uh, it's just she did nothing and i think her character at least onions can fucking evoke an emotion and make you cry a felicity yeah. <laughs> felicity jones can do neither yeah as hard as you rub felicity jones into your eyes you're not going to get any tears whatsoever um yeah i mean and her character needed to pack a lot of emotional weight for that side of the story to work yeah and i thought her just blandness made the end movie reveal just not work at all for me. And I, I'm with Dan. I kind of saw it coming um, mm. from the moment we had the draw the picture scene. You could kind of smell where everything was going. Um, and I also agree with Brian that the sweet Caroline scene, it was kind of cute, but they didn't earn it. Yes. And as a jaded moviegoer, I knew that we were seeing this feel good moment so I could be shocked when something bad happened immediately afterwards. And then lo and behold, something bad happens immediately afterwards. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. It was just so paint by the numbers and boring and bland. And I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised I'm, I'm not tossing this. Um, I did think <laughs> the George. <laughs> I'm surprised we went from, we went from you tasting it to like you're borderline wanting to toss it now. The more that you talk yeah, about the it, the more I talk about it, the more I dislike it. I, you had to work I, some shit out. Especially when we started talking about gravity. It's like, I yeah, thought all yeah. the exterior shots of the ship looked terrible. It looked like stop motion animation on a fucking green screen bullshit. Like I was not wowed by any of the special effects in this movie and honestly was surprised this was a movie made in 2020 i feel like this might have been in the vault for 15 years and then they just released it like it did not look like a modern movie to me and maybe i'm spoiled by modern space movies like gravity and in even a way but yeah i don't know and I, legends, I am, legends too <laughs> legends <laughs> i think I, I think i am reverting to a toss it on this movie we, and I, I wouldn't even watch legends of the midnight sky we need i, I god there needs to be a fucking <laughs> steve hudson legends filter mute button or something <laughs> <laughs> oh cliff note steve I, I, and there's just like all this built-in like friendships between like kyle chandler's character and that guy and, yeah. And the other crewmen, yeah. none of that was ever earned. Like, I just want to, I, I, dude, I, I honestly, people, you need to just not watch this. You need to watch Gravity and then you need to watch For All Mankind on Apple TV and just call yeah. it a day. And if then you want good space stuff. You're, you're absolutely right. I and, would have been and then Space Camp. The, space Camp. Oh, I love Space Camp. Me too. too. I would have been better off doing, doing the joke and just going out and looking at the sky. That would have been a better, better use of my time. <laughs> I would have enjoyed hearing you talk about your experience of looking at the sky. <laughs> yeah, but that's unfortunate. And I think George Clooney can be a very good director. Mm -hmm. um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's so, um, agreed. Uh, Sam Rockwell, oh, uh, yeah. fucking amazing movie. 
And, and the stuff he does with the direction in that movie, it's not just the plot and the performances. Like, there's just such awesome transitions in that movie mm-hmm. and really interesting, like, choices he made on, like, what to show. And uh, that movie's a hundred times this movie, and you should watch that instead of this. Oh, man. Fuck it. it, it was, this a, was this a Netflix like, did Netflix pay for this completely, or is this something that Netflix, it was supposed to go to theaters and Netflix bought it? I feel like it was supposed to go to theaters and Netflix bought it. I feel like Netflix would have dumped more money into this. True. True. I did hear it was playing in some theaters, so that's probably the most. Well, uh, so is Roma. So is Roma. Like, that's some true. of these Netflix movies play in theaters. That way they can get them to contend you know, for the Oscars and things like that. But I know that 2020 is a different beast because not every movie could play in the theater. But um, this was the only thing I watched this week where I was tapping my Apple TV remote to see how much was left. <laughs> He's got a point. I tapped. A Jake is just like Jake is just like, oh, my God, I got five minutes of Marvel Studios Legends left. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's Jake's like Jake's Jake's fucking two minutes in. <laughs> Steve, on the other hand, is on his fucking third watch of the goddamn oh, thing. Dude, no question, no question. I do. That's if I tap my Apple TV remote to see how much time is left. That it's instantly not a Tupperware anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, it's the Midnight Sky. It's on Netflix. I. I Give it a watch. I mean, give it a watch. Uh, judge for yourself. But I think, yeah, there's definitely some misses here. Dan, I think you hit it on the head when you said there's two different movies in this and they should have just went with one. Totally. <sighs> the last blockbuster. The one, with, the one without Felicity Jones. Oh, agreed. Dude, I will say this to the day I die. You replace Felicity Jones in every movie she's in. I haven't seen RGB, but you replace Felicity Jones with every movie she's in with Tatiana Maslany. Just do it. Oh, please. Give me please the, God. Give me the, oh, nice. give me the deep fake cut of Tatiana Maslany in Rogue One. Just please, somebody make that happen. <laughs> I, I love Tatiana Maslany. I think she's just so much more talented than Felicity Jones. I, I don't understand how Felicity Jones keeps getting these big fucking jobs in Hollywood. The last blockbuster, uh, this dropped on video on demand. Um, it's a documentary on the last remaining blockbuster video in Bend, Oregon, directed by Taylor Morden and written by Zeke Cam. Stars uh, Sandy Harding, who is the manager of the last remaining blockbuster video, as well as a bunch of, uh, you know, cameos and interviews with the likes of uh, Kevin Smith, Brian Posehn, Doug Benson, Paul Shear, Sam Levine, Jamie Kennedy, Ron Funches, Lloyd Kaufman, um, Darren Hayes. Uh, <laughs> I was... I can't, I was super excited to watch this. Have you guys been following the, a lot of some of the stuff like the last blockbuster? I knew the last blockbuster was in Bend, Oregon. And I, 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 you know, I've, uh, I've checked out the Twitter account. They brought up the Twitter account in this. And, um, I, I, let's talk about video stores in general. I mean, we're all of the age. Growing up, we remember going into video stores in the 80s and in the 90s and how huge it was and how what a big part of our lives it was. You would go in there. You would look for movies. If you couldn't find something, you might ask the person next to you who's like – um 
I, I would talk to just people in the place. I would talk to the people that work there. What's new? What's cool? What's great to watch? And, and, and then you could leave with snacks. I mean, I, I remember leaving with popcorn and candy and it was just like a, a huge deal. Like you, I would, I remember watching Siskel and Ebert, Jake, and the movies that they would talk about and give high praise to. I'd be like, I'm going to go to the video store and see if they have these movies and see if I can watch them. And go and rent these movies and watch them with your friends. And it, it, was, just, it was just this experience of going. And I remember like in Peoria, Jake, you know, where we grew up before there were even blockbusters. Like they I remember going into like it looked like somebody's house. They turned it into a business. It just looked like a house that you would walk, oh, for sure. you would walk into. And they had like, I remember renting Betamaxes. They, I remember renting Rambo first blood part two, or was it Rambo three on Betamax? They had both the Betamax and the VH version, VHS versions that you could rent. And it was like in a house before there was even blockbusters. Like this was how you watched your movies. You would go and I still have my blockbuster card for crying out loud. Like this is how you would watch movies. You would just go into the video store and you would try. I remember back in the day, Jake, you would try to fucking rent them like right before a holiday. That way you could get it for an extra day. Oh, I forgot about that. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. And so like this took me back and this really took me back. I never worked at a video store and they had like interviews with Paul Shear, who I love, Paul Shear from the league. And but he actually worked at a video store when he was younger and he was talking about it. And um I'm just going to start off by saying I loved this. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I want to hear what you guys thought about the last blockbuster. You can rent this on VOD. I guarantee this will probably pop up on like Amazon Prime Video within the next two to three months or Netflix. One of the services it will. But um, what did you think? I'm going to, Steve, talk to me about, uh, did you watch the last blockbuster? Surely did. What'd you think about, what'd you think about this? I, this, 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 the reason that this documentary is so special to me is because I lived it. I lived there. I was always there. I knew the workers there. I had that, remember toward the end, they started giving you that membership where you get two for, like, if you get two videos, you get, like, one for free or something like that. Yeah. I had that whole thing, and it's the equivalent of some, me walking up to someone who is a perfect the, like the theologian on Blockbuster saying, hey, tell me everything interesting about Blockbuster's history. And they put this documentary on. I'd be like, yep, it's for me. I mean, I, I'm giving it a Tupperware off the jump. There are so many interesting things. I love that they went into the business side because I thought for years the reason that they went out of business for Netflix. Yeah. That was yeah. The common knowledge. Everyone knew that in stone. And to hear, no, it's just per chance something happening at the wrong time. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, I had no idea that was the truth. I love hearing all the, you know, stars waxing poetic about whether they worked there or they knew about it or, you know, they, you know, all of them around our age where they, you know, when someone said the smell of Blockbuster, mm. I immediately, yep. immediately, I was like, oh my Dude, God. Dude, that needs smell. to be a fucking, that needs to be a cologne or something. Like no, a, like, <laughs> that needs to be like a, like a Febreze, you know what I mean? Like Easily, because we all were like, oh yes. my God, I smell it now. I smell it A candle, right maybe. Now. A candle. Even the most, yes. And even the most kind of, not cynical, but funny, like Doug Benson, He's jokey, jokey all the time. Yeah. But when he walked in, 
part of them forgot he was in a documentary. Yeah. Like, oh my god. This is like, Dude, he's getting a fucking is, selfie of himself next to the blockbuster it's, sign. It's, it's, it's like we all turn into children again. We're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, blockbuster. And I love that no one was cynical, like, oh my god, how did you guys stay? The only, there was like a few cynical lines, but most of them were just like, oh my god, this is this is amazing that this place still exists. Yeah. Uh, I love I love, you know, Sandy sort of was a uh I thought it was interesting how they treated her throughout the thing. Uh, toward the end, I was like, eh, you know, it was interesting, kind of making her a superstar or something. I was like, this is weird. I just want to know about Blockbuster. I did her groove, but I want to know about all the other stuff you guys are talking about. So for me, it's a Tupperware. Yeah. No question. If you are in the ages of 35 to 49, oh, no, 35 on up, you are going to get like super nostalgia as soon as this thing comes you're gonna be like oh my god I mean Jesus Christ so yeah check it out you'll love it yeah oh my god the Lloyd Kaufman shit was cracking me up so funny (laughs) he did not want to be there he did not want to be there at all oh man yeah apparently fucking uh, Blockbuster was not kind when it came to trauma movies so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Dan, what did you think about the the, la- the last blockbuster? I don't think I'm going to break any new ground on this. You guys have covered it really well, but it totally hits that nostalgic feel. I mean, I used, I like Steve said, I lived in freaking Blockbuster. I made friends there. I used to go over there and just like shoot the shit with the people that work there, get good recommendations. Even considered working there because I loved watching movies so much. So all of that brought back the smell like we said just all of it even them talking about going into the older video stores pre-blockbuster yeah all those memories of you know the 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 swinging doors that you're not supposed to go into all those little mentions of just like (laughs) what a video store used to be like you know i mean it's fucking great incidentally like i used to go into those damn things all the time like when i was a teenager i i I had this it was called amazing video and they allowed me to rent porn there as a teenager so i was in there all the fucking time (laughs) if you ran a fucking black light in my bedroom it would look like a scene from avatar under the tree of souls (laughs) i was a mess back then but um but in all seriousness man i just i loved it i just thought it was um it's one of those like and i'm not saying this as a diss it's like one of those lower budget documentaries much like something that we're going to be talking about in a little bit that they don't need all the flash. They don't need all of the the special effects yeah. and the, you know the high quality. They're just it's the content. It's the subject. Dude, they're there. hitting your nostalgia button. Exactly, oh, man. Dude. Exactly. The man being was triggered, and it yeah. was just fucking fantastic. I just um, I liked it a lot better than I thought I was going to. I knew what I was getting myself into. I figured I, you know, kind of figured I knew how it was going to go, but I was not prepared for all of just the little, the little whimsies that all of these people had that just brought back all of those memories to me. I Check. think that. If, Check this out, dude. They have yeah. like you know when they show her making the black bo- the uh, the the blockbuster beanie. Yeah, and she's wow. she's making the beanies. I was like, okay, so she's selling these beanies on their shop. Do they really? Let me go to their merch store. I went to their merch store, and I bought a fucking silicone cup. It's a pint cup, and I bought a sticker. Just so I could, and it says the last blockbuster Bend, Oregon on it, and I, I'm having that. I'm having that shit shipped to me because it was just like that. I, I wanted, I wanted a little piece of it. You know what I mean? After that, watching yeah. this, totally understandable. <laughs> I wish they would bring these things back. I feel like there's a market for it still. Obviously, right now is not the climate for it. But Check I this out. That, Check this yeah. out, dude. It's. It, I think that it will come back in some capacity. And let me explain this. Vinyl records have come back 
and they're huge now. Vinyl, for the first time in 2018 or 2019, outsold CDs. And I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but vinyl is making a comeback. I went, uh, if you go to Mondo.com, Mondo uh, has vinyl records that they're selling. They sold a, a Mandalorian set and it's got the Mondo posters. If you're a big fan of the Mondo posters, it's got the Mondo art on the Mandalorian. I went ahead and maybe about a year ago after Endgame came out, I bought Infinity War and Endgame on vinyl from Mondo. And these things sell out very quickly, but it's got like the Mondo art on the case and everything. These things are beautiful. Yeah, they're awesome. But vinyls come back. Now here's the thing. Uh, an Alamo draft house. Uh, and I think it's the one of the Alamo Draft Houses in Austin, Texas. Um, you can go into a video store that they have there. You can rent a VHS player, and they have VHS on the shelves that you can rent with the VHS player. And the reason that they open this up is that a lot of movies on VHS have never been transferred over to DVD or Blu-ray. The only way you can watch these movies is on VHS. Wow. And so there's a lot of cinephiles in Austin. Austin, Texas loves their fucking like, um, like, like they love going, they love going to the Alamo Draft House for that experience because this is the theater that won't let you talk in the movie theater. Who love uh, it? Yes. Uh, I, I don't have an Alamo draft house close to me. I think maybe the closest one may, might be up in Chicago, Jake, and I can't drive three hours to go see a movie at the Alamo draft house. But man, like you can rent a VHS player, you know, like back in the day when you rented a VHS player and it was in the case. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, the big old yep. plastic suitcase. Yes. That's a memory right there. Oh yes. my god, I haven't thought about that forever. But you can rent these movies on VHS and take them home and watch them. And these are movies that you can't stream anywhere. These are movies that you can't get on uh DVD or Blu-ray that have never transferred over. This is a very niche fucking market, but it's working in Austin. And I think It'll come back. I think it'll come back. It won't be huge. It'll be very boutique, but I think in some capacity it's going to come back, Dan. That's good. I'm going to be there, man, day one. It's just there's just something about that. You know, you hit the nail on the head with the vinyl. It's just these things, they come back around again. Yeah. And we get all whimsical about them and everything. And then, you know, maybe they go away. Maybe they don't. But there's just something so special about the video store experience. And it's. I think it's pretty reasonable to think that there might be a good part of your audience that may maybe never even done that or they did it when they were so little that it's that's kind of a memory. You know what yeah, I mean? It's just one of those yeah. things. So it's like, yeah, if you get a chance to talking to those people, if you get a chance to do this or if you're in Bend, Oregon, go check it out because it's, there's just something magical about it. I don't know if you'll get the same whimsies that I got because there's nostalgia involved, but – this is something that needs to be back. I, I want to know if I rate it or not, but I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Tupperware. I want to bottle that smell. There's a lot of things that I want to bottle, man. I wish I could go back. <laughs> I wish I could go back to 1984 and go into a showbiz pizza, Jake. Oh yeah, me too, me too. It's just Chuck E. Cheese was never the same. Never the same. Once <laughs> it was never the Chuck E. Cheese was never the same as Showbiz. Um, I've got a documentary called The Rock of Fire Explosion, which is oh shit. And I've got it on DVD, and I watch that thing once every few years, and it just brings back so many memories of going to Chuck E. Cheese. I'm on eBay constantly looking at Rock of Fire Explosion. I never buy it, but I look at Rock of Fire Explosion from showbiz memorabilia that's that's being sold on eBay all the time, and it's crazy, man. Just like all the memories that 
come back to me about like all the different prizes that they put up on the walls back then of the, the little spider rings. Yeah. It's, it's all there. It's all there. The lunch boxes with all the different characters on it. The, they sold vinyl records of those, of their music that they played in showbiz pizza. But man, I fucking, I, the last blockbuster and it's crazy that we're talking about this. Jake, I've talked about on this show, I have brought up so many times that Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix. And they addressed, oh, yeah. they addressed it in this, but I thought that that was the nail in the coffin for Blockbuster, and that's not the case. Steve, you talked about that. I, I was blown away by that. It's, it's, and here's my question. I noticed you were talking, going back to the VHS thing. Can they do the VHS thing if we don't have the inputs in our TVs, though? Mmm. I mean, they could just like they do like the Super NES minis where it's a Super NES with an HDMI cord. Mm-hmm. Why okay. Not, okay. Why not make a VHS mini where you don't ha- you can hook it up to a modern TV and still play VHSs? That seems extremely doable. Dude, you could. Sure. If, if we always they're doing at Alamo, they are way ahead of. I thought they were just renting VHSs, giving VHS machine like, look, this is what we got. Just, we don't have some some yeah. like modded. V, this is the best we got. Go watch it on your fat TV. Just buy an, make an adapter or something. Like, I remember, like, I had an Atari and, like, it had, like, those old flat, what are those things called? The, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? There's the, there's those fucking screws on the back of your TV yeah. and you had those flat pins that you would fucking slide under that screw and then you'd tighten it and then you'd play your fucking, mm-hmm. but there was an adapter that you could use later on down the road. And, uh, I don't know, just come out with an adapter for your VHS. But yeah, cause these modern TVs, man, like, you know, it's like you got, you might have component cable, but I, you're not gonna, you know what I mean? Like, like no, yeah. like I'm not gonna be able to fuck it. There's no S video. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Jake, what'd you think about this, man? Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to ruin the Tupperware party here. Um, I did like it quite a lot. It's a high taste for me. Um, it brought back a ton of nostalgia and a lot of great thoughts. But I I was super excited for this, but I, ha- I didn't really care for kind of the disjointed storytelling that happened in it. It was really nonlinear, and it just kind of hopped all over the place. And I wish it would have been a little bit more eye on the prize focused instead of just jumping all over the place with all different kinds of stories. It, it felt just kind of out of order for me and it took me out of the enjoyment just a little bit, but I did like it quite a lot. I can see it being something that I would watch again a few years down the line. Um, I agree with a lot of you guys' points that it brought back to so many fun memories. Um, my stepdad worked at video sound warehouse and when new video games came out, we would all go buy the new game. I remember when track and field two came out for the Nintendo, like six of us and like some of my friends all went to Toys R Us because they'd only let you buy one copy. So he'd round up all us kids so we could go in and buy multiple copies for the video store. And I just, I hadn't thought of that kind of shit forever. Um, a lot of little fun moments here though. I, I think my favorite part was the Jamie Kennedy stuff and finding out about him being in those commercials with what was it? Jim Gaffigan? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that blew my fucking mind. Him. I did not even recognize for like a few seconds. I'm like, is that Jamie Kennedy? Like he, I was like, whoa. Well, and the fact that that they kind of like, they kind of modeled his character from Scream a little bit after like Quentin Tarantino working in the video store. Yeah. 
he looks so pompous in that picture. They showed that picture of Quentin Tarantino yeah. working at the you know, store. Dude, you know they asked him to be in this documentary, and he just didn't have time for it. <laughs> right? I thought this the movie was a – the one part that I really rolled my eyes at was the whole sequence where they were giving the copy of the movie to all the different people that were in the movie. It felt like a commercial for the movie that I'm already like 80% through. Like, and it just felt a little bit self-serving and needless and just out of focus. It's all done. Stop it. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. The the reason, the reason why that hit me is because it was in the VHS. The, it was in the tape holder itself and feeling that you remember when you fucking rented those and it came in that blockbuster case, man, there was something about popping that open. And then, and then popping that movie into your VHS player, man. I think like, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But I think like, there was a, there was a second meaning behind that, man. There was that case, dude. There was that case that came in, that, that, that the movie came in that you would pop open. Yeah, I just, I would have enjoyed it more if it was just a random blockbuster tape instead of a modded version of their movie that they were handing to everyone. I, I just, I, it made me eye roll a little bit. Um, I thought <laughs> there was like, and there was like all this intrigue about whether or not they were going to close the store, and that felt all a little bit forced too. They were like, "What was that phone call? Are, are they going to let you stay open?" And it's like, "What the fuck? We, you know, they're going to let them stay open." I, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot, but I thought I was going to like it more than I did. Did we know that they were going to let them stay open? Mm, I mean, the title of the movie pretty much spoils it for you. <laughs> it's not the end of blockbuster it's the last blockbuster so yeah i thought it was crazy know. like the 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 final rem- like there was four at one time so there was three in alaska and there's one in bend oregon and in order to the the whole uh what was it the um Stephen was it Stephen Colbert? No, it was uh, John Oliver. John Oliver. John Oliver, and they got the uh, Russell Crowe. Was it was it Cinderella Man? What what movie was that? It was a bunch of different Russell Crowe things. I thought I thought there was some Gladiator merch. Yeah, that was the most Cinderella Man. Yeah, that's so random. If you saw the John Oliver sketch, it, it would make a lot more sense. I didn't think they did a very good job of recapping what the whole John Oliver sketch was about. Yeah, but apparently, like, there was, like, uh, they let these blockbusters have uh, real movie props uh, in the blockbusters to kind of, like, generate some uh, s- generate some new business there. I, dude, I remember... Well, like, one more quick diss on yeah. this movie before we move oh, on. Oh, Jesus I, I, Christ, I, you've shit on this enough. <laughs> <laughs> I really hated that fucking neckbeard that they kept talking to about it. I, I thought he was the worst <laughs> guest in the I movie. thought he was great. I loved him. <laughs> I thought he was great. <laughs> he, had, he had so much love for Blockbuster. How could you hate that guy? Oh, man, I'm waiting for the sequel of this movie, The Last Neckbeard. I like that you went with Neckbeard. That was perfect. <laughs> hey, you know, another thing, this movie brought back this crazy reality that I completely forgot about. Jake's, was Jake's cynicism. It yeah, brought back Jake's. Was that and then something else. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about them putting out VHS movies and they were like $100. A oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. I oh, remember yeah. my dad yeah. one time brought home, it was Enter the Dragon. Empire Strikes Back and E.T. And I thought he was the baddest motherfucker on the planet because we had this massive, remember those gigantic VHS players, the very first oh, ones? Yes. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. They weighed a fucking ton, too. Fuck, yeah. You could kill somebody with one of those things. But it was like a, it was just a whole experience. But I remember feeling like we were the shit because we had Empire Strikes Back on video. I remember like we had J- Jake, Jake told me a story about fucking one like he did his refrigerator. 
<laughs> you know, you know what movie changed the game on uh, manufacturers' retail prices on VHS, right? No, Home Alone. That was oh the, really? The, yeah, that was the first time where a studio was like, "Let's just sell this fucker in grocery store shippers for nineteen ninety nine, and that was the oh, one wow. after, after Home Alone. I would have guessed everything. I would have guessed Batman. Yeah. Home Alone was that movie that everyone had. I think Batman, even it wasn't until Batman Returns where Batman and Batman Returns were in that grocery store shipper. I remember just going to like fucking every store like Venture and yeah, that's, that's another fucking fossil of a store Venture and like going to all these different stores and seeing Batman all over the place. But yeah, Home Alone was huge. Dan, I cut you off and I feel, I feel like shit. Go ahead. Finish what you were oh, saying. Oh, no worries. No, that was it. It was just that it was just that whole thing that I completely forgot about having that. And I thought that it was um you know when you think about it it's a pretty entrepreneurial g move what they did you know we're gonna take these movies we're just gonna buy them yeah. and we'll fucking we'll fucking rent them out and that's just that's brilliant i mean who knows where we would be right now if some genius didn't think about doing that there's you know something that? There's, exactly. there's something though that like is lost now to us just having and we don't have access to everything to be quite honest with you Right. Like I it, back in the day, I would be able to I could not find a way to stream the movie The Raid. And I had to drive to like um, a red box or something to find that movie. But now it's I can totally stream. Worth it. Yes, it is worth it. But here's the thing. Like. There are movies that I can't stream right now. You can't stream them. And it, you best of the best, too. I would imagine not. Yes, you can. Yeah. I'm mad that I still can't get Crime Wave anywhere. It's one of my all-time favorite Sam Raimi movies, and I still have my VHS copy of it because I think it's one of the only ways, if not the only way, you can watch it. Yeah, and you may never see Dogma. I remember when Evil oh, Dead no, dropped a while some years ago, and I was like, I wonder what people before then you just had to buy it, the old Evil Deads, until they're like, hey, hit and scream, like maybe four or five years ago, maybe less. Where all the Evil Deads? I don't even know all of them are. Well, no, all of them are here now. But before, you would just have to own, which you should anyway. Yeah. But you would have to just buy those. I don't think people are waiting for streaming. And another thing is, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with streaming, Steve, is that I can stream something on Netflix. But you know what? There's going to be an article that comes out in two months called "What's Leaving Netflix." Oh, that's true. And now I've got to now now. Listen to this. I follow some of these movies and where they go. Weird Science, one month, will be on HBO. The next month, it'll be on Showtime. The next month, it'll be on Stars. It's like they fucking – it's like it, you never can – they're never on one service. Now we're seeing that happen with like HBO Max, which owns some – of you know, these studios are actually coming out with their own streaming services. But like before, it was like you'd have to jump all over the fucking place to find these movies to stream. And if you didn't have a subscription to that, then, you know, you could you, – you, you might be able to buy it or something like that and have yeah. it on your voodoo. But – uh, it's just there was something about just being able to get in the car, drive to the store, pick up the movie, take it home and watch it. That's oh, totally yeah. true. The video the store bit- is what made me a fan of like Peter Jackson, man. Fucking Dead Alive was all about picking out the craziest horror movie you could find in the video store. That's true. And I think a big what what they also they didn't even dive into this enough. We would not have Netflix or any of this crap if dude didn't say, let's do a rev share. He doesn't do that. 
nothing changes. Everything pretty much is like, oh, all you do is buy the game, buy the video, and rent them out. Buy the video, rent them out. Once he was did the rev share, he was like, I'll buy it for $2 and share the revenue with movie studios. Game over. Everything's over then. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's a big shift. Where they're like, that's what they do to Netflix now. Everything does that now. It's just a revenue share. And, well, and I didn't know you could just buy something and rent it out before that. Talking about like them going to court to even do kind of that, that, that stuff, you know? And that was, imagine a court that was, that sided with the small guy was just yeah. like, yeah, he could do this. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I thought I, this was like a super educational fucking documentary for me, and yeah. uh, it, it hit my nostalgia button, and I didn't have the eye rolling moments that Jake did. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add one more thing to it? Yes, please. Okay, so this is it. Brought back another memory, and I don't know how you guys are, but I figure you can relate to this. Do you guys remember the joy of the hunt? Like you know, now yes. you, you'd mention it. Now there's some things that we can't stream, but. For a big part of it, we can just go sit down, hit a button, and we got the movie, and we're ready to go. Instant gratification. And yes. I think that's shitty. I mean, it's great, but it's shitty at the same time. But there's something about the hunt. I remember, like, calling them up and shit. Hey, do you got this one in? Oh, we just sold the last one, but there should be one coming in around, you know, the, you know how they had, like, the time. Yes. Seven tomorrow. And I would totally. fucking be there. And when I got it, it was like, it was like winning a prize. Dude, fucking waiting, w- waiting for the person to return it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've that, been there I mean, standing by the box. I've been there. Too. I've been there, man. The day cinephiles used to have, like, if you were a cinephile for real, you didn't have a blockbuster card by itself. You had blockbuster video, Hollywood video. Oh yeah. You know each different franchise. They're like Hollywood had more horror, so I would go there for my horror. And Hollywood or Blockbuster didn't really major in horror movies, like really down and dirty horror movies. So yeah, we have to go for the hunt. I'm like, oh, we got to go to Hollywood first. Oh, dude, if you if you want to if you want to so much if you want to watch Jingle All the Way, go to fucking Blockbuster, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you want, I spit on your grave. You got to go to Hollywood Video. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, dude, dude, I loved it. I love it. I, I don't think fucking uh, the younger people, the uh, fucking you know Gen Z is not going to understand this. They're not going to understand this. Maybe watching this documentary will help them kind of like understand what our love was for this. But you know what? We can talk about our love for this all day. But you know what? We all had a part in these places going away because we stopped going to brick and mortar stores. True. We all stopped going to brick and mortar stores. We all. We're fucking, you know what? I just got off work. Oh my God. We don't even shop for our own groceries anymore. Oh, I'm so fucking guilty of that. We don't, we fucking call Instacart or we do, uh, fucking shipped or whoever or we do Amazon groceries. We, we don't even shop for our groceries anymore. Man, we just fucking get on an app and we select what we want and we have somebody drop it off on our porch. That's 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 the world we live in today, man. You know, I mean, so <laughs> things are just things are different, man. Print print media is 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 a dying thing. It's in and, and it's we're all to blame. We're all yeah, to blame. I don't even buy magazines anymore. Yeah, you know, just like the paper magazine. That's just something that's like it's going by the wayside. You see them at the grocery store, but I can't remember the last time I bought one. I have a subscription. Yeah, if I walked into a homie's house and I saw a paper, like a magazine, I'd be like, gee, what? What's going on here? You're on that retro shit, huh? Nice. <laughs> Dude, you're, you got, you're fucking picking up Hustler on the pages? What? Dude, just look at that shit on your iPad. What the fuck? Let me see. Have, have I introduced you to Pornhub? Check this shit out, man. Welcome to 2021. Mm. 
What do we got here? Sylvie's Love. Sylvie's Love. It's dropped on Amazon Prime when a young woman meets an aspiring saxophonist in her father's record shop in 1950s Harlem. Their love ignites a sweeping romance that transcends changing times, geography, and professional success. Written, directed, and produced by Eugene Ash. He played, I found out, he played a singer on the HBO series Oz. So he's, he's a done some, singer? yeah, he was a singer on the, HBO series Oz. Uh, question: I, I've watched I've watched a, a few episodes of Oz. Was there a lot of prison butt sex in Oz? Yes, 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 yes. yes. So there's ample amounts. There is a what? What do you think? Over or under fifty percent that this guy got butt fucked on Oz. Over. I'll take the over. <laughs> I like those. Yeah, I, like, I'll go with that. I like how. I like how Brian specified butt sex. It's like, is there a lot of butt sex in prison? Yeah, you could just say sex. You didn't say prison. You said HBO's Oz. Yeah. I just, it's a show about prison. I just figured that there's going to be a lot of butt sex going on. It's like peanut butter to jelly, my friend. Oz is famous for that, I think. Oh man, Jesus Christ! I, I, that's the, hard, the 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 hardest sex scenes that I have uh, to watch are the are the prison butt sex scenes. I feel like J.K. Simmons is responsible for a lot of it. I could be wrong about that. What, what was oh, he? For sure. What was he? What was he involved in? He was in Oz. Oh, was that he? Was the first time I ever saw him. Yeah, and he was. I can't. I mean, I, I. It's been so long, but I remember he was one of the guys that would make one of the main stars his bitch. You know what I mean? And that's that's his role. But he oh was, my uh, god, J- fucking J. Jonah Jameson was butt fucking some dude in prison. Like twice, three times maybe, yeah. Wow. I may have to go back to that. Not for the butt sex, but I may have to go back to Oz. I think that was a really good show, and it's been so long. But, I mean, it gave us J.K. Simmons. I had not seen him in anything prior to that. Wow. And I'll tell you what, that's what I remember him from, so hey, he must be good. You saw him yeah. You saw him in a lot of things <laughs> in Oz, apparently. Prison wallets. Sylvie's Love stars Tessa Thompson. Prison wallets. Stars Tessa Thompson. Nimnabdi Asamuga. Ryan Michelle. I fucking butchered that name. Jesus Christ. Ryan Michelle Bath. Uh, Roger Jean Page. I'm, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with these fucking names. I'm <laughs> all of them. I'm nailing done. I'm, no, it's it, Thompson and them. It's, it's when they, when they just continually just turn in and it's got that E with that little fucking dash above it. I'm just, I don't, fuck off with that shit. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on there. Fuck you and your culture. The, the, you've got a fucking, you got a vertical colon hanging over. No, I don't, what the fuck is going on? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with these names. Anyway, uh, Sylvie's Love on Amazon Prime, this drop. Um, yeah, so, uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, Steve, what did you think of St- Sylvie's Love on Amazon Prime? Okay. I was prepped for this movie by a lot of people I knew saying it was their favorite movie of the year. Like, oh my goodness. And I will say, I, I, I thought it was fine, perfectly fine. I'm not going to, obviously it's a taste. For me, it's a middle of the road taste it. I was waiting for me to get caught up in the emotion of this movie. I mean, just totally enraptured by this. I love the actors. They did a good job. The story was fine. The acting was 
fine. The beginning was fine, and the end was fine. Mm. I just after the movie, I was like, okay, you know, it's a I I have much not much to say about. It. I thought I mean Tessa's wonderful to watch. Make no mistake about it. I could watch her do whatever all day long, but I was just like, it's. I give it a taste. It was perfectly a fine movie, but I don't think I got what everyone is getting. I just don't. I don't. It's it's no it's no legends is what I'm trying to. No, say. It's, no. It's, those are big shoes to fill, Steve. We understand. <laughs> No, but it's perfectly fine. I give it a taste. It's fine, dude. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback that a little bit. I kept thinking like like the the love interest in this. I kept looking at him, being like, dude, he just he looks like Kendall Gill. He's a totally normal looking dude. He <laughs> he, he looked like, he looked like basketball player Kendall Gill to me, and I was just like, okay, he looks like Kendall Gill. He yeah, I mean, I'll give this a taste it as well. And the the biggest reason I'll give it a taste it is because like I feel like the ending just kind it just kind of ended. It just, it, you know, like we, we've mm-hmm. been following, we've been following these characters. And Steve, when it comes to like these sweeping romances, I know that you're a huge fan and I know it's more of a comedy romance. I know you're a huge fan of When Harry Met Sally. This doesn't, oh, yes. I'm a huge, that's my favorite rom-com ever. Thank you. This, like, this doesn't hit on that level and it doesn't hit on the level of a notebook either. No. You know what I mean? No. Like the ending just does not leave me like wowed. I felt like, you know, there are parts in this that are very well done. I thought Tessa Thompson was great, but like, I don't know. It, it, I think it's just the, oh God, I think it's just like the way it just kind of, the movie just kind of ends. And I'm just like, that's, that's your, that's your big ending for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for me, she, like, she, she followed him to the, plant and I'm like why why are you following you have not given me that you love him this much right why are you following oh not to ruin anything why are you following this dude and and in the beginning it's just I know they were trying to build something it's like see how much they love each other no I don't I don't know why he's looking for her every time he shows up somewhere why yeah they kind of just met kind of in a sort of way and had a good night sort of yeah. Like, why? Whereas in Harry Met Sally or any other romantic comedy, they give you a almost not there, almost not there, almost they get, I mean, man, they are connecting not there, so you're rooting for it. But on this movie, they almost connected off the jump. It's like Nile, Niles and Daphne and Frasier. Will they or won't they? It's like, it's like Rachel and Ross. Will they or won't yeah, they? Yeah, will they or like, <laughs> oh, we're going to tease you. They did yeah. not do this. And also, by the, yeah, by the end, I was like, Okay. Uh, yeah. I, uh, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a taste it for me too. What'd you think, Steve? Um, um, Dan? I will give it a little bit of a higher praise, uh, but most of my higher praise comes from the style of the movie. Uh, mm. when you, when you look at the poster, it looks to me like it could have been a black and white movie that they did a recolorization on. Mm-hmm. It has a very classic feel to it. Um, the acting's great. I could watch Tessa Thompson pick blades of grass for a week straight and I would be happy doing so. But yeah, I mean, it left a lot to be desired. I think that, uh, it had a lot of tropes in it that made this feel sort of like a paint by numbers kind of a movie. Like I've seen this movie before. It's not a bad movie. I would recommend someone watch it. It's just that there was nothing, there was no new ground there. Everything that I liked about this movie had to do in the fact, like I really loved the way Tessa Thompson was able to 
really like embody a woman from that time. The way she spoke, her affect, all of that was great. The the, mm. uh, the wardrobe was fantastic. The production design was fantastic. All of that. But it just seemed like it just left me going, okay, well, I've seen this before. And it's like the same movie that I've seen maybe once, twice, three times, I don't know, packaged into a very, you know, um, I don't want to say retro, but it just it had that classic feel to it. But I'm not personally seeing what everyone else sees in this movie. I can't say it's even close to being the movie of the year, though I haven't truly made that decision yet on what would be. I think that um, it's not going to be one that that is, you know, high ranked. So it was fine. I would. Yeah, I, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and give it like a middle of road taste it. OK, no, you're definitely on to something when you say like it does feel like a movie. You know, it's set in the 1950s and it does feel like at times like it's made from that time, the way they talk and the way that it's filmed. It's not in black and white. But, yeah, you're you're definitely on to something there. Jake, did you get a chance to see Sylvie's Love? Yeah, I did watch it. Uh, I'm right there with you guys. It's a very middle of the road taste. It wasn't bad. It wasn't didn't didn't blow my socks off. Um, I agree that the ending was just really ho-hum. It's like basically the same ending as an officer and a gentleman, almost to a T. I thought the most interesting part of this movie was something that wasn't covered too much, which was kind of the death of jazz and the upcoming of Motown. It's very briefly touched on, but it is a central part of the plot, why you know the character can't get work in the latter half of the movie. And I was more fascinated by that than their actual like love affair. Um, That's a great point. That is a fantastic point, dude. I also felt really bad for Lacey. I I, usually in these movies, the other guy is kind of painted as a villain. And I I thought that was an interesting writing choice to make Lacey a, a sympathetic character. Like, you know, he, he wasn't a bad guy by any means. And, so it's kind of like, uh, it makes it hard to see Robert as a hero character when her other guy isn't like a schmuck, you know? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Like, I was expecting, like, there's the one scene there at the party and she's talking about, like, how Robert's in another room. I was, like, thinking, like, oh, he's in there fucking another woman. Yes, yeah. And that's not the case. And like, 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 there, you know, there's a scene where Robert's talking about how, how much he loves her. Like, he could have picked any woman in Harlem, yet he picks her. And yeah, I'm thinking like I feel I feel kind of bad for this guy. <laughs> yeah, Tessa Thompson's really kind of the villain in this movie where she basically leads this guy on for like 6 7 years when she's never really, you know, her heart is never really in the marriage or with this guy. Mm-hmm. She's doing so, it for her family. It's kind of like it, when you watch Titanic, Billy Zane's character, the reason, you know, uh, fucking Kate Winslet's with him is because of the money and the mom pressuring. This is a little bit of the same story, but Billy Zane was a complete asshole in that fucking right. movie to where yeah, exactly like and Lacey, even in dialogue, like you brought up, says, you know, he he did this because he loves her, not not yeah. because he wanted to, you know make her or whatever so i yeah i, I want to see i want to see a love story that transcends love it it transcends everything it transcends everything and like this just felt like two people that were infatuated with each other that fucking blew up the lives of other people yes <laughs> yeah exactly. and the movie never focused on that so i thought that was a little bit of a downfall. Um, and like I said, the music industry stuff was really interesting and really cool, but that's such a small part of the movie. It's, it's just kind of background. There was the part when his hand was shaking and I thought that they were going to go into him, like get, getting like Parkinson's or something. And like that had nothing to do with anything. Right. 
No, no. Do you remember the part where his hand was shaking? I was thinking like, like, are they going to talk about like this guy getting Parkinson's? Like what's going on here? And then like, I guess it was just small stage fright. I think is all you can take away from nerves. Yeah. Like what was the significance of that scene? I don't know. I did like the scene where he plays the saxophone and all of a sudden it's the spotlights on her and he's playing directly to her. I was like, now this is cool. Yeah, super stylish. Yes, exactly. I'm like, but give me more of that. But again, I'll go. I think Jake's on on, onto a a, like. We should have heard Motown's destruction of all other, you know, uh, black music. I mean, it took it down. It's like if you don't sound like us, you're not on the radio. Dude, they they even they didn't they mention Young Stevie Wonder in this? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, they gave him a truth bomb right there. He's like, Mm -hmm. this this isn't selling anymore. Right now, there's this young kid named Stevie Wonder that's killing it on the charts right now. What are you? Well, they didn't even. I don't even think they said Stevie. They just said there's this young blind kid that can fucking play the keyboard or something. Oh, maybe so. Maybe. I mean, I instantly thought Stevie, but you're. you're Mm -hmm. Dude, that's the movie, right? Because here's the thing: all of us knew. We watched enough movies to know, I'm going to go down to Motown and make it big. All of us knew at that second, that's not going to happen. Something's going to be wrong. You're going to go there and it's not going to work out. We should not be thinking that. We know it's not going to work. And so when he gets there and it doesn't work, you're like, yeah. (laughs) That movie, the movie didn't shock us at all. If you want to watch a movie about, you know, fucking white people cashing in on the talent of black people, watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I gotta watch that. You I thought you were gonna go. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I, I really have to because I want now that when Shake said that, now I want a movie about Motown. How that just—it's a good thing, but not a great thing for other forms of music. I'm like, that's a movie. That is a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, it's unfortunate. The- I thought the five-year jump ahead was a little bit of a misstep. I think this the same story could have been told without having that much of a jump forward. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, well, it could have been better. The reason that they did the, I mean, some things changed in her life, you know, and yeah, I get it though. I get it a hundred percent. They had to give her character a little time to grow and become successful mm-hmm. and start a family. Right. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit suspicious what her dad decided to do on his deathbed. Like that's what he's thinking about. <laughs> that was, that felt kind of just, I'm glad you brought that up because it was fine, but it felt like really that's the thing he's going to do right before he passed. Okay. <laughs> sure. I, that felt very shoehorned in. Yes, and I do like mind you, let's give props to Lance Riddick. Everything he's in. Everything Lance Riddick is in, he is incredible in it. And so when I saw Lance Riddick, and he had a throwaway line where he's like, I used to be a bit of a saxophonist myself. And I was like, only he would have come up with that word. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I, was, I was surprised to see Ron Funches in this after seeing him in the, the, the last blockbuster. And like, I've seen him show up in so many different things within the past like month or so, and uh, this way I thought he was really good in this. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. He was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Cobra Kai season three. Uh, Jake, I know you haven't watched the first two seasons of Cobra Kai, so you're not going to be involved in this, and I don't want to spoil too much for you because I know this is something that you're going to jump on. I-, I won't spoil the whole season, but there might be a couple spoilers sprinkled in here and there. Um, I'm going to start off by saying, cause I have, I have feelings on Cobra Kai season three. Um, and I'm going to be 100% real and honest here. I absolutely hated the first six episodes of this Agreed. with yep. a passion, with a passion. I hated the first six episodes. It's a 10 episode season and I toss the first six episodes. Um, 
a lot of what I toss has to do with Miguel's story. Um, I'm not a, you know, surgeon or anything like that, but I feel like his story in this and what kind of happens with his character in this is kind of just like, you know, with the whole going to the rock concert and listen to D Snyder just was stupid. And I think like this, 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 this could, this, this could have made this, if you're watching, and if you remember what happened at the end of season two, where he gets thrown off the balcony and, and, and he might not be able to ever walk again and blah, blah, blah. If you remember watching Friday Night Lights, that season, that, that show with Kyle Chandler, and you got that first episode where the quarterback is, is, um, he's, he's a paraplegic after that and never is able to walk again. They are able to do some amazing stuff in that series. Uh, and in this, it was just like, I wish they would have been a little bit more, I would, I wish they would have taken this a completely different route. Um, those first six episodes, the kids are miserable in my opinion. I like, I can't stand any of the kids. They're all just fucking, um, karate is doing nothing for them except making them complete assholes. And I didn't like, I absolutely tossed the first six episodes and it is not until episodes seven, eight, nine, and 10 that I will give absolute Tupperwares to all those episodes. There's, there's like this thing that just kind of happens in episode seven that just, that just redeems the whole fucking season. Um, in my opinion, but Dan, what did, it sounds like you're in agreement about those first six episodes. I want to know what you think about the rest of the season and, 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 well, and, and, and and the first six episodes. Talk to me, man. So I agree with you. When I first started watching it, I was super fucking excited. And, you know, because I've loved the first two seasons. And I just think that before I get into it, I think that they're able to do something with Cobra Kai that really no other show can do. And I, I can't put my finger on it per se, but it's like it shouldn't work that everyone just does karate in this town and that there's this one fucking town, Reseda, that just goes fucking ham for karate with everything they do. It doesn't matter what happens. We, we fight with karate and, and we, we fix our problems. That kind of shit really shouldn't work. And I don't know exactly why it does, but it does. And I just love the first two seasons. So I'm like really charged to get into this. Start watching it. And I and uh, even Steve touched on this. I'll let him explain himself what he thought. But I remember him texting me and going, you know, it just feels different to me. Mm. I don't know what it is. That's all he really put was it feels different. And I agreed immediately because I was just like I was waiting to be wowed. I was waiting to be excited and laugh. And, you know, I love Johnny. First of all, I think Johnny is probably one of my favorite characters to come around in a really long time, even though he's been around for a long time. Like this redemption thing, he's at the top for me. I love it. But. You're right. It just didn't fucking go anywhere for like six episodes. And then this big thing happens, which I won't reveal because it's still a fairly new show and especially for Jake. But that's when and I think I texted you, Brian, that's when the fan service kicks in. And sometimes that can be bad, but it works so fucking well. And it works for me for this guy who was like, you know, a kid in the theater watching karate one, two and three go down Yeah. to see how they go about things in the chronological order. If you kind of think about it, I'm like, I really am trying to be vague about it for the people that haven't seen it, but you know, they kind of take the, the, Oh, the nostalgia part. And they sort of do it chronologically with the sequels, the way that they do this just fucking works. Even if it's like, 
I don't know if you want me to be cryptic, but it's like, you know, there's one scene where this one particular episode, Daniel goes away. He goes overseas. If you've seen Karate Kid, you can figure it out. And the the way things line up, like, oh, that's God. just the luckiest fucking day in the no, world. Th- right? Thank I'm you. Just, thank you. You know like, what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm ready for him to, like, bump into somebody that sold him fucking uh, dumplings on a, exactly. on a Tuesday afternoon and us get a flashback of that yeah. and how, like, that fucking, like plays into this episode just like all this stupid yeah everything just lines up kind of perfectly right i mean I, like and the okinawa stuff should have been amazing in my opinion and it just i wasn't i i didn't like the okinawa stuff i'm sorry yeah it was just it was just um i appreciated it for the fan service i'm glad they brought certain people back and whatnot but uh, and then you know we did get a new move, <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it for that. But after that, it just kicks into gear, and it's the way that it should have been all along. And I and I'm with you. I Tupperware the shit out of this. I love Cobra yeah. Kai. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm really, yeah. and I love the um, without really getting anything. I love the crease angle. I like that it gave us some backstory. Are we looking at a possible redemption? And, and I'm not spoiling anything. Are we looking at a possible redemption arc for John Crease? Hmm. Very possible, but I'm thinking because we have, I think, two more seasons that are in there. Like they're ready to go. They I'm sure they're gonna- listen. John Hurwitz, who is in charge of the show, announced that he has stories for six seasons worth of Cobra right. Kai. Yeah. Meaning that, like, if the show gets renewed, it would run for six seasons. So we've got at least three more seasons that they have planned for this. And when they're doing a certain flashback scene with Crease, and then they, and then if you uh, skip to the very end. I know where this is going, and I'm crazy excited about it. I think we're going to – I don't know if we're going to be talking about something else in relation to it, but I have some – I really apologize about being so cryptic, but I have some uh, logistic reasons on how the next person that they bring into this, how they're going to get him up to snuff because he does not look the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Um, oh, God. You know, yeah, if, you, if you want to talk about that, just – um, I'm, I'm going to get Steve's thoughts, but if you want to talk about that after Steve gives his thoughts, I want you to just drop a spoiler warning. Okay. Because I, I'm dying to hear what you have to say about that because I, I too definitely know the character that they're planning on bringing back and I want to, I want to know all about that. Steve, what did you think about season three of Cobra Kai? So, uh, the first two seasons, actually, Dan really had to twist my arm to watch it, period. He was just like, I think you'll get something out of this. And I'm like, nah, I'm not really a corrupt. How long did you work on me, Dan? Well, fuck, when did the first one come out? Like, we're talking two years ago. So about two years, yeah, I'm working yeah, on it. Exactly. And I was like, no, I'm good. Dude, there's a, there, seriously, there's 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 definitely an obstacle when it's like you've got to subscribe to YouTube Red to, right. wa- <laughs> to watch the first two seasons as they come out. That's that's another thing. He was just like, hey, and the thing is, he was like, you could use my code, and I still was like, nah, son, not you're, gonna happen. You're a tough customer, my friend. Yeah, yes. that's why and, I didn't watch it either, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I don't think I'm gonna dig this, and so I watched it immediately. I'm digging it, and so the third season, the reason I text Dan because I like up until this point, it really I was like this feels a little like different to me from all other I wasn't disliking it because I don't know if I was as attached to a lot of people Mm. but it wasn't holding my attention like it did before but it still had my attention enough to continue but then I think it was only about two episodes that didn't do it for me the rest of them like the three on were perfectly fine to me but Mm. you were right I wouldn't 
I wouldn't compare it, you know, the whole um, differently able label or the differently able section to Friday Night Lights only because I believe that's a perfect show. From beginning to end, it's just Oh, God, thank you. It's a perfect show. Fucking A, yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, obviously, they're not going to be able to do that thing. They should have, though. They should (laughs) have, but they didn't have the clear eyes or the full heart. Right. Oh. (laughs) So we, we go forward and one... Once I hit a certain episode, and all I will say is I had a woman who was a what if, if only, and a certain episode, um, I had to push pause because I was like, wow, they really went for something. Mm-hmm. Like they really threw the football far because some people will either get this or they just won't get it at all. And I'm like, this show is deeper than people are giving your credit for there well, there was a few episodes where i was like i don't care about this business deal that's happening right now i don't know what we're doing but all in all i'll give it a i'll, I'll give it a high taste it because i still think yeah. at the end of the day if it would have kept on going i would have still been sitting there watching the next next episode after the last one high taste it it's hard for me to rate this one to be quite honest with you because i will i will stand firm that the first 6 episodes are tossets and then the last 4 are absolute tupperwares there's like this switch that happens mm-hmm. in the last 4 episodes for me and i don't it's hard for me to rate this one like, hey Brian, do you? Th- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but do you think that switch that you're feeling is because it finally kind of locks back into the groove of the prior two seasons? I do, and there and and there's there's some. I see some different character changes. You know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. you see that a lot in the first two seasons, where like people are changing and and things like that. And like in the first six episodes, everybody is just kind of like. Like all these kids have learned like this, uh, they've learned karate for either from Miyagi Do or from Cobra Kai, and they are just. And I feel like I feel like they're, they're all giving a bad name to karate and like what it's really supposed to do for you and your confidence and and I I I feel like by the end of the season it really regains kind of like what Miyagi himself was was kind of preaching about like what karate can do for you. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's, that's, but here, one thing I didn't really, especially like I said, there's a part where they made it seem like this, a certain guy. I don't know what that means. Wow. If you like, I can search. Oh my God. Apparently, Alexa. Was that Siri? Was that Siri? Yeah. Dude, I, I have fucking, I have, a, I, <laughs> I have Alexa. She fucking, does that to me all the time so weird i'm sorry um so so i I was wondering like crease they gave him so much power because i'm not gonna spoil anything but one of the kids does does something fairly horrendous to a friend oh my god and i was like are we does he have some sort of magical demonic power in this show because that was over the top dude yeah and that's the only thing I'm like, okay, we could have pulled that back because now it's almost like he's mind control crease. No one's going to change that quickly to a, that person. Was that that's like a, only- was that like a sweep the leg moment? That was way worse know. than a sweep the leg. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Like, like my, what I mean you're by sweep. You're something the something, but it's way, way worse. <laughs> yeah. <but> yeah. That's- <laughs> 
<laughs> like, true. I don't know why they even put that in there. Yeah. I liked it. You know, and that's the thing about that's what kind of what I'm getting at, though, Steve. It's like this is the only place where this works. This is the only universe where this absurdity works, where the karate just gets so crazy. I see what you're saying, too, Brian, about how it kind of gives a bad message about what karate should stand for. You know, yeah. I can see where, where the Cobra Kai come in because obviously they're the villains. But then you're right. It kind of leaks into Miyagi-Do and it does sort of. You know, you get you get revenge and you get the, all the wrong idea when it's really supposed to be about self defense and whatnot. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, know. I feel like I feel like the first six episodes, maybe it was supposed to do that, and then it was supposed to do that. But like as I'm watching it, I'm ha- I'm absolutely hating it, and I'm hating all the characters. I'm hating everyone. I'm really hating everyone and all the decisions, and and I'm just like this just does not feel like the first two seasons at all. And then, I don't know, there's like this switch, there's this thing that happens in episode seven that I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so back on board for this show. So like, I've got to give it like a Tupperware for like the last four episodes and like, but like as far as, as far as like an overall rating, it's hard for me to really rate this one because I hated those first six episodes so much. (laughs) Yes, dude. Can we all agree? Okay, maybe it's just me. That daughter has got to go. Fuck that. Fuck Sam. <laughs> Fuck Sam. She's the worst. She has got to go. Oh my god. Like, it's not even, it's not even like, uh, just the character. It's like, the acting as well. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm yes. sorry. I hate to do this because it's like we're talking about child actors here, but like, this is not, I don't know. Like, this is Daniel LaRusso's daughter. I want to love her because I love Daniel LaRusso and I just do not like her. They really have to do something with her character for me to get behind her. Send her off to college, maybe? Yes! That's good because the thing is, once if you're a loved, if you're a beloved character's daughter, you have nothing you need to do. That means you have to work for people not to like you. You have to try. And apparently, she's just not, because we are supposed to like her and we don't. And Miguel did everything in his power to make me not like him this season, and I still liked him. I love he Miguel. Was annoying. Oh my yes. God. But like, and, <laughs> and it's the whole time I'm thinking to myself, like, Miguel, what do you see in her? <laughs> I, like, that's. <laughs> Miguel, like that's my big struggle this season. It's like Miguel, what do you see in this girl, dude? It's just brutal, and I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, and I know, like Dan likes that other person. She, he thinks she's good, and I don't like her either. Well, I like her more than Sam. I have reasons for being into her character. I could be completely wrong about it. I'll get to it in a little bit, but um, whenever, whenever we get the okay for the spoilers, but I have a theory on her. That's why I like her. Hey, hey, let's jump into spoilers. I want to hear what you have to say. Let's jump into spoilers, Dan. Jump into spoilers. All right. So first thing you were talking about, Kreese's redemption, right? Yeah. I'm thinking. I feel bad because Jake hasn't seen this. So I'm going to try and do this in a way where I'm probably going to stammer a little Jake, bit. Jake, hey, Jake, go fuck off and look at the midnight. I, turned, I turned music on. I w- no, I want you to go look at the midnight sky. All right? How's that? <laughs> right. Go take a gander, Jake, for three or four. Yeah. All right, yeah, uh, just, just shoot me a PM when you're good. <laughs> um, okay, Crease. I feel like we're going to get this uh, redemption. It's going to be later on. Uh, what I was going to talk about earlier is that I think that Who's coming back? And guys, spoilers if you don't want to know. 
I believe that Terry Silver will be coming back. Terry Silver being being the antagonist from uh, along with Kreese in Karate Kid Three. Mm-hmm. He looks nothing like Terry Silver anymore, so they're going to have to work on him. I don't know exactly what uh, I forget his name, but the guy that plays Kreese, I really don't know what he looked like before they got back into this. But you know, they've aged. They're going to need to do some convincing there. But here's the thing. What, hey, what do you think it takes? Do you think it takes a, maybe a, a ponytail? Maybe ponytail, some dye, <laughs> maybe a little exercise, something like that. Because okay. you know he's got to be a badass if he's going to. They're going to bring him in, which I totally think they're going to do. In fact, I wouldn't fucking be surprised if we see Hillary Swank at some point for like an episode. I just think that that's the the pattern that they're going on. But um, yeah, I think that's he's going to be the the main guy. And here's where I think the redemption comes in. And this is totally far fetched. I don't even know if this is going to fucking pan out or not. All right, but Crease has taken an interest to Tori, right? And he has uh, he's made it a point to make her his favorite. We have Hawk, who's been trying to, you know, be the notice me senpai guy for ever since he started hanging out with Crease. And Crease is just making him his number two all the time. Right. There's really no reason outside of that or, or for him to behave like that unless he knows something about her. We haven't seen her mom. OK, we haven't seen really seen her family too much. We know her backstory somewhat. and We know that her mom is down on her luck and all of that. What if. Crease is Tori's grandfather. I could totally see some shit like that. Fuck, dude. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, what if, what if her grandfather is Palpatine? (laughs) (laughs) Probably love it right away and then hate it about six months later. (laughs) No, 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 no. What you're saying? Rave about it, buy sweatshirts and shit, and then I'll just stop working. Right, right. But I don't know. I don't. Where does Snoke fit into all this? But. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I can see that the way that this show kind of like connects all these dots. It's I can, how it's engineered. To do yeah. That. And there's, I mean? there's the scene where, you know, and we're in spoilers. There's the scene where he takes that, that the landlord, like the landlord guy, you know what right. I mean? He fucking roughs him up a little bit. And, um, yeah, he's, maybe he's looking out for his granddaughter. I really think that's what's going to be getting back to this whole thing with Terry Silver. Terry Silver is going to come in mm-hmm. and he's going to be like out of control like he was before. And he's probably going to do something to Tory. Totally speculated. Just just off the top of my head. Sure. And that's where the redemption comes in. He's going to have to defend his granddaughter. And in some way, I don't know how it's all going to interconnect, but we're going to end up with like this Eagle Fang fucking Miyagi-Do Cobra Kai orgy thing where they're all – I don't know how it's going to work out. But I, I really feel like like something like that is coming. And I don't know why, but I just see – like I said, the way this show is engineered, it seems like it's only mm. natural for him to be his – for uh, Tori to be his granddaughter. I love – We'll see. No, I, I can definitely see that happening. I love th- – that's what I really loved about season three was the combining of the dojos. Oh, I was so into it at that very last scene. I was too. Yeah, it d- it did a lot for me. I enjoyed that. And Eagle Fang is just the best thing ever. <laughs> I love Eagle Fang. Let me let's bring- it was, I, when he announced the name, and they're like, "But Eagles don't have Fang," and he just threw the shirt at the guy's face. I thought it was freaking hilarious. Yeah, he's like, "Shut up, dude. <laughs> just calm down." And when he slapped the. The books out of that nerd's hands in the hallway, and he's like, sorry, he was happy. The only animal that can kill a cobra. <laughs> and I love the kid, like, he's like, a mongoose? He's like, he's like thinking Ricky Ticky Tavi or some shit, you know? <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> so, but I also like, it doesn't seem like Kreese has a redemption. 
Like, when they show him kind of having a redemption, then at the end they're like, no, he's just a douche. I, what he does at the end of that, so you're like, he's like, yeah, he's just evil too. I just don't want to see a Vietnam vet that's suffering from PTSD yes, just fucking exactly. fall further into this. I want to see him get redeemed. That shit was was totally intentional, and it's not just to play out silver in the yeah, next season. Yeah, I think they're doing. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think they're doing something like that to give him some heart. I do. I think so. I think we're getting a redemption arc for John Kreese going forward. Did you ever watch Ip Man Four? Did anybody watch Ip Man Four? No, I got to only watch one. There's a, a there's a connection to John Kreese's character in Ip Man Four. You should guys, you should catch up on the Ip Man movies. I think. Ip Man 3 is not great. Ip Man 2 is fucking awesome. Ip Man 2, if you love Rocky 4, you'll love Ip Man 2. It's basically the same story. Ip I've Man, heard nothing but good things about Ip Man. It is, wait, wait, which Ip Man is it where he's fighting at the table and finally his wife is like, just don't ruin anything in the living room? Is that the first one or the second one? It's the first one, and they also, I think they also do it again. I think there, I think there might be another table scene in the fourth one, but I know it's in the first one. It's so good. Dude. So good. It's just like the right. Have you watched Raid Redemption yet, Dan? I have not. Oh, dude. Oh, Dan, you got to watch the I'm Raid Redemption. Dude, you got to watch it. They're both on Netflix now. Raid Redemption and then Raid 2. You've oh. got they're both on Netflix. You got to watch both of them. They're fucking Well, I don't know why I keep saying I'm going to and I don't. I don't know why, but I do plan on watching these. Oh my I hear God. nothing but good things. I bet your wife is still waiting for you to clean out the garage, too. What the fuck, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be wrong about that. <laughs> All right. Be accurate. Let's bring Jake back. Hold on. Jake, we're done. We are done. There we go. All right. Uh, let's move on. What was that? We got Hold on. What have we got left in good pop, bad pop? I've got Jesus Christ. Let's take a break. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, Jake, we're back. We're going to, hey, you've had a break. Does anybody else need a break? I'm good. Are you good, Dan? If you don't mind me stepping away for 30 and just putting myself on mute, you can feel free to keep going. All right. That's we'll, okay. we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Yeah, I was peeing the whole time I was gone. So I'm fine. <laughs> cool. I'll be right back. All <laughs> right. Let's talk about uh, – there's a movie that dropped on Amazon Prime Video herself. Uh, single mother Sandra uh, has been struggling to get by with her two young daughters after the housing system refuses to give her a new home, Sandra decides to build her own with the help of a friendly community and a handful of new friends. With this new purpose, Sandra rediscovers herself. That is until her abusive ex-husband sues for sues her for custody of the children. This is directed by uh, Felita Lloyd. She directed Mama Mia. And the Iron the, and the Iron Lady. Uh, it's written by Malcolm Campbell and Claire Dunn. Uh, Claire Dunn is the actor in this movie. She plays Sandra. Uh, it stars uh, Claire Dunn, like I said, Molly McCann and Ruby Rose O'Hara. Those are the two daughters. Um, I watched this yesterday herself on Amazon Prime. This is wh- wh- where are they at? Is this Ireland? Yes. Yeah. You know what? Like, so you've got this, you've got this woman and at the beginning of this movie, you get the, you get this scene where her and her, her husband are getting into this huge argument and he starts to beat her. And these kids, it's like they know, it's like they know that this, their father gets this way and they're worried about their mother 
being harmed by her and the girl like runs to like the nearest business or something opens up like is it like a lunch pail and it says they have like an established code word already at this point yeah and she's like basically saying call 999 which is like their version of 911 and they're worried about their mother being harmed like they know like like it's like they know that their father's capable of this and yeah, the mom sends the girls to go get help. And, and, uh, so, you know, like, I guess, you know, we don't see it, but the police show up and everything and, and the mother survives, but the girls are then put in to, uh, she's getting help from, you know, uh, the government and she's getting government housing and, and, um, she wants to build a home for her girls, she finds out that there's like, she goes to these YouTube videos and like, you can, you can, you can make these homes for $35,000. And, and, uh, she just needs help. She needs people to help her do this. She wants to make this a reality and she wants to build this home for her daughters. I don't, you know what? Like I, there's things that, oh God, this is a hard one to rate. Um, but I, I agree. I it, totally agree. You know, like it borders on a high taste it to a Tupperware for me. What are you thinking, Steve? Um, I would say for me, it was a it was a devastating film on how this woman and women like her are beat down. They have to pull themselves back up, beat down again, pull themselves back up. And it, the ending of this is so apt considering the beating down and having to pull yourself back up. Again. Yeah. And I was like, at first, I didn't like the ending at all. I was very upset. I'm like, really? But then when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. This is the real world. So I go high taste it. High taste this movie. I thought she put on an act. Considering, like, looking at her IMDb, she hasn't been in a million things. Right. She did a fantastic job. I love that there's a part concerning her birthmark. And yeah, an older lady that just oh my god! I did, dude. I was fifty minutes into the movie when I f- realized that it was a birth. I thought she had a black eye from him. Oh, see, I knew because they talked about it with her daughter. I, I was like, "What is that?" She's like, "God gave it to me," uh, or I'm, something like that. I totally missed that. I, I fifty minutes in, I'm thinking like that's a birthmark, and then I pause the movie, and you can see her IMDb photo and then yeah. in that imdb photo it's got her it's got her birthmark under her eye so i went to imdb itself and looked at her and i was like oh that is that is a birthmark that she was given that she was born Which with is beautiful i thought it was they yeah it so beautiful and the and at the again high taste she put on a tour de force yeah i i thought even the 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 side characters are great. I adored the contractor. I adored the lady that, I mean, it was just amazing. Dude, I, fuck, I, I love Tomo, the guy that kept fucking around on the job site. Oh, dude, because <laughs> we all know a him. Yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> we all know him where it just is like, this guy will never, dude, but he'll, he'll always he, be there. The, the fucking moment. The moment where they put up the first fucking frame of that first wall, I almost fucking cried. Oh, no question. I was There's there. There's no question. <clears throat> it was absolutely the what there are certain moments I'm like, I know that wasn't meant for a for a, a tear jerking moment, but it just again that 
wiping off the makeup at a certain point. Yeah. And her saying, there you are. It was over. Done. I was finished. Game over. Dude, the woman, the woman that played the daughter of the, of the doctor, you know, the woman that, that I was so pissed off at her. When she was, oh, when, when she pulls her mom aside, when she pulls Can her mom, privacy time yes, or and she's yeah. like, are you sure that you should be doing this? Like, you don't know this woman. And like, you know, I know her mother, but her mother used to sneak alcohol. Like, and this is all happening right in front of her. I'm like, what yeah. in the f- fuck you? But we all would do that. If my mom had a, was some random dude she was giving her land to, I'd be like, I'm going to say this in front of your face, homie. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I would do the same thing. She was like, I don't know her, and her mom was shady as hell. So no, don't give her that that land. I get it. We just didn't like it because we were on her side. Man, Steve, that is oh Jesus Christ! You're. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I'm. Part of me is part. Part of me wants to be angry at you right now. But, But hold on, hold on. There's a part of me that also understands that. Yes, you would be want to be protective of your mother in that. I understand what you're saying right now, but part of me is very angry at you too. <laughs> she could have used a little bit of an inside voice. She could have gave her a call afterwards and hit her with the, with the facts. You right. Know what I mean? right. This is all happening in the same room. This is, and, and you know what's funny? They just what this movie does is it tackles the most monumental of things. Mm. And this woman, like for me, I don't know if I have the gall. If someone was like, here's this thing. If you could just put something there, you can stay there. I'd be like, oh, that's impossible. Next question. After the first go to uh, to um, a hardware store and I'm like, I need this. And the guy's like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. I'd be like, well, there goes that idea. I guess I'm going to have to figure out a place to stay like a hotel or something. Done. She didn't let that stop her. Right. It's such a monumental effort. And so it just, it, it was beautiful. And, you know, just, oh God, this, the, 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 the guy that played the husband was just <laughs> such a fucking piece of shit. Uh, uh, Jake, what did you think about, uh, herself on Amazon Prime? This was actually the thing I liked the most that I watched this week. This was a Tupperware for me. I, I thought it was both extremely heartbreaking and extremely heartwarming at the same time. Like it just had all the ups and all the downs. Um, I agree with Steve. I, I thought all the secondary characters were really great. Um, they did so much with them with so, such little screen time. I thought the ending was very poignant and, and very amazing. Mm. Um, and the main actress put on just a, definitely a clinic. I, I I love the contractor. I also loved the contractor's son. I thought he was oh, one of my favorite God, secondary yeah. characters. I loved him with the, the shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, <clears throat> for a movie that was so gut-wrenching at parts, it was also just so fucking charming at parts, mm-hmm. too. And I think that really worked in its favor because when the bad things happened, you, I, I almost gasped. At a few parts of this movie, I was just so taken aback at, at the downturn. You've just got, and, you've got, you've got a woman here who has just been b- abused by this man to the point where he stomped on her hand. She doesn't oh. have full use of the nerves in her hand. She just wants to get away and she wants to have a place, a home where her daughters can be safe, a place where her and her daughters can live. She's had nothing. She has, she married this guy and she, and he didn't let her have anything, a job, anything like 
anything of well anything of her own maybe she worked but she didn't have anything of her own when the marriage dissolved and so you're you're seeing a woman try to build something literally from the ground up just a place where her and and it's not much where her and her daughters can live and like you're really rooting for her and i remember like the first scene where you kind of see her smile that was a big scene in this movie the first time you see her laugh or smile you're just like oh you're you're fucking an hour into this movie and you haven't seen the character smile yet Totally true. That's and, and another good thing they did that was so smart is when someone does something kind to her, that one, the lady, not to ruin anything, a lady does something very kind. And the thing she asks is why? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She's just not used to just anyone reaching yes. out and helping. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the courtroom scenes were just gut wrenching. They uh. almost gave me anxiety at certain parts of them. I mean, yeah. seeing the husband like celebrate thinking he's doing such a good job in court. You're just like, you want to reach in your TV and punch the motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Dan, totally agreed. Dan, what did you think about herself on Amazon prime? I'll start off by saying I thought it was a total fucking Tupperware. Like Jake, it was the favorite thing I watched all week. Um, but it broke my heart. Like mm-hmm. that's such it's such a real story. And there's, you know, I, I won't get into uh, specifics for obvious reasons, but I know someone that's kind of going through something like this and see the struggle that they that they go through on a daily basis. And it's like it's just so fucking crazy. It's so real. And and when you start to feel like, I think some people were saying that. The, the ending was a little fucked up because of how it how it goes. But I kind of appreciated it because this movie is all about like your ups and downs. And when she's ups, you know, it's it's um, it's it's heartwarming. Like I was just so into the movie. And then when these things happen that bring her back down again, I mean, I just I had tears in my eyes, just like you with the with the erecting of the the one wall. Yeah, I fucking was crying. I just it's just so yeah. nice to see something like that when you know that these things are happening all the time. And the fact that they did such a great. Hmm. They did this. They did such a great job of portraying how the kids would process that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sorry mm-hmm. for the for the broken speech, but it's just like you know. There's a scene where uh, we find out that the youngest one is afraid to mm. go to her dad, and we figure we know why and everything. But when they show that happening, and she's trying to get her out of this little this little wardrobe, and the, the poor kid's like pissing on herself because she's so afraid. These things happen all the time, and mm. I think that it was the realism of the movie that really, really worked for me. Um, it was nice to see Lord Varys as a contractor. Did any of you guys catch that? No, I did not realize that's true. Yeah, that fucking Lord Varys, man, and he I and I thought he was one of the best parts of the movie because it's. Even in a, even though this has a lot of realism to it, even in a fictitious setting, it's nice to have those characters that will be the the good guy that lend the helping hand that help you get from the you know from the bottom just a little bit up just to give yourself a little bit of self esteem and the way that all these people came together, you know some of it, some of the characters were a little bit like ah oh, why are they there I guess it's just more for filler but it's also to show that she has the support system, it, it just all worked. And it's just not, the, some people just show up to help. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's great because it shows what people should be like, you know, and unfortunately the fucking scene where Tomo is eating goat and they're all laughing at the dinner table. I'm just like, I'm loving it. Yeah. The, <laughs> so, you beautiful. know, uh, there's a kind of a victorious scene where they're all they've all accomplished something. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we know what the movie's about, but I mean, they all accomplish this thing and they're all just kind of partying, if you will, singing songs and stuff like that. And it, it was just this very real, wholesome 
there was nothing about this movie where I felt like, you know, that wouldn't happen. Like it just seemed so real. And the fact that it ends the way it does where, you know, she's on a high and goes to an immediate low, but it ends by them picking up, literally picking up the pieces and just stopping right there. That's how it is. That's a slice of life. That's how life fucking works. We don't always have to see the happy ending. And, and quite frankly, I think this movie would have actually, I wouldn't say fail, but I think this movie would have suffered if they would have just left it at the happy ending. I think that, I mean, I never would have thought, well, they should have done what they did. But the fact that they did that made me appreciate, excuse me, appreciate this movie even more. So, yeah. And and also, uh, you know, we were talking briefly about child actors. Where did they get her oldest daughter? Because holy shit, that kid can act. Like, she was so fantastic. She was one of my favorite parts of the movie. That you know. story she told you? Yeah, man. Dude. That was a great scene. A yeah. highlight for me. Yeah. Holy crap. That kid was super talented. I agree. He was like, so yeah. good. And I'm the, after the movie, the more I thought about it, it was a happy ending. Because the sad ending would have been showing her immediately afterwards and then then showing the clips or the, uh, the, the, the ending credits. Because when they show her over time just laying there. Yeah, that's how you would react. Yeah. The happiness is what happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it is a happy ending because she got up. And yeah. Like, this is beautiful, dude. There was another thing about this movie that it really hit me. It was the fact that once her husband is uh, apprehended, the, the mother comes to visit her. And the little speech that she gives her right there. Jesus. It was amazing because, like, you know, I, I think that we, you know, we all know we can't choose our family. And we all have those family members. Well, you know, some people have those family members where it's like, I mean, I really wish you weren't my family member, but you are. Mm-hmm. And particularly in this case where the mother is talking about her son, you know, she was just being real. And she was like telling her, you know, you're finally free. And, and that was just a really touching scene because that mother didn't need to do that too often. Getting back to the real situation that I kind of know about going on in, you know, a sideline with a friend of mine. That doesn't happen a lot. There's always yeah. that family defense, you know, yeah. and, uh, and denial. And it's just there's just too much of that in the world. So, you know, I don't want to bring it all deep and everything like that. But this movie touched me in a way that none of the other things did. Uh, total Tupperware. I fucking loved it. And I really look forward to seeing. Is it Claire Dune? Is that how you say her name? Claire Dunn, I think. Claire Dunn. I, yeah. I look forward to, you know, seeing what she does in the future. And I wasn't even aware that she was actually one of the writers, too, which could explain the whole birthmark thing, wanting to put that in there. So. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I went to her IMDb page and saw the birthmark and I, I honestly thought it was like a black eye when I was watching it from the beginning. I was like, I didn't know what was going on there. I thought that was cool that they worked it in with like the whole makeup and the courtroom oh, scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really That's good. beautiful. I also like how they made her get up and say, you are marching me in here to defend myself. Ooh. Oh, Jesus, oh dude. I know. Oh. And and one more thing too, Jake touched on it, the court scene where she does her big speech. Yeah. Now listen, I haven't been in many court situations like that, but something tells me that that's not how the court will always handle those kind of things, you know, but, but for the purposes of this movie, she was just laying it out there, man. She I fucking fu- told yeah. them exactly what the fuck was on her mind and how they were being hypocrites and, and what they, you know, let, letting the, uh, the judicial process get in the way of just humanity yeah. was a beautiful scene. It broke my fucking heart, man. This movie was fantastic. Fuck, you guys are making me love this movie even more just talking about it. Absolutely. I give it a tough one. Yeah, it was great. Fuck it. It's a tough one. And I hate music. I hate music in mu- movies. Like, like the whole, hey, let's break into song. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. But there's a part where a character sings a song in this movie. 
and I was done. Because yeah. the reaction, everyone looking at this person and knowing everything we've been, it was just, oh. Did you kind of think for a moment that there might be a relationship starting up with dude that made the table? With Thor! Yeah! <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, man, I, you know, and it's like, I get it. I get it. Some people don't like the love story and stuff like that. They just want the, you know, I kind of wanted her to find love. <laughs> oh, no, it's insinuated, dude. Make no mistake, because she's also the one that pulled her back at a certain point. Yeah. Thor and her definitely, they're insinuating. Yeah, it's for sure happening. I personally think it would have been a little bit of a loss to do that, though, because she's in the process of healing. You don't want some other guy coming around and fucking up her whole process. I know, but Dan, I'm talking about the fan fiction of what happens after this movie's over with. Okay, fair enough. All right. (laughs) He is together for sure. I'm sure they're happy right now. They are definitely. Yeah, seriously. Fucking she is uh, all over his Mjolnir right now. Oh, God. It's great. Mm-hmm. She is worth. She I is worthy to hold that. She's worthy to hold too. that hammer. What's that, Jake? I love the use of the cranberry song in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. that, that really shook me. Uh, the death of the lead singer is still super fresh in my mind. So I'm with you, that man. with the, the subtext thing. of the movie really really struck me. Mm. And well, and the country that this movie came from. Yeah. Exactly. Um, real quick, I've got two things that I want to talk about real quick that's on my personal Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, best leftovers ever. I'm not talking about this episode or this podcast. This is a show on Netflix. And I'm not saying that this is not the best episode we've ever done. It's definitely not the worst, guys. Okay? I'm having a good time. So chill Appreciate out. That. Chill out, Dan and Steve. Don't worry. You guys you're welcome. Do, you're, doing so a, you're, you're doing a fantastic oh job. Uh, best left. Walked off. <laughs> I know. Best, well, best leftovers ever is a cooking show where three home chefs who are experienced at making great meals out of leftovers are challenged to work with whatever leftovers they're given to create high end, well presented dishes. This is on, uh, it's on Netflix. Um, the host is like one of the girls from Glow. The, 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 uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling that got canceled by Netflix because of the pandemic. Thank you, Netflix, for canceling a show that I love and not giving it its final season. Thank you. Yet again. Thank you so much, Netflix. You, you guys are fantastic for that. But anyway, best leftovers ever. It's a competition cooking show. It is not nailed it. This is basically, you have experienced uh, home chefs that uh, they are given real leftovers and they are tasked with making high-end w- like well-presented dishes out of these leftovers they don't have to use all the leftovers i think like the rules are maybe they can like leave out one ingredient but um, it's amazing to see like what some of these people are doing with the, these with these leftover foods whether it be a fish sandwich whether it be a hamburger and fries um, it's just it's kind of incredible i'm Three episodes in, I'll give it a taste. It it is fun. It is something that you can have on, and you could be doing something else. And um, but it is fun enough. I, I do I do quite enjoy it. I'll give it a taste. It. Um, I I watched the first two episodes of this as well, um, and I'm right there with you. I give it a taste. It. Yeah. Um, I thought the fast food segment was the most interesting segment for me, just because I can relate with those leftovers more than some of the other ones they used. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also liked how the uh, Hosts weren't just yes men to each other and would disagree with statements that the other hosts would say. You don't yeah. see that too often in a reality yeah. cooking show. Yeah, I like that too. I also watched, um, it's called So You Want the Real Story. 
This is from the Players Tribune on YouTube, and there's five episodes out right now, and it's it, it, it's sports related, so it's basketball related, and they've got like an Allen Iverson episode. But I watch, I haven't watched the Iverson episode. I'm gonna watch that. They had a, a the real Eddie Curry. It was called the real Eddie Curry. So you want the real story? And Steve, I know, dude, are you familiar? I'm in. Yeah, dude, <laughs> in. dude, 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 dude. I know you're you're my basketball guy in this episode, and I know like you've got to be familiar with Eddie Curry. I'm definitely familiar with Eddie Curry. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. Um, 2001 draft comes around, and that's the guy that I wanted. I wanted I wanted a big yeah. man. I wanted a big man. You know what I mean? We had we had Elton we had Elton Brand at the power forward spot, and I was like, man, you know, that's the one thing that the Michael Jordan Bulls were missing was a real big man. You can yeah, you can say Luke Longley. We had a three headed monster. We had fucking Luke Longley. We had Will Purdue, and we had Bill Wennington. And it's like whenever somebody got into foul trouble, they'd throw in Bill Wennington. And I know he was a beast at St. John's. He was a beast at St. John's. But, like, these guys weren't Shaquille O'Neal. These guys weren't Patrick Ewing. These guys weren't David Robinson. These were – it was a three-headed monster. You threw in your best fucking center at the time, and hopefully they didn't get into foul trouble, right? That's how it worked out with the, the Chicago Bulls. So I wanted a real dominant center on the Bulls. And Eddie Curry was a high school player. He was six foot eleven. 285 fucking pounds. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like I remember picking up Slam Magazine and Eddie Curry's talking about Shaq. I'm not afraid of Shaq. And I'm like, oh my God, I want Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry's the fucking draft pick that I want. I want a big man. And the Bulls drafted him at number four. Now, they also fucking traded off Elton Brand for the number two pick, Tyson Chandler. And you know, Tyson Chandler turned into a fine player, but, you know, I mean, he's not – to get rid of Elton Brand, who was the fucking co-rookie of the year back in 1999, just fucking insane to me. I'm not Terrible. Gonna, terrible. terrible. I agree, dude. I agree, man. And they fucking – dude, that was a great draft. That was a great fucking – they had they picked up Ron Artest at number 16 and Elton Brand. Which is nuts. That's nuts, dude. Yeah, yeah. That whole squad, like all of them, could have been like all of them could have been five to six round, six, uh, six picks, right. easily. Right, right. It's just what did your team need at that exact moment your turn came up? Eddie Curry's story, he never panned out as a great center. I mean, there was a. I mean, he played for the Bulls. He played for the Knicks. He fucking had a heart murmur and. Oh. Jesus. That was a problem. But there was this thing. The Players Tribune on the internet, their website, they had a piece on this and they break it down in this. It's, it, these are only like 20 minutes a piece, but his, he, I'm just going to read this. This is from the player. Okay. This is from the Players Tribune. In the piece, Curry goes through a number of heartbreaking stories about his life as an NBA player and why he doesn't appreciate people laughing at him, starting with the murder of his ex-girlfriend and infant daughter. Do you remember this, Steve? Oh, my God. I remember that, dude. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Mm-hmm. 
Back in January of 2009, Nova Henry, Nova Henry, 24, and her 10-month-old daughter, Ava, were shot dead by her ex-boyfriend and the lawyer who had handled the child support payments negotiated with Curry, Frederick Goings. Curry was married at the time and still is, but had kept his relationship with Henry a secret from his wife, Patrice. The tragedy was made even worse by Henry and Curry's other child, Noah, who was three years old at the time and witnessed the shootings. Curry said, this is Curry's quote. Before I knew it, I was on a plane flying back to New York. And even just within those few hours, uh, more and more details became clear. I found out that my son Noah was right there when his mother and sister were shot, but he was so little that he didn't really understand what had happened. He, he tried to wake up his mom after the, sh- after the shooting. So when the officers went in and found him there, he had blood all over him. He actually laid down next to her and had fallen asleep. Um, oh, Jesus Christ, Jesus, dude, come on, dude. I fucking, but this is a, it's a, it's a, it's, these are, oh my God, these, you can watch these on YouTube and, like, here's the thing, like, I, as a Bulls fan, I was let down by Curry, and for years I've fucking, I've said many bad things about Eddie Curry and how he didn't pan out, and I watched this, and I've done, I've kind of done a huge flip on, like, how I feel about this guy, and like, what he was kind of put into, and, and, um, I mean, this guy had so much, um, so many bad things happened to him. Goings, this guy was convicted on two counts of first degree murder in 2013 and sentenced to life in prison. Curry and his wife stayed together and raised Noah along with their other children. This woman stayed with him. She found out that Eddie had been cheating on her with this woman, had two children with this woman. This woman is shot the and killed the 10 month old daughter of Eddie Curry is shot and killed the 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 3 year old boy this woman patrice his woman that is that his wife that is with him stays with him and raises noah along with their other children that's a mother's love dude yes that is a mother's love and and we're talking about we're talking about Eddie Curry who went basically bankrupt. He found out just months after the funeral in summer of 2009, he had to sue his agent because he was taking loans in his name and spending tons of money without telling him. "Quote: At one point, he actually went out and had a rubber stamp made with my signature on it, so he could just buy whatever he wanted: TVs, Escalades, trips, you name it. He even used that stamp to borrow five hundred thousand dollars from this dude who had." a company that charged an 85% interest rate. Oh my God. Didn't tell me, didn't fill me in later, just stamped the paper. I found out when I got sued several months later after the interest had taken the loan up over $2 million. And there they have uh, fucking news footage of people on the news making fun of him over this, that Eddie Curry's making these stupid financial decisions and he had people taking advantage of him. I mean, this is the problem in the NBA when you had 
18 year olds coming straight out of high school that didn't know what they were doing with all this money. This guy may have, he he may have made $70 million in his NBA career and didn't even turn into the player that we thought he was going to be turning into. He was not the next Shaq. Hell, he wasn't even the next fucking, uh, Sam. Oh God, I'm trying to think. Sam Bowie. Thank you. He wasn't even the next Sam Bowie. I mean, and, 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 he has his house foreclosed on back in 2009. And I mean, <sighs> dude, Steve, I'm telling you, if you're, uh, if you're a basketball fan. Oh, I'm in. You I'm gotta, in. Yeah, you no gotta question. watch this. Yeah. No, because I remember, I think we were all in shock when like Jamal Mashburn opened a series of car lots and we were like, look at this dude opening car lots. And they're like, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you, the, the, this money, someone taught him right. And I'm like, you know what? I think it was Mashburn, right? That opened all those car lots around. Yeah, Jamal Mashburn. Yeah, and that we were, I was literally, I was young making fun of that guy. Because I'm like, oh, he must be broke. Well, what, what, hey, what's, what, hey, what was, uh, what was Charles Oakley doing? Charles Oakley was, oh, he was, uh, buying, he was, uh, doing, making car, uh, buying up car washes. Smart. Exactly. Yeah. Someone was telling them what to do, but our young brains was like, you put, you put the floss. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? No, they did the right thing, and it sucks that Eddie Curry got done like this. Dude. It does. It and fucking, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, I. You know, it's funny. Right when you said his kid and his, I was like, oh, I remember that happening. But yeah. then you just turn off the. Oh, that's crazy, and then you move on. I did not know all this other stuff. Like, oh, and then this happened, and then his wife took care of the kid. I did not know any of that. Dude, dude, I'm telling you, like, like some of these fucking document. Like, is there a documentary about Antoine Walker and like his loss? No, dude, no. It's so, probably articles. We got, dude. That needs to be made because Antoine Walker fucking went bankrupt. And we're talking about a guy that was a fucking like Celtics royalty for the longest time. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Dude, dude. And you know, down to the point where he's fucking selling his NBA championship ring Ugh. for like $20,000 or some shit. That's so freaking, it's terribly sad yeah. because no one, they need to have a class because remember NBA players get paid every two weeks. If you're 20 years old making that sort of money every two weeks, yeah, you're, you're blowing. It's done. Gone. That money is gone. They need to have a class before this even happens and say, look, this is what you need to be doing with your money. Dude. Before you, cause no 18 yeah. year old should be making that sort of money. Yeah. New money is dangerous. Thank you. New money. Imagine Dan going from college to making two million dollars every two weeks. <laughs> I, I could get used to that. Yeah, I'd probably fuck it up though. <laughs> like most of these kids. At at nineteen? Shoot. Man, please. Not everybody hey, 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 Steve, have you seen the Stefan Marbury documentary? I loved it, dude. It, it, when, are you talking about the one where he's in China? Yes. Like, yes. That was dude, he is royalty out there. Yes. Yes. He has a statue and and I love the way it ended with him talking to that kid. Oh God, oh, yes. Come on. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. Uh, but I. But then on the flip side, have you seen the Lenny Cook documentary? Oh, that's so. Where he's in that party at the end, where he's singing this song. Uh, like, this, is, this is. It's freaking. You know this, this that was directed. Terrible. That was directed by the Safdie brothers before they did Uncut Gems, and they before I did they not know that. Yeah, the Safdie brothers directed that before they did Uncut Gems, and they did what was that? Good Time with uh, Robert Pattinson. They did that documentary, Lenny Cook. The, Lenny Cook, like that is, dude. I remember that draft, 
And they were very cryptic, that draft. Like, you know, Charles Barkley's talking about, like, you know, agents saying, like, yeah, you know, you're going to get drafted much higher. Lenny Cook fucking – they went through the second round and he didn't get drafted, man. He lost his college eligibility. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy, dude. And he was higher ranked at one time than LeBron James at one he time. Was great, but he was great, dude. Yeah. Like, great. Yeah. Yeah. So good, man. And and my thing is, like, when, when I watched that, that Lenny Cook thing, the saddest part was they always show them in, co- in in high school. Yeah. And in college. And you're like, oh, well, then he's definitely going to dominate in the NBA. But th- what they don't understand is all these agents, they don't care how – if you're good in college, that doesn't guarantee you anything. It doesn't. It's just who are you up against that year. Yeah. Dude. Like you could be the ba- I could be the baddest cat in California and just be in a draft with Allen Iverson. Yeah, that's my luck. That's just my luck, dude. Yeah. Any other year I would have gotten drafted, dude. I remember Allen Iverson. You remember Quentin Richardson coming out of fucking high school, dude. Dude, dude, he was getting. Dude, you fucking. If you picked up the magazines back in the day, they were comparing him to Michael Jordan. He was a god. I mean, yes. I mean, I mean, I remember watching him fucking play. I remember him. I remember Q Rich playing against fucking Kenyon Martin. Do you remember that game? DePaul versus Cincinnati. That was an insane fucking, I mean, just battles between those guys. And I mean, Quentin Richardson went on and had a decent NBA career. Definitely not fucking Michael Jordan level, but like he, he went on and had a good career. But like it's 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 wild how much they will fucking pump up these players, and no then question. yeah, man. And, and before we move on, have you seen the documentary uh, called Manchild? No, who's who's Manchild? It, it's about Shay Cotton. I, ha- yeah, I haven't the, seen ba- it. the baddest player I have never heard of. Where can I watch this? Where can I watch this? It's on, I think it's on, I think it's on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And they show him and, um, Lenny Cook go on tour together now, talking about how, look, dude, we were better than any of you will ever be in your lives. And you're thinking you're gonna go to, you're gonna go to the NBA? No. This guy just got screwed over in the, um, he, he went to UCLA, turned them down and said, I don't want to go to UCLA. UCLA called everyone and said, don't accept him. Mm. And that's the end of it. That was what? the end of the game. Game uh, over. UCLA called everybody. I was like, nope, don't accept him. And no one accepted him, and that was the end of his career. And you, when you see this kid play, this stuff happens all the time, dude. Yeah. That's why I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, this but that Lenny Cook thing. That Lenny Cook doc. <sighs> you ever seen the Len Bias documentary? I, I've never even heard of him. Fucking, the Celtics? The Celtics? Len Bias? I'm pretty sure it's Len Bias, the fucking Celtics player that fucking died of cocaine. He was like, oh, Jesus, no, no, I did not hear about Hold on, Len Bias Celtics. Yes, Len Bias. He was drafted by the Celtics. He was supposed to be like, they said he was like better than Michael Jordan, died of a cocaine overdose, cardiac Jesus. arrhythmia, car- died from cardiac arrhythmia induced by cocaine overdose. There is a Len Bias documentary. You've got to watch I'm this. On it. I'm on it. Yeah, I love every single like basketball documentary of people I don't know about. Yeah, I'm always on. I'll be like, well, I need to find out more about that because 
either it's fascinating either way it's fascinating but sometimes it just breaks your heart he was because you wanted to be them one day yes. and then you realize oh never mind i guess i didn't 1986 he was round one pick number two boston celtics and he was supposed to be like better than michael jordan and but Len Bias never never got to play never got to play a single NBA game. Died of cardiac arrhythmia induced by cocaine overdose. You you give these kids money like this? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't be doing this, dude. I mean, well, I don't know. I, and they're thinking about fucking bringing it back to where like they don't have to go to college anymore for a year. Well, think- what, did, what did the Ball brother do? Didn't he like sidetrack that somehow? He went like instead of going to college, he went to like uh, uh, what is it a G League? So he didn't have to go to college, and now they're now they're going to be drafting him. Like the MB, like some- the NBDL, like the yes. Yeah. So he like said that. instead of going to college, I'll just get paid to play basketball and then go to. So you can just do a side, tra- and I just don't think it's good, man. Yeah. Or just don't pay. Have a have a cap. Say in high school you can if you come out of high school you can only get paid this much for four years, and then when you are over those four years, then you can get paid this insane amount of money they're giving. These, these players, players honestly, they they need to start playing. They they need to start paying college players for like the jersey sales. For sure. Oh, you for know, sure. I mean, oh, for sure. they're making. I remember watching the. Remember that um that fabulous five, that Fab Five documentary. Yes, yes. I did not know that they. I did not know that they generated that much money for that college. I did not know they generated that much money. Dude, I remember when fucking Elton Brand left after his sophomore year from Duke, and like fucking. Have you ever read the email from the girl that went to Duke, and she was bitching about Elton Brand? She sent an email to Elton Brand about like, how dare you leave. Duke. No. <laughs> how, how, dude, I ought to send you this. I, she's like, how dare yeah, you? For sure. Dude, how dare you leave? And he fucking, he comes back at her and he sends her an email and it's like, you can find it. You can find it. He sends her an email like, you know what? Not all of us come from like this place where we're, we're like, where you, where like, you know, we have the world at our fingertips. Yes. Where like mommy and daddy come from this place where like you know they can afford like not not everybody's dad is like a fucking lawyer or a doctor you know some of us have to fucking you know worry about like what like you know like where the next meal is going to come from and uh that's you know like because people were pissed off he was the first player to leave duke early everybody that's a duke was that was that was like I remember back in the day hating Duke, hating the look on Christian Leitner's face. Yes. For nothing. I just hated looking at him. Yeah. And, but they were, they were the beasts. You did not leave them. Yeah. That's true. I remember that. Yeah, but Elton Brand didn't come from a place where like he could just fucking stay four years at Duke and like not worry about getting injured. He fucking, his stock was high. Exactly. Oh man. Exactly. God damn it. Watch this. It's um it's the the Players Tribune. You can follow them on YouTube and they have five different uh stories now and they're about 16 to 20 minutes a piece. There's one on Allen Iverson. I'm going to be getting back to this. I had to watch the Eddie Curry one and it was just fucking heartbreaking and um he's turned out to be a really really great guy. Um Good. Back, back in 2002, I went to the Chicago Bulls luncheon and threw my jersey up on the stage and had Eddie Curry sign it for me. So I got a I got an Eddie Curry sign. Get out of here. I'm dead serious, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm shocked you don't have any Jordan memorabilia. Dude, I my, my fucking my brother in law has Jordan signed jersey. My brother in law's got so much fucking sports memorabilia. I was I was babysitting their dogs. I was dog sitting for their dogs this weekend, and he's got a Mike Tyson signed boxing gloves and Jesus. fucking yeah, dude. Mike Tyson signed boxing gloves and shorts. He's got my he's got a Michael Jordan signed floorboard and Michael Jordan signed jersey. Is he like a lawyer or something? No. He, he just has this stuff. He's got a lot that of shit. He's got, he's got some good shit. That man. Mike Tyson one, though? Yeah. That's the one. Dude, that's and he, underneath it, he's got pictures of Mike Tyson signing the shit and pictures of him, like, throwing his fists up at Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson making a face at him. It's awesome, oh. dude. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have the guts to do it. I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, get in the fighting stand. No, we're not playing those. Games. Did you watch, did you watch the fucking, the, the, the fight that was on pay-per-view? Heck no. Oh, I, my sister got it, so I was able to watch it, but. It was terrible, wasn't it? Man, I don't know, dude. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, I could see, dude, Mike, they were going for it. They were going for it. They were really going for it, but like, I really, I want a rematch, and I want him to really go for it. I want to see somebody get knocked the fuck out. Here's the thing, man. People do not remember. He was a scary man. Yes. When he was 1984, 1985, mm-hmm. 1986. He was a scary man in the ring where he was knocking people out with body shots. Yeah. Like a nightmare. People are spending like 70 bucks on a fight, and it, it's done in like 30 seconds. Done in like, yes. <laughs> Money well spent. We had a good time, though, didn't we? <laughs> And I remember, I remember it's like, it's like, I remember getting that fucking HBO fight where he fought Buster Douglas and that was his first fight in Japan. And Japan was saying like, okay, they're comparing him to Godzilla. They're saying Godzilla's just going to fuck. He's a monster. He's just going to destroy Buster Douglas. And it was the perfect storm. It was the perfect storm where Buster Douglas had just lost his mom. He was oh, in the, what a story. He was in the best shape of his life. Mike, Mike Tyson had basically just had, he had had so many personal things going on in his life because it died. That's where it all, that's where it all. Started. Yeah, his trainer died. And I mean, I it was just, it was fucked up. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when I saw Mike Tyson get knocked out. I could not believe it. I mean, you're talking about a guy who fucking, Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, fucking did a song called, I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson. It was basically just about how Mike Tyson was going to fuck him up. Exactly. It was that big of a laughing thing that anyone yeah. could beat this. He was an unbeatable machine. Dude, there was that one. question. There was that question. It was like, how much money would it take you to get in the ring for fucking like 10 seconds with Mike Tyson? And here's the thing. Today, a lot of people wouldn't take that money. Today, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people would not take that money. <laughs> Dude, I beat up Mike Tyson all the time. Him, Bald Bull, Soda Popinski. I fuck okay, all those people. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up, Jake. Real talk. <laughs> Have you ever beat that game without the code? Yeah. Get out of here. For sure. I'll do it fucking tomorrow and send you a video. You did not. I'm talking about from the beginning to yeah, the end. Yeah, from the beginning to the end. That was like my favorite. I beat that and Super Punch Out. I don't believe you beat it all the way through without a code, Doc. I don't understand how the code even helps. All the code does is take you to the hardest part. Exactly. It takes you to Mike Tyson. Yeah, I, beating it without the code is no – I mean, it's just as hard as beating it with the code. You still have to beat Tyson. It, it's easy. Who was the – Super Macho Man was right before uh, Mike Tyson. 
Dude, I used to get so mad at the game, I'd almost throw it out the window. <laughs> I'd be like, it's impossible. This game is impossible. <laughs> no, I, oh, man. My hand-eye coordination on that game is second to none. All I got to say is I love the fact that when you fucking watch the old Captain N cartoons, they made King Hippo blue because they couldn't make him flesh-colored because of his fucking giant. They made him blue because of his fucking nipples. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> correct. Dude, they were worried about kids looking at flesh-colored nipples on the screen. So they were like, let's make him blue and give him blue nipples. <laughs> I, it was weird. Better. That is so I, – I used to love my – like, and they were talking uh, – as we're going to talk later, they were talking about how these older games compared to now are, like, impossible. Kids these days wouldn't – they wouldn't make it through Super Mario Brothers. They'd be like, this thing – this is an impossible game. <laughs> You yeah. can't do it. I mean, Punch Out was all about muscle memory, especially yes. Tyson. Yeah, because he had that thing where he kind of wait for a while, and then I know where, boom, and then you're done. And you'd have yeah. to just be able to time it right, and I could never time it right because you have to push sideways twice to dodge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. He back up and do like a combo on you, huh? Yes, dude. And, one, and then he'll he'll jump forward and go like, boom, 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 like a bunch of hits at the same time. Yeah, his uppercut would come without any, like, just the, it was like the slightest eyebrow twitch. <laughs> yes! Was all you would get to move out of the way from the uppercut. And that's what my issue is, like, these people made these these games, they're like, let's make it impossible, and kids beat it. We figured out how to beat these games. Listen, I could beat Tyson left and right, but I never once beat fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> I don't think did. anyone did, dude. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> That's, a, I'm that's not, an I'm not a pro, man. I didn't beat no battle toads or anything, you know. But I, I could fuck Tyson up over and over. I, dude, now you're making me want to freaking. I need to hook up my Nintendo again, just for fun. Just oh for my fun. god, yeah. I need a fucking. I need that original. I remember when they lost the license to Tyson, it just became Punch Out. Yeah, Mr. Dream was at the end. They they basically it was the same exact fight. Yeah, that turned Tyson into a white guy named Mr. Dream. Mr. Dream. They lost the license to Tyson. Yeah, something yeah. happened. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Was it was it the was it the was it the accusation with the? I think it was oh, Tyson's camp that pulled out. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think they only had so many years, and Tyson's camp pulled out. And when they re-released the game as like a greatest hits, they Tyson wanted more money again. Mm. Why hasn't there been a Mike Tyson Punch Out documentary? Well, I'm ready for the fucking Jamie Fox Mike Tyson movie that's supposed to be coming Bruh, out. If oh, he's so, if if he's doing it the way he sold it on that video, how he did the, I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm watching it. If you do it the way you're doing it now, yes, I'm in. I know this. He's going to sell the shit out of Mike Tyson. It's. I cannot wait to see this fucking movie. Yeah. I. I don't think he's going to do a Ray. I think he's going to do decent, but I don't know if it's going to be Ray level. Okay. It's. Uh, can it? It's got to be better than the fucking Will Smith Ali, right? Oh Jesus! Oh, yes. come on! Come on, dude! Yes. Like I mean, Michael dude, Will Smith. He looked great in that movie, but man, that's just that's not the Ali movie that I wanted. That was bad. He did an no, it ended an way too fucking early. Oh man! If I want to watch, if I want to watch any Ali movie, it's fucking, it's documentaries, and I'm just like watching When We Were Kings. Oh, oh my Jesus, dude! Jesus, that's a good. Movie. That's the best doc. That's the best Ali documentary ever, where they just basically it chronicles Rumble in the Jungle. Yes, I have seen that. I was thinking it's, that's the one. It's so, and the fact 
as you see him getting in dude's head, you see it happening. At first, you're like, yeah. dude is unshakable. Yeah. But then toward the middle, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> it's working, dude. It's, it's, well, man, it, here's the thing. Like, I think Ali was just an incredible fighter, but I think if you take Ali in his prime and you take Tyson in their prime, I think Tyson beats Ali every day of the week. Because he, you know why? Because Mike, because Muhammad Ali has all of our internal body organs. Like, even though he's amazing, <laughs> he is a human being. Right. And anyone that got hit that hard, and if you're human, you're falling to the ground. Like, I remember they're like, George Foreman broke his jaw. I'm like, let me tell you something. If Mike Tyson would have tapped Muhammad Ali's jaw, it wouldn't have been broken. It would have been shattered into 120 million pieces and just had it hanging there with his tongue lagging. If he would have let him hit him that many times on that rope, Tyson would have killed Ali. He would but have killed him. If you take, if you take old Tyson and old Ali, I think old Ali beats old Tyson. <laughs> oh, for that, that Tyson, yes. Yeah. But if you take in their prime. Yes. 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 It would have been, they would have had to just turn off the, they're like, no, this, it's not rope a dope. His, he's just leaning up against the rope getting beat. Yeah. Yeah. Throw in the towel. Is there a greater fighter than young Mike Tyson? I, there is not. I don't think so. No, no. There's, we had never seen anything the likes of what we witnessed. When he, when he'd hit someone in the, in the ribs and they crumble as if they're knocked out. That's a rib shot. I used to just laugh when people would be like, oh, yeah, the, uh, you know, Tyson's going to fight Razor Ruddick or something. Like, Razor Ruddick's got the reach on him. It's like, I thought it don't fucking matter, man. It doesn't matter. Remember when they used to slow down his combos where he hit? The person would swing. He ducked both swings and hit. I was like, oh, that was on purpose. Yeah. He wasn't swinging wildly. Tyson was like, no, here's what I'm going to do to you. Dude. And he, he was just. <sighs> he was just. He was born to fight like and and so good. and fucking like you know when he was under cuz and cuz was fucking training him he was just dude there there was like there was like this mindset like if you listen to tyson talk about in interviews and like how him and cuz's relationship and i hope that's what the documentary really focuses on i hope no excuse me the biopic i hope it's i, I think it, i hope it's all about him and cuz's relationship and i think like whoever they cast as cuz has to really fucking just nail this you know absolutely dude that is the important i remember um they have to. They also have to lock down his work ethic. Yeah. Don't just do a Tyson type. No, no, no. He was a serious training machine. Yeah. Lock that in. That he wasn't. I remember they had an interview where they're like, "Why do you wake up and uh, run at two thirty in the morning?" And Tyson said, "Because the other person isn't." <sighs> Dude, that's a machine. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's a you're not beating that guy. That dude, you're not beating him. Dude, I would have watched that interview and canceled my fight. That's a definition of eye of the tiger. Yes, dude. Yes. So I, I think Jamie Foxx can do a good impersonation, a good impression. Yeah. But can you can you become Tyson like you became Ray? Oh my God! See, that's like yeah. It's like has he has has Ray has uh, Jamie Foxx ever fucking done anything as good as Ray? I love Django Unchained. We were just talking about that. It's fucking crazy. It is crazy to think has Jamie Foxx ever fucking no done no. anything. Better than Ray. Mm-mm. No, I don't think, and I don't think he will. It's not, I don't, I'm going to call it now. It is not within his grasp to do something better. Than so he's basically like, what was Gary Busey's fucking big role? Um, 
I would go. I would go Point Break. No, 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 no. But he played the musician, Buddy Holly. Buddy oh. Holly. Oh, really? He fucking didn't he win an Oscar for Buddy Holly? I think he did. Yeah. I mean, I've like never seen that, movie. that was like you know, and that that was like you know, and I know we can talk about Gary Busey and like wasn't it like a motorcycle accident or a car accident or yeah, something? Yeah, sad, dude. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, sad. But I don't Straight know. Up brain trauma. Yeah. Well, everyone has that one thing that you just never. I mean, who would have seen Nicolas Cage turning into what he is now? Mm-hmm. When he, you know, when he was Oscar winning, Oscar nominated Nicolas Cage, he just never topped that again. And he was like, well, there goes everyone has that. Look at uh, John Travolta. He had his P. Everyone has that thing. But Jamie Foxx has such a big peak that that's just it. That was such a monstrosity of a peak that you're just never going to get that. You know what turned Nicolas Cage into Nicolas Cage is the fact that motherfucker just would buy islands and houses and fucking... So weird. I'm going to buy Action Comics number one because I named my kid Kal-El. I'm going to buy this fucking... I'm going to buy... Like, like, didn't... Like, remember, he was doing, like, Michael Jackson shit where he was just buying weird shit. Like, Michael Jackson bought, like, the Elephant Man's bones and shit. And remember T... Remember remember Nicolas Cage bought the... Didn't you buy that T-Rex head? <laughs> that sounds, dude. That, you know what? I don't know if that's true, but that sounds right. I think he bought a T Rex. <laughs> he's like, he's like, walk into the foyer, check out my T Rex head. It's like, why would you even purchase that? There's no point in it. But he was. I think the first time I saw him actually be the new Nicolas Cage was Face Off. That movie and he does just never change. That movie does not age well. It's fun, dude. If, no, if you try to. <laughs> By the way, he spent 150 million on that and two castles. Right. He did, yeah. he did. Yeah. See, that's the thing. He he just spent money on so much stupid shit that he took every fucking role in Hollywood. It didn't matter what movie was popping up. Like he wasn't, you've got like actors that are very selective about what roles they're going to take in Hollywood. And like, I, I'm telling you, those actors aren't buying stupid shit. Like, dude, That's like true. fucking Nicolas Cage basically is like, he's looking through like the celebrity Sky Mall magazine and buying everything in there. You know what I mean? But, like, but isn't he's doing it like when he's on his deathbed next to a billionaire and he's broke? And the billionaire's like, well, you know, I have a jet and I have a trust fund. And Nigel Cage is like, I bought two castles and a T-Rex head. <laughs> They'll be like, you know what? Yeah. You kind of did it right. <laughs> I should have just done that. Neither neither one of them can take it with them, though. You know what I That's, mean? You make a great point. But at least yeah. he had it. He had it, two, yeah. Two castles and a T-Rex head, bro. I'm, dude, I'm never going to be able to say I owned a T-Rex head. Bruh, Listen. Listen, that's why he's doing this ridic- these ridiculous movies. Is they're like, how else am I going to buy other heads without doing these ridiculous movies? Oh my god! He had yeah. to sell all that shit though, from what I heard. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, action. Yeah. He, he had Action Comics number one at one time. Oh, he had he had yeah he had to sell that. He named his son Kal El. He's a huge Superman fan. That's why he was going to be in that Superman movie. They cast him as Superman. At one time in that '90s Superman film, yeah, wasn't that a documentary? No, it was a Tim Burton. Tim Burton's. Yeah. But I'm saying, no, I'm saying there was it, a documentary. It, yes. What did yes. You, yes. Yes. That was really good. Yes. Yeah. He looked great. I thought. 
Let's let's talk about this last fucking. Let's get out of good pop, bad pop, because I don't know. Like I don't really. I don't know what happened with this last segment. <laughs> basketball. Because we have. I know we. It was a ba- It went from basketball to boxing to T Rex heads. <laughs> can we can we break real quick? Let's yeah yeah. I feel weird because we're gonna break and then come back and do one more good pop bad pop. I wanted to knock out good pop bad pop before we break, but I don't think it's possible, Jake. What's the last good pop bad pop? Insert coin. Oh shit! I didn't watch that anyway. I can break now. Okay, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. So, All right, I'm are, on can it. you guys finish this with me? Let's do this. I'm going to go make coffee. I'll be back. All right. Insert coin. This is on video on demand right now. And Dan, didn't you point out that this is not going to be available on Apple TV or like the Apple device? Yeah. Well, as you know, we had to get, I had to get creative to watch this one. But yeah, I think it comes out on, uh, I want to say it's like the 11th or something like that. Yeah. 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 It's an, or it's called insert coin. It's a, it's a documentary. It's the oral history of a team of geeks and misfits in the back of a Chicago factory, creating the biggest video games, Mortal Kombat, NBA jam and others of all time. Uh, yeah. So this is a documentary about Williams Bally Midway and um oh my god like like we talked about the last blockbuster and the, the nostalgia there this brought me back with a ton of nostalgia because these are games that i would play for hours and i'm talking about all these games that they talked about pretty much are games that i would sit i would i would frequent the arcade and play and one of the first games that they talked about that was one of the most successful games was the video game Narc, which was like, you know, you were playing two guys with Uzis that were going around shooting drug dealers. And it was, yeah. <laughs> dude, I fucking, I played the shit out of Narc back in the day. <laughs> I remember I, that game. Dude, I like, and like, we're talking about like these, like Williams, this video game company out of Chicago. You know, I grew up in around the Peoria area, which is like, two and a half, three hours south of Chicago. So like these games hit us very early uh, at our Aladdin's castle at the, at the arcade. And I mean, all these games, every fucking, even some of the fucking Williams games that they didn't talk about in this documentary I played, you know, they talked about NBA jam. I remember playing hit the ice, which was like their hockey version of NBA jam. I would play hit the ice all the time. I was a huge fan of Hit the Ice. Um, oh my God. I, you know, I could fucking gush about this documentary, but I want to hear what you have to say, Dan. What'd you think about Insert Coin? I liked it a lot. This is one of those movies where <clears throat> I was watching it. I had a few distractions. So I do have like the skeleton of this, and I, I really need to go back and watch this again because, again, you're triggering nostalgia. Even things that weren't necessarily related to what they were talking about, they would just maybe drop like a like a reference. For instance, what I'm talking about is when they started getting into the um, the digital digitalization of body parts and things like that that you can throw into games and make them look a little more real. They had mentioned a game uh, called Journey, which is about the band Journey. I don't know if any of you guys played this game. There used to be a Seven Eleven down the street. I used to fuck this game up all the time. So it was just it was just cool to see that, like seeing like the the Tron games in the back. There's this one 7-Eleven. It was like Journey, Tron, and uh, the game called Tempest. 
So, oh see, my God, Tempest. Tempest with the, yes. The dial? Yes. Yeah, that was the good shit, man. And I just, it, it was just nice to kind of relive that again. But I learned a lot on this one because at the time I was into video games, but I, it was, I was sort of starting to, my interests were changing. You know what I mean? So like I, the Mortal Kombat thing I was totally involved in, but I missed its inception and I missed the big boom when it came out. I always appreciated it. I always knew it was a big thing, but to hear the story of how it came out and, um, you know, how it started off being like a filler game to be the next thing, like the, the uh, preceptor to narc and the whole story about like the Van Damme involvement and how he was being a dick about it. They're like, fuck Van Damme, just make your own game. And he ends up making <laughs> literally. That's what they say. I lost my shit. But he was supposed to be the Johnny Cage character. Right. They, yeah. they, you know, Johnny Cage in the game is the actor. And, you know, that knows martial arts and comes from the martial arts, you know, movies. And they wanted to get a real martial arts actor. So they asked Jean-Claude Van Damme to be. Can you imagine a world where fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme was the act like like you're playing Mortal Kombat and it does it doesn't it doesn't say it doesn't say Johnny Cage. It says JCVD up there. You're Jean-Claude Van Damme. Here's the thing, Steve. Do you think there was a tinge, a tinge of regret that Jean-Claude Van Damme did not participate in Mortal Kombat? Because by the time we're in the year 1994, Jean-Claude Van Damme is the starring role in a movie called Street Fighter. Oh, snap. He missed a missed he, opportunity. He knows he missed the boat. In Mortal Kombat, he would have been immortalized in the Mortal Kombat video game. He would have. The problem is, I don't know, because, you know, for lightning to strike, all the components have to be exactly the way they are. If he's on the game, does it take away from all the other crazy, insane characters that are on the game? Like, Dude. since Johnny Cage was just Johnny Cage, yeah. it also it brought a total spotlight on everyone. That's a wild and nutso character. If it's just Jean-Claude Van Damme, they're not paying attention to all the rest of them. They're paying attention. Like, the reason that it was so good is because all of them had a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Sub-Zero. Uh, and who knows? If you have Jean-Claude Van Damme and Johnny Cage, are you going to put as much work into Sub-Zero and Scorpion and everyone else? Or are you just going to focus on that guy what's crazy is though jean-claude van like the, the even the character of luke cage in the video game does the fucking nut punch with the splits i didn't know that yeah i did not know that. see i wasn't a big i wasn't big into mortal Kombat. i used to watch i just didn't like by the time i started playing knucklehead kids well i was a kid too knucklehead kids like me they already knew all the moves so mm. i didn't even get a chance to practice like, you'd get in there and just be killed within, what, a second and a half. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you guys are already way so far ahead of me that I'm not even going to play this thing. There's certain, you know game, there's certain games, though, that, like, the only way you get better is is playing people that are better than you. That's true. You're totally right. That's totally true. It's just Mortal Kombat didn't feel like one of those. Because they were so good, you didn't get a chance to get better. Dude, I you remember. Dude, I remember playing fucking Mortal Kombat. In grocery stores, like fucking back in the day, like they used to have video games out in the front. Like when you'd walk into like a Walmart, they used to have video games out there. I remember fucking, I remember my mom would go shopping for groceries and I'd be, I'd be playing Mortal Kombat in the grocery store. Yeah. And my, oh wait, Dan, did you rate it? Um, 
I will give it a Tupperware, actually. But the thing is, is that I'm going to enjoy listening to you guys more because I will admit that when all of this was going on, I was kind of going out of it. So to go back and watch it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And I didn't yeah. know that. And I didn't know that. But I want to hear it from the guys that were like there playing it yeah. at the time. Yeah, dude. But I, yeah, I give it a total Tupperware. It's totally for nostalgia. And I just love a good success story. I love the ups and downs. I like these, like I said earlier, these uh, lower budget documentaries that tell this amazing story of a comeuppance, something like this. And these games are still with us. They're still making Mortal Kombat games, and it's just um, it's it's gotten bigger than its own name. You know what I mean? So the fuck, please the, proceed. I, I loved when they talked about NBA Jam because like that was my game. Like that was. <laughs> NBA Jam was the game. I, I mean, I remember like it was like me and my buddy. We would go and fucking play NBA Jam, and we. I, I'm a Bulls fan, but I wasn't playing the Bulls. It was like I wanted. I I was the three point shooter, and my buddy was the fucking. He was the big man on the inside. So we'd play the Orlando Magic. He was all day. Everyone yeah. did. Everyone played Orlando Magic. I was Scott Skiles, and he was Shaq. <laughs> Everyone wanted because you remember how you would put start and whoever got to the magic first yeah and put choosing the team well then then everybody was like the dad gone it you have to pick someone else dang it yeah it was a race to the magic yes i was always playing magic and it was all about fucking Shaq just ripping down the black the backboard too all, right all day. it was so and oddly enough this is my favorite movie of the night oh that's awesome dude hey this was my favorite movie i love that when they talked about revolution x the Aerosmith, dude, all yes. the Aerosmith stuff. Yes, but it made me love Aerosmith because <laughs> even though they didn't feel like maybe they didn't feel when they got on set they were like whatever. The fact that they were willing, yeah, to just say sure, I'll fly out there even if it's just for an hour, I'll do it. I'm like that made that endeared me to them. But that's one I'm of those like, things though, Steve. Like the Aerosmith was, they even mentioned it. They were one of those bands at the time that were willing to take those risks, which yeah. is why we ended up with Walk This Way. Things like that. They were willing to love step it. out of their comfort zone to do these things. So yeah, they were totally excited about it. I, I love that scene too when they're when Joe Perry's doing the voiceover stuff and they're like telling him what to say. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. He's like, no. He's like, he's totally like, not nah, seriously. Son. Nah, son. Nah, son. I'm son. That. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like when he said that, I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, like there are artists, you know, rock artists that like that's what rock is. It's not rock. It's it's rock and roll. And like there's quotes of like, um, uh, Tom Petty saying like you can't have rock without the roll. He's like it's rock and roll, and I'm like it's crazy though to listen to like other people and they think like rock and roll just sounds like that's your dad's music. I ain't saying rock and roll. That sounds dumb. And yeah, serious uh, quick on them too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but, but he still was. The thing is, he was still in. Of course. He's like yeah. I'm not gonna say that bull crap that you're talking about. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh, is it not too? It's not cool enough for you. He's like. I'm not saying. Dude, I fucking, I loved, I don't care what anybody says, but I loved like those shooting games. Like they talked about, um, the Terminator 2 game, which was like a, a shooter. Impossible. Impossible to play. I loved it. I fucking I had a blast. It was too. so hard. Dude. I had a blast. But I love the shit. couldn't I, beat the end. I would always get to the end and you, you, you would waste so many quarters shooting the T-1000 <laughs> and just nothing would happen. It was freaking impossible, dude. But I would play like and they that. They knew it. They and knew it. I loved like Operation Wolf and it always had like that red button on the side where you had like the grenade launcher. And I love that shit. And then, uh, but I loved Revol. I thought Revolution X was a fun game. I thought it was fantastic. I loved Revolution X. Who doesn't like a tank that shoots CDs? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. What, what it shows is their level, their bad game was fun to millions. 
Yeah. They're bad one. But in like they said on the movie, they're like, look, we're our, look at our look at our level. We're talking about will anything be as good as Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam? And they're like, it's not going to happen. It's just, this is not going to happen. We happen to get those things. Not everything's going to be a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Not everything's going to be an NBA Jam. It was brilliant. And the other brilliant thing they did, Jay, that just was like, man, that's the next level. Is One of the guys were talking and he said, I was playing the game. And he said, no, you can't have someone die because of that small enemy. But if you get him to the big monster, smash TV and he bingo and he dies there, they'll say, well, that makes sense for him to be able to put his brain into a player's brain. Yeah. And be like, how are they going to interact with my art? That is what he, he's going to be successful. If you're able to put your brain into the person that's consuming your art form and figure out how they're going to interact with it, you win. You're going to win every single time. Dude, he did. and Smash TV was one of those games. Like, I remember going to Aladdin's Castle and just fucking, like, you know, like, the running man had just come out with, uh, mm-hmm. with fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. And who was the host? Who was the host? Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Yeah, like, like, we're talking about fucking, like, that movie had come out and they come out with a video game called Smash TV where you're on a game show and it's like, you've, I mean, you're going around, you're shooting shit, you're collecting cash. And I was just like, oh my God, Jake, I fucking, I couldn't tell you how many fucking hours I sat and played Smash TV at the arcade. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I love fucking Smash TV. It was so good. And Narc, dude, I wasted, bro. Because Narc was so silly. He had the biggest heroin needles in the fucking (laughs) world. They were like spears. (laughs) (laughs) It's so smart how you see how the arc of of, of, of of like history changes how they said, hey, when you hit this guy with the grenade or the rocket launcher, I could make it look real. Yeah, like the That's where everything changes. The fucking it's like, yeah, make it look real then. Fucking cool. like their limbs are blowing off and shit. Dude. I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious when they showed like they they, they dropped off the first narc video games at the arcades and the first people to play the narc video games were real drug dealers. <laughs> yeah, their faces blocked out. <laughs> you get in the car and drive for two seconds and crash that shit. Not even two seconds. Here, here's the here's the part that blew my mind is when remember when the guy said, "Hey, uh, we're getting calls that NBA Jam is broken," and they're like, "Really?" They said, that "We don't really send out broken." Oh my games. god! Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, it turns out it was just filled to the rim with quarters, and they couldn't put any more in. Yeah. Jesus, dude. What in the fuck? <laughs> that is crazy. Dude, NBA Jam was like, you didn't even fucking, you didn't even have to care about playing basketball. People that weren't even basketball fans exactly. were playing NBA Jam. And fu- exactly. they had an interview with the fucking guy that was the announcer voice in that. Dude, We like, I, I've heard this guy's voice. The majority of my life, and here I am looking at the real dude that says boom shakalaka, and I'm like, what the? Wow, this is crazy. Absolute Tupperware. Insert coin. Jake, you got to watch this, dude. You'll love it. You got to, dude. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I cannot wait. It's, and and also the uh, the announcer's like, hey, um, I had to say Pippin's name three different ways, and my (laughs) brain was like, why? But then when he explained it, I was like, oh my God. You would have to say his name different ways all the time. He's like, yeah, you gotta, and the inflection has to be different depending on what he's doing. 
Yeah. I said, man, this game is going to be, it's just all these little, just like even the knocks, even the knocks on like, get that out of here. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. And then he's on fire when he said, I'm going to, can we make a basketball on fire? And the dude said, I'm not doing that. Mm. It's so corny that I'm not going to do it for you. So he said, I went and got a, a graphics from another video game. They used the, they used the explosion from the rocket launcher in NARC. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is so crazy. To create the fire explosion in the, in the fucking NBA Jam video game, Jake. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I never knew that. That's, <laughs> that's like the most iconic thing from that game, too. It's crazy that the guy didn't want to do that. Oh my god. And when you were on fire in NBA Jam, that was Goodness. like, Oh, that was, it was just the best feeling to know that you'd fucking, you sunk three shots in a row and you were on fire. And it was like, man, dude, just light it up from the three point line, man. It's just, and, and the fact that they just said, it was like they were sitting around and they're like, hey, you know what'd be cool? If you're on fire and you just don't miss. Something as little as that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, let's put that in there. And then remember when he was saying, uh, it's iconic. Hey, we, we have a gap in between this. Uh, where we're shooting out video games, why don't you make a fighting game in that gap? And they're like, yeah, we'll throw it against some bull crap. <sighs> and it's just Mortal Kombat, dude. Which is like, like, seriously, like, <laughs> think about like what just came out. Mortal Kombat 11. And who can you play in Mortal Kombat 11? Of course, all the classic characters. Mm-hmm. But like on the top of that, dude, you can fucking, you can be Rambo, you can be Robocop, you can be Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Terminator. Spawn too, right? Spawn? Are you fucking kidding me? Like this, like, like Mortal Kombat, and there's tournaments, insane tournaments that they have. I remember fucking getting on Twitch last year and fucking watching like insane, the Joker, the, the, <laughs> the Joker. You can play the Joker in Mortal Kombat 11, man. It's, it's crazy. Such a it's, game. it's such a random thing to come out of a, and I gotta give it to the, the, the CEO guy where he's just like, no, this game's really good. Keep with this. Cause yeah. he could have just been like, yeah, shoot it out there. He saw, oh, this game could be really cool. Go ahead and keep working on that. And the, the, the mechanisms, Jake, they show how they put together the actual, uh, like the actual people and the, the fight mechanics. And the person that mm. was actually one of the actors were actually cleaning up with them in the beginning because they're like, oh, we're just going to do this thing real quick. And who knew? That it was going to turn out to be one of the biggest games in history. I think it's hilarious that the actor that played Sonya Blade did not want to do a fatality. She didn't want to do a fatality that like was like bloody and gruesome. So they gave her they they gave her that kiss of death. You know what I mean? It's weird. <laughs> and I I love the fact that they were just like like who comes up with like right now fatalities are normal thoughts yeah like oh yeah you just do that but someone said what if they sat there swaying for a while and the person had a chance to finish them off yeah and they that thought they thought it's so crazy dude they thought nobody would be able to figure out these fatalities yeah wrong again buddy had that shit down before <laughs> the first 10 minutes or something like that <laughs> I remember like figuring out how like how to do like my first fatalities and I think it was definitely because I was reading like electronic gaming uh monthly and game pro and shit like that but I remember performing like my first fatality and having it work and just like oh my god dude. I got to do them all I got to do them dude. all Dude the first one I learned was scorpions Oh uh, when you rip off the fucking mask and you fucking and light easy, them up it was the easiest one. Yeah yeah, yeah. The easiest one Yeah 
Oh, dude, what a great... And it's yeah, just, but when you fucking... Like, when you're Sub-Zero and you rip their spine out of their fucking... Listen, <laughs> listen. It's, and it's little things like that that made this my favorite movie of the night. Like, I loved I, the it. The whole movie, I could have just watched it again. Yeah. I could have started all over again because I was like, okay, well, now it's going to be on the other side of the hill. It's going to be boring. And then they get to cruise in USA. I said, oh, my God, I used to play that, too. Yes. Dude, and they were – dude, I couldn't believe, like, they were knocking that game like it was, like, a piece of shit. And I was just like, what are you talking about? I loved cruise in USA. <laughs> I every, oh, I had to God, you hit the deer, the deer body parts exploding all over the place. It's so good, dude. I loved it. Now, I didn't know anything about War of the Gods. I, never- I didn't either. That was the first I've ever heard of War of the Gods. But it definitely was a. I can see why the Mortal Kombat people were pretty pissed. Yeah, yeah. It was Mortal Kombat. Hey, out of curiosity, did anybody play when they played NBA Jam? Did they do the Derby guy? I didn't. I never played I, him. Yeah, I never, never even knew he existed. No, I never played him. I just, I remember we played. That was the game that we played from the beginning. As I, soon as Mortal, uh, the NBA Jam came out, we all played it. I just remember like all the different codes that you could put in, and you could have like the big heads, and then you could have. <laughs> I remember like the codes you could put in. They had Al Gore and Bill Clinton with sunglasses on and shit. Oh, and that's like, so cool. There was so many different codes that you could put in and play as different people. Um, I totally forgot that they had uh, introduced the Mortal Kombat characters into those as well. So did I. And I did. Now tell me this because NBA I was, wasn't having it, right? Weren't they? Weren't yeah, the NBA it. did not want a part of it. NBA didn't even want to put their name on a game, though, Dan. At first, I mean, before this, we were getting games like, um, uh, what Double was Dribble. Double Dribble and Arch Rivals. Uh-huh. We weren't, Arch we, Rivals. Yeah, there was nothing that had, uh, the NBA logo on it. I remember playing, uh, Jordan versus Bird. That game was a pile of shit, dude. Do you remember yeah, that? That was. If you wanted to play as Michael Jordan, you had to play Jordan versus Bird, and it was a one-on-one game. Fuck that game. That game was bullshit. Yeah, it was pretty weak. It was pretty. It had that soft. weird top-down aspect ratio that made it real shitty. I hated it. One thing I love, uh, Jake would love this. They got you know how you when you're playing NBA Jam and the heads are looking different ways. They had to pause VHSs of, of NBA games <laughs> to get the right <laughs> angles for the players. They just paused at a grip of different levels to be like, all right, that's one of him looking down. Yeah, that's one of him looking up. I was like, dude, that would have been so time-consuming. They could, they could not get the players all to come in and do this for them. You know what I mean? It wasn't like Mortal Kombat where they hired these actors to come in and do these moves. They couldn't get, like, it's not like you could get Gary Payton and the Rain Man to come in and fuck Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> More importantly, they're, like, making this shit up on the fly. They're on innovating the this fly. stuff that, that stayed in video games forever yeah. in one way, shape, or form. But yeah. these guys were fucking just brilliant, the stuff that they did. I mean, just oh, was- just... Guys like you and me hanging out, you know, nerds that know how to work and fucking work with computers and shit like that, and they make these amazing games. What was that guy's name, Ryan? The uh, the one they called the Godfather? Termel. Yeah, that, I mean yeah. that fucking guy. Just the brains on these people at that time, man. It's it, that's something that's really shouldn't be overlooked because. You know, I think a lot of people just sort of appreciate these things as all as always being there. But these things had to be created. And that, for me, was something that I really found interesting. It's like making something out of nothing is always fascinating. Dude, we talked – God, this, this fucking episode, it's all nostalgia, this episode so far, as far as good pop. Really? I, <laughs> I mean, because we talked about, like, the experience of going to, like, you know, the Blockbuster and the video store. And it's like there there is no arcade experience. It's th- – th- there's nothing like that anymore. 
No, not at all. Not at all. Not even close. <laughs> Nothing. I remember, I dude. I remember going to the arcade and having my first experience of playing Street Fighter Two. I'm I'm we're, I'm talking about 1991. I'm 13 years old, and I'm fucking playing uh, Street Fighter Two, and I pick Ryu, and I'm going up against this dude who fucking he been playing Guile, and, <laughs> and dude, this guy fucking scissor kicks me, and then fucking hits me with the sonic boom, and I'm just like I'm done. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And from that point on, it was like, I have to learn how to do a sonic boom. I have to do, I have to learn how to do a scissor kick. And so I just sat back and watched this guy play. And it's like, oh, that's how you're doing it. That's the combo. Okay. 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 What I didn't know is when you jump, do the, when you do that, um, scissor kick, I didn't know you could start pushing down. As soon as you get up, as soon as you jump and start pushing down, when you land, you can immediately do it. I had no clue. Yeah. Until a friend of mine was like, yeah, just when you're in the middle of one move, start doing the other one. Mm-hmm. And the, the computer will just start. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this, dude, this is before fucking Killer Instinct came out for the Super exactly. Nintendo. And Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo was actually showing you how to do combo moves. Which is trash. And they'd be like, 44 hit combo. Yeah, 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 this yeah. This jive. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I did not like that. <laughs> that got even more ridiculous once you started doing all the Marvel versus Capcom stuff. Oh, God. Where you're, like, tagging dudes in to, like, do, like, 200 hit combos. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Now, uh, there's a part that they were talking about. I did not know this because I only had Sega. I did not know the Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat had no blood. Oh, yeah. dude, it was dude, still dude, dude. It was, was fuck that, yeah. Jake. Bullshit. It was still better. Bullshit. Both right now. No, 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 dude, the dude, dude. were better. The uh-uh. movement was better. I had the detection. Was dude, better. I had Sega CD, fucking Mortal Kombat, and that was the best that there was. I, 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 I fucking Genesis and Super Nintendo, Sega CD aside, the Super Nintendo was hands well, down. Well, fuck, I, dude, I didn't, I, I fucking, I did, see, here's the thing. With this, with the Super Nintendo, you got that fucking gray sweat that fucking popped off of them, okay? With the, <laughs> that looks so bad. With Robert. the Genesis, so bad. with the Genesis, you had to put in a code. And you know what? I was just like, you know what? If I want Mortal Kombat, I want to play it on the fucking system that has the best graphics and you don't have to fucking put in a blood code. And so I had a Sega CD and that's how I played fucking Mortal Kombat. And if you took the game and you put it in your CD player in your car, you could fucking listen to the, you could listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> Which everyone did, of course. Uh, but dude, I was fucking, I was fucking. We never really got the arcade experience though until PlayStation One, where it was like we legit were playing the arcade. Oh my game. god! Um, yeah, like oh, it, dude, no question. And that's something to bring up too. It's like, um, you know, towards the end of the movie, and they start talking about that how they just had sort of done their run. Yeah, you know, the, these new up and comers were coming out, and they just couldn't compete with it. And that's just sort of how everything sort of stopped for them. But yeah, yeah, man, just a great story. Really smart. I look, the, it's going off what Dan said. It's so true. How everything is now uh, just like they did in the last blockbuster, where they're like, "Hey, some movie theaters are not, or movie uh, companies are not going to transfer their movies mm. onto DVD." That's yeah. where it all stops. Then. And I'm like, oh, yeah, these little arcade companies, there's no part of them even making arcade games anymore because we're not going to play them. We're not going anywhere, period. So they're not going to even make an arcade version of their game. And I'm like, yeah, it's over. There is no – we're only going to have nostalgia from here 
on, dude. Yeah. It's over. It's, it's, dude, it's all fucking, it's all consoles now. And exactly. You know, like if you want to play like these old arcade games, I guess you could get on like eBay and buy like one of these like Raspberry Pi kits and shit and play like all these old games. There's a bunch of old games that I haven't played in years that you can only get on some of like these fucking like Raspberry Pi fucking kits and shit. They got those emulators those too that you can play on your like an iPad or something. It's not the same, obviously. It's not. But the you same. can, in fact, play those games. Yeah. Well, I think the Raspberry Pi is the way. If you have a child, just get. I mean, it's great to get them to know how to do the stuff that we're seeing on this documentary. Learn how to do these and be like, oh, I'm making this. But even though it's kind of plug and play, though, it's not really a super hard. But I would love to see if I could see an arcade situation come back again. I would love it. But when you have a console that if you have a freaking uh, a projector screen. If I had to choose between playing Mortal Kombat on a PS5 and a and going to the arcade, I would choose the PS5 on a projector screen all day long. Mm. It's not close, and it sucks. Yeah, but it's not now. Mind you, how stuff like House of the Dead, I would still play all day long. There's nothing that's going to match that because you have the gun stuff like Terminator 2. You're never going to get anything like that at your house, so you could still make something like that. Yeah, it's like you gotta have that gun, that physical gun that you're holding. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Guys, let's take a quick break. We'll take a break. We're gonna come back and we've got news. Cool. Sounds good. Hey, we are back. We are done with Jake. Do you wanted to talk? Fuck, we're not done. Did you want it? You had something that you wanted to talk about. And go oh, pop we back. could do it next week. Let's move on to the new. <laughs> it'll it'll still exist next week. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you know what? I've been wanting to watch is 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 it that new Ted Dance thing, the Mister Mayor thing? Oh, I don't know anything about that. Ted Dance is doing. A, he's doing a Peacock show called Mister Mayor. I think. I haven't watched it yet either. Peacock. All right, let's move on. Uh, Peak. I know. What a stupid fucking name. Jesus Peacock. Christ. And here's, the, here's every ad. Hey, guys, the office is over here. I'm like, okay, we got it. We got it. You guys have the office. I know. Which is you, one of my favorite shows, but Jesus Christ. Just hang your hat on the office, you <laughs> fucking pussholes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get by on the office! <laughs> You gotta give us more than the office and the Save by the Bell reboot and the new Punky Brewster bullshit. Okay. Punky Brewster? Punky Brewster's coming back, dude. With her? With, yeah, Punky. Punky's adult. coming back and then adult Sherry and then she's fucking, I think she's dating, uh, what's his name? Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh my god, yeah. that sounds kinda good! Punky Brewster's coming back in February. Here's the fucked up thing, Steve. I did a complete Punky Brewster rewatch last year <laughs> why got such dedication <laughs> why dude here's the thing steve i'm gonna get into this here let's let's jump into the let's jump into the pop culture leftovers news hold on hear ye, hear ye, read all- 
all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. So I go back and I watch all these fucking old sitcoms from my childhood because it just makes me feel good. I, I like to watch this shit before I go to bed. I do a lot of family matters. I do a lot of growing pains. But most recently, I've been watching Family Ties on <clears throat> on Pluto TV. And they do this. Uh, I was watching this episode and they do this thing that they do in a lot of like 80s and 90s sitcoms where like they've got the teenage kid that isn't ready for sex, but they're still thinking about it. Fucking, you know what I mean? Like they're still thinking about like, am I going to put my dick in this other underage kid or am I going to let this other underage kid put their dick inside of me? It's like this whole fucking episode about that. So in this episode of Family Ties, it's Mallory, who's the mid child so you got Alex and then you got what is there Stephanie and then in the middle you got Mallory and she's 16 and she's dating this older guy I think she, he's like 18 and he wants to go all the way and like by the time this episode is over Mallory is like disgusted with everyone. She's talked about like this guy, um, you know, like fucking her. Like, should we fuck? And, uh, she's talked about like friends and family members. Like she's talked to everybody about it. And, and, she, but by the end of it, she decides that she's not going to break off a piece of that ass for like this guy, Ted or Chet or whatever the fuck his name is. And like, here's the thing. And so like, she's like, I'm not going to fuck him. I'm going to say, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. Here's the thing. Why does it always have to be fucking like vaginal penetration? Why can't like, like, why can't she get with like this guy and be like, you know, I'm not ready to do that. And then like he fucking, you know, like this guy fucking throws it out there like a fucking, like a champ, like a fucking, like this guy is like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just give me a handy. (laughs) Yeah, a little handy J. Why, you know, why do they, why do they, thank you. Why do they have to fucking, why does it have to be like all the way? Oh, we gotta go all the way. Everything's so extreme, right? Everything, the it, they just had to scare you all the time. Everything was about pregnancy and, and drug overdose. I know. Just throw a handy J or a blowy at Yeah. It. Why can't you just fucking blow this guy or give him a fucking handy? Like, blow dude. Him for Pete's sake. No shit. Well, like, here's the thing. <laughs> dude, that would have fucking, what, what would she, what would Mallory would have done? What would she would have done if he was like, oh, that's fine. I really like you. Eh, just give me a hand job. Would you, yeah. What's the a what's plus B equals C, right? What's the fucking what's yeah. the, you don't have to go all the way penetration. What's it? What's old? What's this? What's this fucking old fashioned motherfucker with his? Come on, getting off is getting off, right? It's true, and Amen. I never had the conversation where it's just like we should go all the way. No, it just happens. It, just, it might be because I'm a G. But dude, I really just have it for me. If you have no, dude, you're absolutely right. If you have that, if you have that conversation, you're fucking beforehand. You're talking yourself out of it. You just got to do it. You, you got to do it. You're talking yourself out of it if you have that conversation beforehand. She knows whether she wants to do it with you or not. Right. That. Right. Right. Especially Mallory. We're talking about Mallory. We're talking about Mallory here. <laughs> She knows what she wants to do with that ass. She ain't giving. Hey, hey, she's a Keaton, though, Steve. She knows. That's true. She is Malari Keaton. Oh man, guys! Quick news. Quick news here from IndieWire. Uh, this is very quick news. I, I, I'm very excited about this. Alex Garland and A24 reuniting after Ex Machina for new film. Jesse Buckley 
Idastar. Per deadline, Buckley's deal is not closed yet, but is headed in the right direction. Besides directing Garland, pen the script to the untitled project. Scott Rudin, who produced his pre- previous projects, returns as producer. As for Buckley, sources tell Deadline Garland met with talent for the part last year, and the part quickly became one of the sought-after parts for some of the town's rising stars. Uh, Buckley would eventually land the role, and Garland is now looking to find her co-star. I don't know about you, but I'm a huge fan of um, – Dan, have you ever seen Ex Machina? Jake, I know you're a huge fan of Ex Machina. Oh, yeah, it's great. I've seen it. Steve, have you seen Ex Machina? Yes, sir. Really good. Dude, dude, uh, this is Jesse Buckley from Taboo. Um, I, I'm a huge Jesse Buckley fan. I think she is fucking phenomenal to see her tied, uh, with, uh, with Alex Garland here doing an A24 film. I don't even know what it's about, but I Tupperware this news. I, I hope this happens. This sounds amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to see this all for it. Oh my God. Yeah. News from Dark Horizons here. It's official. Roku has bought exclusive global rights to the portfolio of Jeffrey Katzenberg's recently shuttered mobile streaming service, Quibi. I saw that. Yeah. What? It lives. It gets another chance. So all the Quibi fucking content is going to go to the Roku channel, apparently. It looks like. What? Are they still going to keep it in the 10 minute bites or whatever? Dude, I don't know. Yeah, that, that seems ridiculous, right? I never really latched onto the concept. I mean, I realized that, and we—I know you guys have talked about this, you know, ad nauseum. But I realized why they did it, when they did it, and why it didn't work because of what happened last year. But sure. I just don't understand why they want to keep it going. But apparently, Roku knows something we don't. So, what is Ro- interesting? So- what is Roku? Are we finally going to be able to see the Spielberg After Dark thing? It sounds like it. It's they're buying the they're buying the the financial terms were not disclosed, but the acquisition covers most of the Quibi library. Uh, the exception includes some daily news shows. So yes, it sounds like the Antoine Fuqua, the Steven Spielberg stuff will probably most likely be going to uh, Roku. This is insane. This are they, is insane. Are we going to get season twos, twos for some of these shows? Like, are we going to start getting Roku original programming? Like, Roku, as far as I know, like, I have a Roku. I have two Rokus, to be quite honest with you. Roku. Rokai. Rokai. <laughs> That's just one. Yes. And when you have two Rokus, you've got Rokai. I have, I have, I have, two, I have Rokai. They, they talk to each other. It's cute. It's like watching, it's like watching Furby get together for the first time and talking. It's, it's, it's cute. But, um, so anyway, like, so you can watch like, typically like the Roku channel, you go there, you can watch like, oh wow, we've got the old, the, we've got the old Robocop TV series there. Oh, do you, would, are, do you want to watch seasons Four and seven of Benson. Well, we we've got them here. <laughs> Four and seven. Yes, yeah. Are you a fan of Robert Guillaume, but only in Benson seasons four and seven? Well, <laughs> welcome to Roku. We're, we're, seriously, like like that's what Roku and like they, they got like you know like, like, facts of life. They might have seasons seven and nine. 
Uh, it's all over the place with Roku. You never know what you're going to get. Like I watched like, um, you might, you might be able to get like that one season of the crow that ended up on spike network for six months. You, you know, you never know. You might get like the, what was it? The L Ray from dust till dawn series that lasted seven episodes or something. It might show up on Roku. You never know what you're going to get on Roku. And now are we going to get, is Roku going to start having a Roku original programming where they continue some of these series with For a se- sure. with uh, really you think so? For sure. Oh, there's because I, they got. I, I, I disagree. They have Reno nine one one. They're going to continue that. Reno nine one one was originally on Quibi, so you think that they're going to continue on Roku? Absolutely. No, because that's a money. That's um. That's enough for this box. They're going to be able to make money off that. It wasn't enough for fucking Quibi to make money. Because they have, you see how many shows? You could only watch it on your fucking phone, though, Jake. (laughs) I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. I I think they just bought it to have the library of shows that already exist. I doubt they'll continue any of this stuff. Dude, you think that they bought it on the cheap, right? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, probably so. It was, they have to actually follow the same model, though. No. Because there were some good shows. What was that one, uh, when the street, streetlights go down or something yeah, like that? That wasn't yeah. a bad it show. It wasn't bad. I watched the whole thing of that, Dan, and it wasn't yeah. terrible. Yeah. See? Like I these little 10 it. minute bites, man. I'm just not buying that shit. And that was what's, that's what turned me off in the first place. So maybe they can change the model up a bit. They have original content that they can already expand on. It's possible. And it seems to me like, why would you just, why would you just buy that? You know that it failed. Why would you buy that? You obviously have some kind of, you know, you want to use it like a springboard or something for something else. I don't, I just don't understand the logic of just buying it for the sake of buying it. It's just more content that they can just plug on their service. That, that's all. I mean, I'm sure they didn't pay much for it. And I mean, I doubt they even say these shows were Quibi shows on their service. Probably not. I mean, but again, well, I- it's not like, it's not like fucking Netflix is saying like, yeah, check out fucking Cobra Kai. YouTube red content like there it's all like they are they basically Cobra Kai is now Netflix seasons one and two is all Netflix originals hmm. right well then yeah then that that they definitely didn't they're not gonna stop something like Reno 911 then it's how much do you think it really costs to produce that show oh dude like nothing not a lot yeah yeah. And the revenue is going to be because people love. I'm not a big fan, but I know everyone I know that likes that show loves that show. I'm I'm one of those people, Steve. See, I love so you know I love me some Reno Nine One One, man. <laughs> like a new boot there. goofing. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Uh, no, just just a just a pull. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not inside, worth it. Inside, inside, my bad, inside. My bad. It's an inside Reno Nine One One shit you don't know about, Steve. Oh, my bad. I, for me, I can't wait to see Quibi's next season of hashtag Free Ray Sean. That looks amazing. I didn't. Did, did, did that get released on Quibi? I'm just joking. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> oh, see. He's going to watch even from the name of it. Yeah, I'm I had. not watching hashtag Free Ray Sean. <laughs> Guess what I'm not doing. Dude, today. no. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck you. That was my anthem for 2020. Oh, free radio. I didn't know hashtag free radio was your. Okay, cool. That was my, dude, that was my, that was my 2020 right there. You summed it up, dude. Free, free Rayshawn. I think you did it. So I think we should lock up Rayshawn. Oh my God. We are going to, we are going to go fist the cuffs right now, Steve. Fist the cuffs. Yeah, but anyway. Duke's my good man. It's, uh. There's a show called Agua Donkeys. 
We need to stop. It's over. Quibi needs to just shut down. Dude, there's a show called Aqua Donkeys. Spoiler, they did. <laughs> You're right. Agua, Agua Donkeys. Oh, my God. That's a great group name. The next bit of the news I have, let's move on from that. That was, fuck, oh, my God. Quibi has second life. So there you go, people. For all you people that were, like, big Quibi fans, you're going to get more Quibi content. So there you go. Just buy yourself a fucking Roku. Uh, this next bit of news comes from Bleeding Cool. And uh, it's confirmed Michael B. Jordan will direct Creed 3. Mm-hmm. There were rumors back in October yeah, well, wow. that wow, yeah, uh, there were rumors back in October that Jordan would be directing the third movie, but nothing was confirmed. Thompson, who is currently doing press for her new movie on Amazon Prime called Sylvie's Love and MTV News, asked her about the third movie, and she did confirm that Jordan is directing Creed three while poking fun at his sexiest man alive title. "Quote: He is directing the next Creed." So it's going to be ammo, I think, for me when he is engaging with me as a director. I'm just going to tell him to dial down the sexiness. But we, you know, we're not going to make it until later in the year. I don't know if he's still going to be the sexiest man alive in six months. So making little jokes mm-hmm. there. Tessa Thompson, she she ought to go and poking some fun. She's poking some fun. She ought to you be know. a she ought to be a stand up comic. She's fucking oh my god. She's yanking she, on his balls a little bit. That's she, all. She's racking them up and knocking them down there with the laughs. Um, <laughs> hey, do you do you think that uh, mm. Stallone will be in this one? I know you weren't a big fan of two, but do you think Stallone will come back and and maybe Creed can uh, can make you happy again? Oh, dude, here's the thing: if Stallone comes back, is he going to come back as Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, or is he going to come back as a fucking name on a tombstone? Ooh, no! Don't don't even say that, man. But it's possible. Like I, I really, I think we might have talked about this once before. But I really think that Rocky should die on screen. He should die on screen. I yeah. hate, I hate to think about it, but he should. Oh, I'm such a fucking sap for these movies. I was laughing with my wife the other day, and I was telling her about. Uh, I was doing the the uh, basically the impression of when Mickey dies in Rocky Three, mm-hmm. that whole scene. She's like, I don't get it. Whatever, what the fuck are you talking about? So I go, No, 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 really. Like it's it, it hits hard. Watch. So I played it. And I'm such a fucking sap, Brian. Rocky movies make me fucking cry. I don't know, I know. why I do, found do, myself crying. Do not feel bad for that. Like, I listened to your episode where you talked about Creed 2. I was not a fan. But, like, you have this connection with the Rocky movies when it comes to your father. Yeah, that's what it is. And, dude, listening to you talk about that, I loved hearing about your connection with your father in the rocking movies more than I loved watching that movie, to be quite honest <laughs> with you, Dan. And I'm, I'm, I'm not even, that's not, I'm not even joking right now. Like, like that, that hit me. But, and I wish I would have loved that movie more. I, my problem with the second Creed movie was the fact that they got a, they brought in a different director and I feel like the director was not filming the fight choreography as well as Ryan Coogler did in the first movie. Yeah, I got to agree with you. In retrospect, after, you know, a good four or five viewings, you're totally right about that. But here's the thing. Is Michael B. Jordan the right choice for director on this? I don't think we're going to know until we see the movie. I would personally, I would rather it be Sylvester Stallone directing the movie. Agreed. 
I don't really know enough about his directing I, skills. You uh, do know skills. you uh, about Michael B. Jordan's or or, or, yeah, or Michael so, B. Jordan's. I don't I know no, nothing. I have no clue, but I know about what fucking Sylvester Stallone's done. Oh, for sure. Rocky, yeah. Rocky two, Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky Balboa. This guy, I think he's a fantastic. I think I think Stallone's a fantastic director. But here's the thing. I think that he'll be involved in this, and he could even be like second unit director. I think he's going to be involved. So hopefully, you never know. You never know. Like like we all could have laughed at the fact of fucking like um, Ben Affleck directing a movie, right? And then we get what do we get? We get with Ben Affleck directing movies, the town, the town. Fucking like, dude, the fucking he can direct Argo. Are you That's kidding true. me? Are you kidding me? So we'll see what Michael B. Jordan can do. I'm I'm gonna reserve judgment. That's fair. I think I think we I think we could all agree that it'll take a while to see if Michael B. directing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm hoping that it's better than fucking Creed Two, in my opinion, because like. Okay, but you don't. I thought they picked for Creed Two, dude. The one thing I will say is they cast Drago's son. Holy cow. I thought that was Drago's. I was like, that could be Drago's son for real. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point, Stephen, for Brian specifically. That's uh-huh. incredible. So we're talking about nostalgia this whole episode. Yeah. That didn't do anything for you, but like Karate Kid does. Or did it do something for you? And it just was the whole, the movie as a whole. I love the, I love the fact that they brought in Drago's son for Creed 2. Absolutely. So yeah. And then their interaction. Like there was that family scene I remember at the table. I was like, "Oh, I- dude, yeah, man." There's the the fucking scene with fucking Sylvester Stallone sitting down with Drago again. Come on, nah, dude. I'm not. That's I'm not taking by it. itself. It's the fight choreography, man. That's dude. That's the thing, though. With a Rocky movie, you have to have the amazing fight choreography. And when you're talking about, go back to Rocky. The movie itself and how amazing and how revolutionary that fight choreography was in that film. There's a documentary and I, I fucking, Jake, you remember when we reviewed that Rocky documentary? Oh, I've been wanting to see that. Oh yeah. Dude, it's, it's only 30 minutes, Dan, and you can buy it on fucking Apple for like cheap two bucks or whatever the fuck. Dude, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But that's the thing. They they wanted to fight. They wanted to film these fights different than any other boxing movie had ever been done. I I just I feel like Ryan Coogler, that guy got it. Anytime you get Ryan Coogler working with Michael B. Jordan, and I'm talking about Fruitvale Station, great movie. Anytime you got Michael Coogler and fuck it, Ryan Coogler, guy can't get away from Michael B. Jordan. He loved working with him. He brought him in for Black Panther doing the Killmonger. You know, yeah, so. I, but I also think that it depends on, like, for instance, like Cry Kid, the emotions hit you harder knowing because the fight choreography wasn't great. Yeah. But the emotional yeah. input, yes. the emotional pull of that move, that move show definitely pulled you in because the original Cry Kid relied a lot on the choreography and all that kind mm. of stuff. But The Rock, what they did with uh, Creed 2 is they're like, Maybe the choreography is not as good, but the emotional pull is going to overwhelm it like a Cobra Kai did. Yeah. Like you're going to be so invested that you're not going to worry about, hey, that punch looked off. You're going to be thinking, man, this is Drago's son. This is – and the way they began Creed 2, you thought normally you begin a movie in a certain way. It didn't do that. 
You're like, Jesus. Yeah. And it was about him trying to be like, you know what? I'm going to stand up again. I have to do it again. I mean, come on. (sighs) (sighs) I don't, dude, I'm just saying there's definitely a difference in directorial style from Ryan Ryan Cooler to the the next guy that they got. And I forgot. What did you rate that? Oh God, I'm trying to think like I, I wanted, it definitely wasn't a high taste. It was at least a low taste it or a taste it. I was not a fan, man. I'm sorry. I like, think you tasted it. Yeah, I might have tasted it. What did you it. rate it, Jake? Jake hasn't seen it, I, I have, think. I haven't even seen it. How dare. I know, yeah. dude. I fucking try to get this guy to watch so many things and, like, trying to get Jake to watch certain things. It's hard. He's, it's like, hard. not having it. He's not having it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I chose wisely. Creed, Creed 2 sounds like it blows. Yeah, but you need to watch, I, you need to watch Creed. Have you watched Creed? <laughs> Creed 2 is on if you want to watch Creed 2 it's on Epics. And I'm just, I'm just not into Christian rock like that. Oh okay. All right. Arms wide open. Arms wide open. Under the say, sunlight. Like, if you if you uh like in order to be a good director you have to be around good directors. Look at who Michael B Jordan Michael B Jordan has been around. Ryan Coogler. And Sylvester Stallone. True. These yeah. are two people who is, he's been influenced by. And I have a feeling the fact that he took this on is because I think I can do it. What they're doing, I can probably do that. And let's not forget, he was around Beast during The Wire. He saw directing happening. Mm-hmm. He was around Josh Trank. Oh, crap. <laughs> 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 the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, great point. Yeah, he's got better film on teeth. <laughs> oh God, damn it! You know what? Fucking uh, Michael B. Jordan going back to Friday Night Lights, Steve. Oh Jesus, Jake. dude! Come on, dude, dude. <laughs> I, you know, like I loved. You remember Smash? Oh, Smash, the, the, the third person. Smash, don't talk about nobody like that. Smash, Dude, come on. I love Smash. I didn't think that anybody could be able to replace Smash. And then we got fucking, uh, what's it, Journey Smollett-Bell. And then fucking, uh, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan in, you know, like the latter seasons of uh, Friday Night Lights. They were, they were fucking phenomenal. And the way, the swag that Michael B. Jordan had with the football. Yeah. How we carried it and threw it. I'm like, that's a quarterback. Dude. He is a quarterback. Aldous Hodge as Voodoo. Oh, dude. Come on, bro. <laughs> has that guy, has that guy not fucking, that guy, like, if you were to, if you were to go back and you're watching Friday Night Lights, you're thinking to yourself, oh my god, Taylor Kitsch is gonna have an amazing Hollywood career. But Listen. Who has? Listen. Who has? Who, Aldous Hodge is killing it, right? He's, he was, I didn't even put it together in Invisible Man. Dude. I was like, I know him from somewhere. Brian Banks. Like Brian Banks. Have you seen Brian Banks? I have not seen that. Watch Brian Banks. I saw the I saw the the cover of it. I'm like, oh, that's my boy. Mm-hmm. He also does uh he also does a, a series on Showtime with Kevin Bacon. Um, I can't, the name I is. I didn't ex- even know Kevin Bacon had a series. Yeah, Kevin Bacon has a series. Um, it's on Showtime. It's with Aldous Hodge, and um, I, the name escapes me right now. But it is getting a season two. 
And I'm uh, on it. I'm gonna, I have a Showtime subscription. And so I, that's one of those shows that I, that I need to start watching. I think Aldous Hodge is fantastic. Here's the thing. I, what I love when I listen to Heroes of Noise is like every once in a while, Steve Hudson will fucking speak my language. And you were saying like, Taylor Kitsch is so good and like, and, and dude, I agree with you. He just hasn't gotten the right fucking roles. You were talking about how he was good in John Carter. And I was like, he I, was. dude, I fucking love John Carter. It's just the yeah, problem. The problem is that Disney named a movie John Carter. Exactly. <laughs> I think the most mad I was at the end of the movie, I said, cause my son said, you're actually going to like this movie. I watched it. At the end, I was more mad at Disney yeah. because I wasn't going to get a sequel. Yeah, That's dude. That's what made me mad they, I'm like, this could go so many places. Well, it's based on a fucking like uh, – I mean that character came out before Superman came out. I did not know that. Yes, that that character came out before Superman. It's a very old character. Um, comic books have been going on about this character for a long time. I don't know if it was maybe it was Dynamite was doing the comic books for John Carter, but there was a John Carter from Mars comic book that went on for a long time, and I think it was Dynamite that had the the property for a while. I'm a big fan of John Carter. I'm a big fan of Taylor Kitsch. I think Taylor Kitsch is a phenomenal actor. I loved him as David Koresh in the the Waco series on Paramount Network. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, he was, good. Oh, he was great in that. He was even good in Assassins. That movie Assassins, he was fantastic. Thank you. Fucking fantastic. He was great. Yeah. He's he's really good. I just don't think that he's gotten Dude, and it's like it's like it's like I was super excited for him to be Gambit in the Wolverine oh, movie and then that movie just turned out to be garbage. But I will say, whoever his agent is, every new freaking actor, try to get his agent. Because he's really, or she's really good. She gets well, him in everything. They're puts like, in work. They're like, <laughs> he puts in work. What was that? What was that fucking, um, Matthew McConaughey series on HBO with, uh, uh Woody Harrelson? And, the, oh, True Detective. Detective True yeah, Detective. True Detective. They, they were like, what? Okay. They were like, that series fucking rejuvenated. Matthew McConaughey, we had the McConaissance after that. Matthew McConaughey was huge after that. And so then they were like, you know what? Let's fucking give Taylor Kitsch that same treatment. And they put him in True Detective Season 2, which turned out to be garbage. With, because of Vince Vaughn, dude. If Vince Vaughn, because that's the one with Vince Vaughn, right? I yeah, think Vince you're right. Yeah. Total garbage. yeah, that's the thing. If it would have just been circled around a dip, because people when they see Vince Vaughn, it's now a Vince Vaughn vehicle. That's what it is now. Everyone else kind of oh, not involved. But Dan, you'll agree with me. Vince Vaughn was amazing and freaky. Fuck yeah! I was just about to say I love it. That's that's the Vince Vaughn I love right there. Yeah, and I don't know if we'll get to see that much more, but. He was completely back for that. Movie. Did you want like a what? fucking self parody of himself these days? Like, go make another fucking Christmas movie, Vince Vaughn. You're not wrong, yeah. Jake. That's the thing. But for whatever reason, they were able to like really tap that old school Vince Vaughn for this one. It's yes. not the comedy part of it, but it's like okay, what was the what was the fucking he, what, the prison movie that he was in? Was it? Uh, oh, it was from the fucking the Bone Haw. Was it Bone Saw Tomahawk or whatever? The makers of that made a fucking Vince Vaughn movie. Remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that? Or yeah. nine cell block nine cell, or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, that was fucking brutal. So and the thing is, like, he used to make like I love. Have y'all seen Made? 
Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was amazing in that movie. because They were both like, fantastic. They were both incredible. If he does something like that again, people are going to remember who he was. Oh, even, like, Diddy, oh, even Diddy was good in that movie. Oh, Sean Puffy oh, yeah, Combs. Sean Puffy Combs was great and made. But that, that, that was the follow-up to fucking Swingers. It was different. Here's the thing. Um... Did you ever see the John Favreau movie where he played Rocky Marciano? No. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. No, I didn't know Johnny Favreau ever played. Yeah. IMDb for this one. Yes. I, this what? might this might be another movie that never made it over to DVD or Blu-ray. But yes, John Favreau was in fucking incredible shape. He bulked up and he played boxer Rocky Marciano. In a movie, and I think it was just called, I think it was called Rocky Marciano. It is called, it's 1999. It's a fantastic movie. He looks great. He is, he's a monster in that movie, dude. Damn, he's ripped. Yes, yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Go to the Just Watch app. If you don't have Just Watch, Just Watch is a fantastic app. You can basically type in any movie and you can find out if it's streaming somewhere. That's where I go on a daily, I go, I go to Just Watch on a daily basis to find out if it's streaming. What's up? TV shows as well. TV shows as well. Yeah. News from Variety. Really cool. News from uh, news from Variety. Taika Waititi has set another series at FX. Have you guys heard about this? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The prolific. This did not make big news, and I want to talk about it. The prolific filmmaker. Uh, who already has What We Do in the Shadows, heading into a third season at the network, is teaming with Native American writer and director Sterlin Harjo for half-hour comedy Reservation Dogs. Him and Sterlin Harjo are good friends. They've been good friends for a few years now. Reservation Dogs, which has been handed a series order by FX, follows four Native teenagers uh, in rural Oklahoma who spend their days committing crime and fighting it. The pilot was co-written by Waititi and Harjo, who also directed. It was shot in Oklahoma, where almost all of Harjo's previous features and documentaries are set. The pair will executive produce alongside what we do in the Shadows producer, Garrett Bash. Reservation Dogs stars uh, DeFaro, Woon Atai, Devery Jacobs, Paulina Alexis, and Lane... Uh, Factor. What's up? Lane Factor. Oh, Lane Factor. Lane Factor, yeah, as the aforementioned teens. The pilot episode also features guest stars Tamara, a bunch of people. And then, uh, <laughs> Sterling, Sterling Harjo draws deeply. This, this, this quote comes from Nick Grad, uh, FX Entertainment President of Original Programming. Sterling Harjo draws deeply on his experiences as a native Oklahoman to make Reservation Dogs a true-to-life and incredibly funny story of youth, courage, and misadventures. Taika Waititi lends his considerable talents to the series, helping Sterlin and their creative partner Garrett Bash produce a unique and original series we can't wait for audiences to see. I am excited as fuck uh, for this series. Uh, this is going to be on FX. FX killed it last year, I think, with Dave. Dan, I, I think you'll agree. Oh my God! Yeah, come on. One of the best. Steve, did you year. did you watch did you watch Dave on FX? Loved it, loved it. 
Jake, if absolutely you, loved it. If you didn't watch it, Jake, this is one of those shows that I think that you will absolutely love. Yeah, Dave. Yes, it's called Dave. Completely creeps up on you. You're thinking you're checking one thing out. Yes. And then there's so much more to it. And for people that are like uh, Lil Dicky fans, you know, they kind of I think they expect to see one thing, even though it's truly about Lil Dicky. But uh, he surprises everybody. The cast is great. Yeah, check it out, Jake. You'll love it. It yeah. got it got greenlit for a season two. It's in a it's a Hulu original. Or no, it's an FX, but FX, at, yeah. it's FX. But like it's you can also watch it on Hulu, Jake. It's called Dave. I highly recommend it. But like this news that we're getting Taika Waititi involved in a series, and he, this is something that like. I don't think like anyone is really doing with Native Americans. I think like this is like the minority that like is seriously overlooked in Hollywood. Like we have, oh, for like, sure, dude. dude, dude, we have like this whole fucking like diversity initiative and like we've got Latinx, we've got fucking black, um, uh, pl- programming. Like we talked about Sylvie's Love, which I think is like a throwback to like the 1950s romance stuff. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was like an all black cast. And like, here's the thing. No one is doing anything with Native Americans at That's true. all. At all. That's true. Dude, if, have you guys watched Quantum Blood? Or no? I did, dude. What are you talking about? Is it no? It's yeah. it's called Blood Quantum, right? The zombie movie. The zo- dude. <laughs> Steve, Steve, we had our, we had our uh, fucking top. Uh, Top movies of the year last year. We call it the Tupperwares. It's the Tuppies. And we did, we recorded that episode last, last week. And Blood Quantum came up on my list as favorite, one of the, my, one of my favorite honorable mention movies of 2020. And it's basically, it's a zombie apocalypse movie, but mm-hmm. everyone who fucking gets bit by a zombie turns into a zombie. But for some reason, it, somewhere in the genetic code of Native Americans, when they get bit, they do not turn. And I, it was, it was so good. It was such a fantastic movie. It was on Shutter. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know you had Shutter. Oh, dude, dude, I have Shutter, but right now I subscribe through Shutter through AMC Plus. Oh, that's smart because then you could watch. Uh, I've been trying to watch uh, Gangs of New York. Yes. And yes. I tried to watch it. And they're like, nope, gotta have AMC Plus. I'm like, dang. Dude, 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 dude. I did AMC Plus. You can. Uh, I did AMC Plus. I did a deal with them where you can get it for four ninety nine a month for three months. Not only do you get AMC Plus, but you get BBC. You get Sundance oh, TV. Come on. You get Sundance TV and you get Shutter. And you That's get a great deal. And you get out. That is Dude, and you get IFC. Shutter just raised the price from four ninety nine to five ninety nine. Sure did. So, oh, still a great price though. But when you when you go when you do this deal after three months, how much is it? It goes to eight ninety nine for all three of the channels. Again, no still a great price. All four. You get IFC, Sundance oh. TV, Shutter, and AMC Plus. Oh, it's over. I, I gotta I make some switches. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's phenomenal, and I'm I'm telling you, when you get this, one of the first things that you need to watch is a show called Upright with Tim Minchin, and it is phenomenal. It's an Australian show, and it was one of the best limited series that I saw all last year. But my God, uh, yeah, Shutter, uh, Quantum Blood, dude, any Native Americans are so overlooked. 
in everything. They really are. And, and I love how they call this reservation dogs, right? Yes, yes. I see what you're doing. I did you get? You. Did you see the press photo of that? I just looked it up. That's not uh-huh. like an accident, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, can I can already in my brain imagine the press photo right now. It's literally four Native Americans that look like reservoir dogs. Mm-hmm. It has to be this. It has to be no. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. also confused by the uh, these four or whoever the group of people that commit crime and stop crime. I'm like, wait, how, how does that? How does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch like, the show to find out, folks. It, that's like that's like, like that's like Robin Hood, right? Exactly. Or it's like Homeboy with a what is it? Sex Panther. It works forty percent of the time. All the time. Forty percent of the time. All the time. Right. <laughs> Man. But anyway, like Harjo's previous credits include the 2015 film Mecco and 2009's Barking Water. He recently helmed an episode of Sci-Fi's The Magicians. So if you're a big fan of The Magicians, which I know a lot of people are, this guy has been involved in that. As for Waititi, he is also. Uh, HBO Max, he's also doing an HBO, have you heard about this? I know, Jake, he's doing the soccer movie, which is coming out sometime this year, I believe. But Waititi is also doing an HBO Max pirate comedy, Our Flags Mean Death. I'm in. <laughs> That's all you had to say, pirate comedy. Oh, it's a, well, all you had to say is the name of the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. Pirate comedy, Our Flags Mean Death. If you look at a pirate flag, it's a fucking skull and crossbones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's also doing the Apple series Time Bandits, which, like, Jesus. dude, did you, who is, who is not a fan of Time Bandits? My wife fucking hates that movie, but I, I think it has to do with like PTSD. I don't know why I haven't tapped into that shit yet, but I fucking love it. I love Time Bandits. Did it scare her as a kid? I think no. it did. Yeah, she hates that movie. She will not watch it with me, but I watched it all the time. I've never seen it. It's a little dark, very British, but very good. I, I think you would like it, Steve. It's, it sounds okay. like a Hudson movie. Does your wife, does your wife not like little people, Dan? I think that's what it is. It's uh. something that's been a problem with us for the last 23 years. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to counseling for so it. No. Oh, you've, you've helped. I'm saying this has come up, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I really wish you would have tapped into that. Anytime, no, man, I don't any, know. anytime I don't she know. sees Peter Dinklage, she just starts cursing. Actually, she says he's a very sexy man. Go figure. She likes, I, she likes Tyrion Lannister. She does. She's definitely into that. I curse every time I see Peter Dinklage for totally different reasons. It is because of the series finale. I will curse at all of those actors every time I see them. Oh, because of man. what you put me through. Dude, 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 dude. I'm sorry, Jake, but season eight does not age well, dude. <laughs> season eight does not age well. Mm, I haven't revisited it, but I, I didn't have the hate that most people did. I know. Oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I thought everybody universally hated that. Not Jake. No, not true. Okay. It's, right. Don't feel bad, Steve. It's fucking, it's not good. <laughs> 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 I just don't want to pile on because I'm pretty sure everyone. Here I don't care, dude. You can't. I don't. I don't let what other people think of things dictate what I think of things. So it's. Fuck I mean, yeah. It's, Jake it's goes against. Jake about. Jake goes against the grain, motherfucker. It's not that I go against the grain. It's just that if I like something and you hate it, or you hate it and I like it, it's it doesn't really. Exactly. Sway me. I'm me. That's what. You. Like seriously. Here's the thing with like the. There's like. We talked about, you know, we talked about Wonder Woman 1984 and like I understand people not liking that movie, but the absolute fucking vile hate for that movie 
I, I will never understand. Like, I don't yeah, think it's, I, the, it's the shaming people that like it. Yes. It, yeah, I agree. Annoys me. I agree with you, dude. Like, I like think there's like one movie I can think of where I just fucking hate. Even <laughs> when people <laughs> maybe you do. Maybe not. I want. Oh, oh dude, I want to hear this. What's that movie? No, it's the fucking dead. Don't die. Oh, I don't fuck that movie. Fuck that, that movie. Seen. Fuck that movie so much. Uh huh. Four or five times. I can't I stand. I thought you were going Aquaman. Oh well, yeah, Aquaman. Everybody knows that. Though. Aquaman, Aquaman, yeah, dude, do you guys, you guys hate Aquaman so much? That movie is not good, but it's not that as bad as you guys say oh, it is. Okay, I, have, I do have one announcement that people appreciate oh. this. After watching Wonder Woman eighty four, and I'm not going to hate on it or anything like that. All right. I will say that I think I like Aquaman better than Wonder Woman eighty four. Which is big oh for me because I've been going God. hard on that movie since the day it came out. Mm. I wouldn't say that. I've tried to watch Aquaman three times, and the farthest I've made it is twenty-five minutes in. That that's probably the closest movie to if someone's like, I like that movie. We might argue. Okay, here's the deal. I think it might be. I don't even know if it's the plot. I don't know what it is. It's just a little more fun for me. But now that I'm thinking about it again, yeah, I, I still fucking hate it. So it's maybe so I just hate bad. them both. I don't know. But I will say, the dead don't die. Oh. The, you know how movies are so bad that the people that are in the theater with you become your friends out of nowhere? You got a bonding ended, experience. Exactly. The movie ended, and a guy looked at me and was like, what the hell was that? I was like, what? No. What the? Dude, that's oh, like, that's like, that's like when you've been to war together. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we all like, thought we were like, going into like, one movie. Yeah, like fucking like those people that went to Vietnam and they won't talk about Vietnam with anybody but other people that went to Vietnam. <laughs> That's what the dead don't die is. It's like, dude, it's like we saw this in the theater together and like, yeah, I was so mad because I, it just seemed like it had everything I wanted, you know, (sighs) fucking zombies and Bill Murray and Adam driver, Adam driver. Are you kidding me? And yes! you know what? Honestly, he was the best part of the movie, in my opinion. And I love Bill Murray, but I think Adam Driver was probably the best. But that could not save it. And the ending just pisses me off. I'm going to stop talking about it. Dude, I saw that, that shit in the fucking theater, and I, I was the dead don't die. It's like fuck it. I wish I could right now in this movie theater. I. <laughs> well, here's the thing, dude. We should have known as soon as we saw Jim Jarmusch. We should have been like, okay, this is going to be weird. We know that. I didn't take that into consideration. Yeah. Stupid me. The tra- Stupid well, me. The, the trailers looked really good, too, right? They really did. We got duped. Let's we face got, it. We got duped. We got duped. <laughs> Haven't heard that word in a long time, Dan. I like got duped. <laughs> News from Dark Horizons. Once again, filmmaker Richard Donner has indicated that he intends to direct a fifth and final film. Of in the Lethal Weapon franchise, mm. yeah. So, oh, Richard, Jesus, I would stab my eye out before I'd watch this movie. Richard, as a part of a recent interview with the Telegraph, the 90, 90 year old Donner says it will be Riggs and Murtaugh's final outing, and he's keen to get to work on it. "Quote: This is the final one. It's both my privilege and duty to put it to bed. It's exciting, actually." And that's when the quote ends because Richard Donner actually died during that interview. (laughs) 
Richard Donner's getting too old for that shit. Fuck. Ninety one. He's gonna be ninety one years old when he starts when they start filming. Here's the thing, Dan. We can say all we want to about his age. How old is George Miller though? He's eighty something. Seventy. I think isn't he late seventy? Dude, I think he's eighty something. How old is Martin Scorsese? Uh, hold on. How old? Hold on. How old is George Miller? George Miller. George Miller is seventy. George Miller is seventy-five. Scorsese is seventy-eight. Jesus Christ! Scorsese. Here's the here's the thing with Scorsese is don't you think Scorsese doesn't he just get better with age? In my opinion, in my opinion, he just gets better with age. I think it. The Irishman was not better than. I wouldn't say the Irishman was better than Goodfellas. It's not better than Goodfellas, but it's it's still damn good. He's still putting out good quality material. Yes, I go there. Yes, he he does put out quality stuff as he ages. And Gangs in New York was trash. Get fuck off. Gangs in New York was amazing. Fucking second, Jake. That's crazy talk. Gangs in New York was amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got. I lost myself I like for a second. God damn! I love that movie though. Really? Jake, I love it. Like it. No, I can't fucking stand it. Gangs in New York. I saw that fucking shit. Um, I saw that at the midnight showing the night that it released. And Gangs in New York is fucking incredible. I like. Sh- it. I think Shutter Island's pretty trash too. I hate that movie. I, I hate that movie. So I don't know. I think Departed was his peak, and nothing's been better since. Oh, you think that's better than um, Goodfellas? No, I, I, nobody's Goodfellas. even talking about Wolf of Wall Street. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? You know what? In in rewatching Wolf, I get why other people don't like it now. I get it. I'm like, I, don't oh, want, I don't even want to hear those opinions. That's a great. Thing. Who the? Thank you, Dan. You're the only one that you're the only you're one that welcome. I'm hearing right now. No, Thank it's you. decent, but people gut Whoa, decent? Whoa, whoa. Decent. Right off, Steve, with your decent. Decent is, what the, decent? Decent is like, 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 like somebody showing up and they're not like half naked. They show up and they're decent. <laughs> decent is a BJ with teeth, like teeth. <laughs> oh, no, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. If I watched that movie and they said who directed it and they would say, and I, I would, I would never have been like, this is so good, it's a Martin Scorsese movie. I wouldn't say that. I would just be like, okay, because he's so good that this is just fine. It's a fine one of his movies. Oh, I no. I listen to any of what you're saying right Dude, now, Dude, yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, I don't... I... I'm washing my hands clean of you, Steve Hudson, as a human being. Are you? Are there you will not be another hearing of my show until you take your statement back. <laughs> wow. Is it the, okay, Jake? What do you rate Wolf of Wall Street? I haven't even seen it. Yeah, okay, dude. All right, dude. That's even more fascinating. I, I'm standing on my own here. That's fine. I, think I, was a little, I, I couldn't watch his. I, I gave up after Gangs of New York for a while. Oh god, I, Gangs of New York with fucking. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Like Daniel Day Lewis is incredible in that movie. Fucking, fucking Dead Rabbits. Really good. John C. Riley is amazing in that movie. Like that's like he's you know really like good. we knew that John C. Riley had that in him when we watched Boogie Nights, but like Martin Scorsese brought out more. 
out of John C. Riley than I think we've ever seen as far as him as like a dramatic actor, you know, something like that. You know what I mean? And like, for sure, definitely a turning point. Jonah Hill under fucking Martin Scorsese was incredible. Like, I know he didn't get the accolades that he did. No, did he? Did he get, did he win under Martin Scorsese? No. Okay. But well, he, he the- it was Moneyball. It was Moneyball with uh, Clint Eastwood that he won. Right? Moneyball is a Clint Eastwood movie? Moneyball? Is Moneyball a Clint Eastwood movie? No, no way. No I don't way. think Moneyball is Clint Eastwood. Moneyball is too good to be a Clint Eastwood movie. I'm, I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. I do not believe that's a Clint Eastwood movie. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, Clint Eastwood did fucking, uh, what, what was that, that boxing movie? That was really good with Hilly Swank. That fucking. That was not really good, Jake. That was a great movie! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was fine. That was Bennett Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Strong opinions. I don't know. <laughs> that is that dude said Clint Eastwood. That is a random pick too. I don't know. <laughs> it is so far from a Clint Eastwood type of movie. That was like what? <laughs> dude, I dude, I have drinking. I have I have drank a fucking jug of wine. I'm you know I'm not gonna blame it on the wine. I'm just a moron. You're listen every week. People listen to an absolute moron put on this podcast. There you go. Well, the good thing is you caught everyone's attention who was driving right now. Once you said Clint Eastwood, they're like Clint Eastwood directed Moneyball, huh? Dude, dude, America. IMDb just had this huge spike. I think the best, the best, the, the, the website just crashed. The, the best actor in any Clint Eastwood movie is that fucking baby in American Sniper. <laughs> I never watched American Sniper, so I can call it. Yeah, I, I, I boycotted American. Oh, Sniper. I watched American See, Sniper. It was a little bit too rah rah. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I saw yeah. that shit in the theater, man. That fucking fake ass baby that they had in that movie, Bennett Miller. Who the fuck is Ben and Miller? I don't even know who that is. Oh, no, yeah, I don't either. That, oh, what else did he direct? He, he directed. I'm. He he just looks. Like, Bennett Miller just looks like generic white guy. What the fuck? That's <laughs> what the name says. It uh, does. Foxcatcher, Moneyball, The Cruise, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much about all I know. Bennett Wait, Miller. Uh, so, so Brian, yeah. what do you think? Do you think? Gangs of New York is better than Wolf of Wall Street, at least. Mm. I'm gonna go gangs. I'm gonna go Wolf of Wall Street's better than Gangs of New York. Amen. What do you think the best Scorsese movie is? The, uh, honestly, I think like the like the popular choice for best Scorsese movie is gonna be for most people the Casuals. It's gonna be Goodfellas. But for me, I think the best Scorsese movie is. I th- I still think it's Wolf of Wall Street. Oh my God. I'm shamed for thinking Goodfellas is the best one. <laughs> I love, Goodfellas no, is great, but up. Wolf of Wall Street just did, I don't know what it was. It was the energy of that movie. And then I'm a huge DiCaprio fan. So it kind of just, it was like the perfect storm of a movie. I am biased with that one, but I think I'm going to have to agree with Brian. Yeah. Well, no, Wolf of Wall Street, like Leonardo DiCaprio is magic, dude. He is an actor. 
actors. At, well, I would say he's the most human actor, whereas people are like Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm like, yeah, but he has that bull crap where you have to call him that name the whole time he's on set. I don't like that bull crap. Oh, I like someone he, who could just be like, turn it on, turn it off. You don't, what, what do they call it? What do they call that? that method, fucking, method acting. Method acting. Oh, it's so dude, annoying. dude, we, what was it? What was it? Jake, we interviewed that fucking guy from the fucking, what was it? The 40 year old virgin. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? What's his name? Oh. Gary something. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking hilarious. He, dude. Oh, I got to know who now. Oh God. Hold on. 40 year old virgin. Who was that guy? What was his name? Jerry Bedknob? Jerry That's Bedknob? Right. We interviewed... That's an unfortunate name. We, we, we interviewed Jerry... <laughs> we, 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 talked to Jerry <laughs> we talked to Jerry Bedknob one time, and it was off the air before we were recording, and he was like, I want people to know that I'm a method actor. I still have the recording, Jake, somewhere. I need yeah, to... Dude, I'm looking at him. I know exactly who that guy is. Yeah. Yeah, we had him on. It was hilarious. Yeah, we had Jerry Bednov on an episode years ago. I have his phone number. <laughs> Dude, let's ring him up. Let's call him right now. Yeah, let's call him right now and ask him what his favorite Scorsese movie is. There we go. And I can tell him to calm down. I, d- I couldn't get over the fact that he kept calling himself a fucking method actor. I'm like, Dude, you were in 40 year old virgin. Shut the fuck. Yeah. Shut the fuck yeah. up. He was a real method actor in Zack and Miri make a porno. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> he said a method actor. Dude, he's like. I don't believe you should be able to. I don't think, like, method acting is ridiculous. Oh, this guy. Okay, Jerry, but now I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, dude. And walk hard. He was a real method actor. We talked, we talked to him. We talked, dude, we fucking, we interviewed him when he did this movie. And he fucking, like, before we got him on the show, he's like, I want people to know that I'm a method actor. I was talking to this director, and he's like, you're a method actor, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, dude, I'm just, like, listening to this shit, and I'm just like, dude, you are so, you are so full of yourself right now. And you, dude, it was the weirdest fucking interaction, Jake, wasn't it? Didn't it feel weird? it, It was bizarre. It was super bizarre, man. I don't expect you to grant this wish, but I would not be mad at you if you tacked it onto the end of the show. Mm, I'll try to find it. I'll try to find it. I also like we interviewed we interviewed the the birthday boys who fucking uh did a sketch comedy show on IFC and IFC somebody from IFC was listening to the interview when we were recording it. And there's a whole part of that interview where they were talking about how they wanted to do a sketch and IFC did not want them to do it. And fucking Bob Odenkirk, who was a producer on that show, who fucking brought these guys in from the Upright Citizens Brigade, fucking like fucking fought for them. Like, yeah, you're going to do this sketch. You're going to do this sketch. It's going to make it to air. And they fought IFC to get the sketch on the show. And then after we recorded the episode, the interview, they reached out to me and said, could you leave that out? They didn't want to make themselves look bad. Mm. And so I agreed to take it out because like, you know, I'm new at podcasting. I mean, we'd been doing this for like two years and I took it out. I still have that. I still have all that like on the cutting room floor bullshit. Oh, you got to release it, man. One got of these to. days I will. One of these days I will. I still have it somewhere. Random question. Who was your favorite? Inter- All of them are favorites. But what would you say is your most, wow, we got this interview? Mine personally was um, 
Daniel Wu from uh, the uh, he did uh, Into the Badlands. Oh yeah, you got Daniel Wu. Yeah, I talked to Daniel Wu. He was filming at the time. I, he was doing it was for season two of Into the Badlands. I talked to him. He was in um, he was in Africa filming the Tomb Raider movie. So I was talking to him in Africa while he was filming that movie. And I got to interview him for season two of into the badlands. I got to interview him. And then, uh, what's her name? She was also in into the badlands. She was, I used to like that show. Yeah. She was on, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was in, uh, into the badlands and I interviewed one of the, she played the, the widow. On Into the Badlands. Right oh, that's cool. I, my favorite was Alex Klein. Oh, from uh, he was in uh, he was in he he appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. He gave us early Guardians of the Galaxy two kind of spoilers. Yeah, he was just a really cool fucking dude. And like he was awesome. He were he talked about Stranger Things with us for like an hour. And I liked like, him. It just felt like he was a regular guest. I, I thought he was really down to earth and awesome. I, there's a part of like regular guest. I loved the Sean Simmons episode. Sean was great. Yeah. Sean was fantastic. He was fantastic. But I don't know. We haven't That's had, dope. we haven't had too many big, in- I have people reach out to me all the time wanting to talk to me, like to get on here and talk about like their independent movies. But I'm very choosy these days as to who we have on because you'd be surprised. Like as far as like the into the badlands episode with Daniel Wu, it's one of our least downloaded episodes. You'd be surprised. Really? Because people want to just hear y'all. Because people, because IFC doesn't want to promote our show. Oh. I'll just okay. be honest with you. Fucking uh, AMC, excuse me. AMC doesn't want to promote our show. And when we fucking interviewed the birthday boys, IFC didn't promote our show. They just want, they want our audience. They want our audience so our audience watches their fucking show. Yeah. Oh, well, then skip that. They don't want to fucking hold hands. They just want us to give them the hand. When we interviewed the birthday boys, the (laughs) the birthday boys were fucking retweeting every article that they had in comicbook.com or all these other fucking interviews that they had, but they did not retweet our episode because they don't care about growing pop culture leftovers. They just cared about fucking people watching their fucking show. That's so weird because it takes nothing from them. It takes nothing for them to retweet you. It doesn't take anything away from them. Thank even you. Even if it adds to you. That's why I'm not so, that's why I'm not going for all these interviews, dude, because you can go for these interviews and you can get these interviews, but they want your audience. They don't give a fuck about growing yours. Dang. Yeah. If they see something in it for them, they'll come on, but they're not coming on to do us any favors. So I, I should the, probably give up my my shoot for Tessa Thompson. Dude, um, yeah. you get Tessa Thompson on. If Tessa Thompson, <laughs> if she if she retweets that shit, dude, more power to you, man. But if if she doesn't retweet that shit and you're just fucking retweeting it, good luck in growing your audience, man. Because it's like Tessa even if, just played you. Because fuck, <laughs> dude, I fucking I went to Reddit and I was like, I went to the Into the Badlands fucking Reddit and I was like, yeah, we you know we interviewed it, we interviewed fucking Daniel Wu. And even if people listened, they aren't going to listen past that. They just want to listen to what he has to say. They're not, it's not like they fucking fall in love with me. 
I don't know, bro. You have that voice. <laughs> I do not have a voice. I'm telling you, like we got. I've got listeners that come on this show that have a fucking that have a fucking voice that is hypnotizing. Dan Ramirez has a hypnotizing voice. He Fuck, really does. Uh, Joe Stark has a hypnotizing voice. I have a voice that turns people off. You might have a hard dick, and then you hear my voice, and that shit turns flaccid as fuck. That is my voice. That is what my voice does to Why a hard would you penis. Think that because I has someone told you that? No, that is me telling me that. Okay, there we go. I'm just saying, I Brian. My dick still rock hard, voice. so you're you're doing fine. Yeah, you, you, just, you, you got fucking blue chew or Viagra or something pumping through your fucking cock right now. <laughs> yeah, what'd you do I, on break? <laughs> <laughs> I think you and Jake have magical voices. Dude, dude, I've been, we've been doing this. We've just been doing this for so long and we have a connection. Here's the thing. We've been doing this for so long and I have a connection with the listeners that do love this show. And the people that have been with us that are fucking like, you know, fucking diehard listeners that have been with us. We know who you are. I don't call you out every week, but we know who you fucking are. And we fucking love you. Every single fuck. Lee Tapscott. Dude, I don't fucking talk about you all the time, but I know you've been with us since the very fucking beginning. Daniel Hepner, fucking uh, Rebecca Daling, Janine Daling, fucking Jacob Harmon, Dan West, Matt Kirby. I, I mean, these are these are fuck these. Like, here's the thing: some of our listeners they listen to us and they're like, "Oh, I, we we love this show." But to me, these listeners that I've named, they are rock stars in my fucking world because they've been with us since the beginning. They've been with us for a long time. Staples of the show, yeah. yeah. Copies of Breach oh, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. I mean, as long as I think everyone does need to know that you're you, both you and Jake. Are just amazing off the, you know, off radio too, off the podcast too. Like you, you gave us props when no one else was giving us props, Jay. So everyone needs to know this guy is dope off pod. And, and, I, and I will just lick the ball. I'll just lick one ball and then I'm going to leave it alone. I've met these guys. They're fucking great. Great guys. Listen to the show. Don't ever give up on it. Fuck with these. It's all five stars. It's all five stars. Dude, dude, you guys, you guys put on a fantastic show. I listen to you guys every week. You guys entertain the fuck out of me. And, uh, God, yeah, there's a lot of ball sucking going on right we now. We really are lapping a lot. Jesus of Christ. Yeah, what... my dick just got hard. And Brian, you need to talk some more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Turn that voice hey. off. Dude. dude, seriously, like, seriously, we, we, we've been talking about fucking, we didn't even, uh, did we talk, did we talk about fucking the fifth final Lethal Weapon movie? Do you think we started to, and then it all went crazy? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think Dick? Do you think Dick Donner can get hard anymore? Ninety years no. old? You think he's no. right? What's the lethal no. weapon in this movie? Is it like fucking sodium or something like that? <laughs> yeah, no shit. That is hilarious. I, but I don't think anyone. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no one's gonna really watch this movie. I don't think there's enough fans of this franchise to get the money back for it. Hey, it's just not gonna happen. Steve, in 1998, were you in the theater watching the fourth Lethal Weapon movie? Is that the one with Chris Rock? It's well, Chris Rock was in. Yeah, Chris Rock was in that one. Yeah. He was, well, it was, yeah, was, Jet, was Jet Li in that one? Yes, Jet Li was in that oh, one. Oh, I was in. Yep, I was totally I was in the theater, movie. too. Jet Li, remember when he was hiding behind a corner and kicked someone backwards? Yeah. <laughs> dude, he he fucked Riggs oh, up, Christ. dude. <laughs> that, that's true. 
that's true. And I, I thought it was really cool that, first of all, the one thing I didn't like is there's no way those guys would have beat up Jet Li. It just wouldn't happen. There's no way. There's just no way. I don't care how dope you are. Dude would have done some craziness on you. But you, are you going to be in the theater? Well, if the zombie apocalypse is over, you're going to be in the theater to see five? Hell no. Okay, there you go. Pro- I <laughs> promise you, I will not be in the theater to watch Lethal Weapon 5. That shit will come out on HBO Max anyway. Yeah. You guys ready? Let's move on into Mar- Let's move into Marvel News. How's it sound? Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. That's still funny, isn't it? (laughs) it. It never gets old. Marvel news. (laughs) (laughs) It's the music build up. I know. I know. I was, dude. The day that I did that, I think I was at my best, Jake. (laughs) That was your peak. That was my peak, man. That, that was your gangs in New York. That was my create. That was my fucking no. That was my fucking Wolf of Wall Street. You son of a bitch! <laughs> don't you fucking not gangs in New York. That's a great fucking movie. I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> okay, That's hold up real quick. I'm sorry to go back, but if it's not Gangs of New York, what is that AMC show called? Gangs of London. Gangs of London. Okay, all right. All right, Dan. What? what? <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the fucking subscription, bro. I'm sorry. Dude, you got to get AMC Plus, dude. I'm a little offended. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, throwing out the brother. Dan is mad. I've never heard... Sensitive guy. I've never heard Angry Dan. There's no such thing, really. It's just bitter, Dan. No, but I want to check it out. That's why I was asking. Hey, you shut the fuck up, Hudson. That's a whole That's a whole, a whole other story. Jake, last week we talked... I do want to watch it. That, <laughs> I, heard, I heard Gangs of London is crazy. Gangs of London is fucking dope, dude. It, you know who it's from? It's from, it's, a, it's from the fucking raid guy, man. Wait a minute. Dude. I had no idea. Yeah, it's from... It, was it Gareth Evans? Is it Gareth Evans? Yeah, Gareth Evans, the guy behind the Raid and the Raid Redemption is the, uh, the Raid Redemption, excuse me, and the Raid 2 is the guy behind Gangs of London. Oh, well then there's blood everywhere then, for sure. Dude, you gotta watch this shit. Jake, listen to this. We talked last week about how, like, in the Tupperwares I haven't been reading comics. I set up a new comics pull list. I'm getting comics delivered to my home, starting now. Nice. That's exciting. I, I resubscribed to Marvel Unlimited and started reading the Jason Aaron Thor run. I'm nine issues in now. There, oh, dude, are you in God Bomb yet? Uh, no. I just finished the first story with um, the God Butcher. God Butcher. You'll get to God Bomb. You'll okay. get to God Bomb. Really good. Yes. But, um, I assume more has to happen with the character though, because I, I didn't really see a fully realized character that Christian Bale could even play yet. Yeah, just wait till you get the God Bomb. You'll love it. I love how it's in three different time zones. That's a really cool gimmick. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got young Thor, you got Thor that we know from the comics, and then you got old fucking old man Thor, which is like Odin with the fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, listen, oh, real it's quick. It's funny because I just got through the Jason Aaron, uh run. Did you really? 
I surely did, dude. That's weird that you guys are talking about that. Uh, so fuck, it's so fucking good, dude. Have you ever, dude? That's why you need to go to C2E2, man. You can meet Jason Aaron. He's a, he's, I the, would lose it. He's the nicest humble. He's super humble. He's the nicest guy. I remember I went to, um, a panel with him and Jason Latour. They both were, um, writer and artist on Southern Bastards. And it was one of the most incredible panels I've ever been to. Jason Latour talked about how he had recently lost his father and he was basically kind of like apologizing to everybody about how like the book had not been coming out regularly and how he lost his father. And it was one of the most moving panels I've ever been to. I, it was just these creators, man, when you fucking get a chance to meet them, like meeting, I remember meeting like Scott Snyder for the first time, Jake, you remember that he was one of the sweetest, nicest guys ever. Like, and and oh yeah, him and Capullo. Him and Capullo, just some of the nicest guys ever. I remember meeting um Greg Rucka for the first time. Um awesome guy. Fucking meeting um That's dope. I've met Brian Michael Bendis three times and all three times he's been a giant dick prick. <laughs> I met I met Brian Michael I've heard that. I've met Brian Michael Bendis and it was like it was very procedural, like in and out. <laughs> you know? That's kind of how Donny Cates was, but he was super cool at the same time. Yeah, one time he was so mean to me that Matt Fraction was extra nice to me to make up for, like, he could sense Brian Michael Bendis uh, really turned me off. You know who was fucking awesome to me was Jonathan Hickman. Oh, Hickman's super fucking great. I, I stood in Hickman's line without even a book to sign, and... um because I was with my buddy uh, Ryan Mears, and Hickman was just blown away that I waited all that time just to chat with him and not even get a book signed. He was so nice about it. That's awesome. I was I was holding. I had two skateboard decks. Uh, one was for Black Science, and one was for Deadly Class. Two books that were written by Rick Remender. Rick Remender was supposed to show up at C2E2 that year. He didn't show up. And so I'm holding these skateboard decks. Jonathan Hickman, Jonathan Hickman was like, what are those? And I was like, oh, these are skateboard decks. I was going to have, um, Rick Remender signed them, sign them, but Rick Remender is not, he pulled out of C2E2 this year. I just found out. He's like, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my fucking shit. I lost my fucking shit. Jonathan. I would wanna. I wanna. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say I would wanna stand in line with. I would wanna stand in line with Scott Snyder for um with uh, have him sign my American Vampires. Yeah. Like, sign any of them that you want. Just sign, and I'd have probably. And if Azarello was there, I'd have him sign a hundred bullets. I've got a dozen issues of American Vampire signed by Scott Snyder. Shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's so cool. I That was before he even got his Batman gig, and uh, he, me and him just talked about Stephen King for like five minutes. Dude, it, it, the thing is, I was so when – when I read the last one, I was like, this isn't it, right? There's like more coming. And, and people were like, no, I think this is it. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you who is like super nice that you would never like imagine, like, because they're just fucking comic book royalty is Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont. Oh, I, I agree. Is, who, who is that? 
X-Men writer. He created like all the important yeah. X-Men stuff. If you're talking about like oh, Colossus and Storm and Nightcrawler, like I'm talking about like, you know, giant X-Men, you know, like when that came out, like Chris Claremont is like the guy. And when you talk to Chris Claremont, oh, you're going to pay maybe five bucks to get the, you know, signature. But like he understands that you're paying to get the signature, so he'll talk to you for five minutes about whatever book you're getting signed, which is that's super freaking amazing. Yes, yeah, that's freaking because like, that's what I'd want to talk to. A, I wouldn't want to talk to Snyder about American Vampire. What made him even think about that? And I'd want to talk to Aaron about only because I read. Right now is a crazy time for me to have read Thor, just because I had never heard of this version of him. Yeah, I just didn't. I never, and I would have just been like, dude, what even made you? I'm late on the show. Dude, on the boat. there's nobody there. Honestly, I mean, there's, before fucking Jason Aaron wrote Thor, Jake, who would you say was like the seminal fucking Walt Simonson, maybe? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm a big fan of Dan Jorgen's run, but that's not a really popular opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Jason Aaron is like dude. the guy for me. Oh, yeah. There were, there were times, there was like, they were, they were panels on this comic that made me feel the Marvel feel, like the movies, where oh, he'd yeah. be doing something and I'm like, oh my god. That's what, that's when, it's when you fucking read his shit and then you fucking read what they did with, like he wrote Malekith and you read what they fucking did with Malekith in fucking Thor the Dark World, you're like, what the fuck? So, yeah, Aaron's so just so versatile. Seminal. Dude, he's amazing. He is simply incredible. Like, I could not, it would almost get me in trouble at work. I just wouldn't get up. I just like, let me read this last thing. Let me just read this last thing. Let me just, cause I need to know what's happened. Yeah. And there were times where Thor would like threaten, be like, look, I'm going to give you one shot or the next time you're going to be talking to my hammer. I had to throw the book down and be like, this dude, he's next level. It's over. He's the dude. And I never felt that about Thor watching the movies. I'm like, yeah, he's fine. Anybody Don't who listen. fucking anybody who fucking loves Thor written by Jason Aaron, I would always think that like those people are the people that are going to fucking love Wolf of Wall Street and not just call it a decent movie. You know Here I mean? we go. <laughs> you know, I think you need to watch it. I think you have because there's really no there's not a through line of Wolf of Wall Street. It's just a series of cool scenes. Oh, you're pissing me off right now, Hudson. So you, so you hate Quentin Tarantino movies too? Uh, oh, dude, I hated Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. What? One of my sense. favorite, one of my, one of my favorite movies of all time is Jackie Brown. So and uh, Dust Till Dawn. Well, Quentin Tarantino did not direct from Dust Till Dawn. That was Robert Rodriguez. That's true, but didn't he produce it? And write he wrote it? it. He wrote it. He also wrote um, True Romance. Natural born killers. Natural born killers. Natural born, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not, like, Quentin can be up or, I loved Hateful Eight. Loved it. Yeah, that makes sense, because that's a, that's a narrative, it's a story, it's not just a bunch of, like, vignettes. You know what, you, you know what, you know what, Steve, Steve's opinion and Steve's enjoyment on these movies does not affect my love for these films. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to work. And, uh, it's all subjective. It's all subjective. 
It, well, Dan, it, 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 it is, but it isn't because Wolf of Wall Street's still a great movie, whether Steve oh, no, likes no, it or doesn't. Wrong. Steve's talking stupid shit. Thank right you. Now, but I mean, for the most part, it's all subjective. <laughs> guys, guys, real quick, Marvel news. I, I have, I have. Play the bumper again. I, I will not play the bumper again. <laughs> I have what I believe are full spoilers for the Morbius movie. I, guys, listen. I've talked about spoilers for movies in the past that I've found on Reddit, and I've been 100% right on a lot of these, Jake. Have I not? Have I not? No, for sure. Yeah. Right. Let's talk Let's talk about some of the Endgame spoilers I had were right on. Some of the uh, – dude, the Wonder Woman spoilers, 100% right on. You, you pretty much mapped up all of uh, – what was it? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Fucking uh, the – you know, yeah. I, I uh, Fucking uh, The Force Awakens. Jake, I have what I f- believe are full spoilers for the Morbius movie. So if people want to know – what those spoilers are, email me. I'm not going to go over them on the podcast. Email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at popcultureleftovers.com. Title the email, Morbius Spoilers. And uh, I will send you what I feel are the full spoilers for the Morbius movie. And let me just say one thing. I will say that if these are true... J. Jonah Jameson will show up in the movie. Oh, shit. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Jake, if you want these, I'll send them to you. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Is he going to be getting it on us style? He's butt fucking everybody <laughs> in this movie. He <laughs> is fucking vampires. He butt fucking vampires, everything. So fucking Count Chocula takes it up the pooper. <laughs> Count Chocula takes it up the pooper like you would not believe, Jake. <laughs> well, the name's appropriate, you know. <laughs> are, all way, you kind of out that, are any of you guys bummed out that Jared Leto is in this movie? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> any anything anything that you say from now on, Steve, because you think Wolf of <laughs> because you think Wolf of Wall Street is a decent movie, I have, I'm totally I'm totally disregarding. <laughs> I think Steve has officially become my favorite guest of all time. <laughs> Jared Leto. Hold on. Hold on. Did you hey, – Steve, have you ever seen a movie mm-hmm. called Dallas Buyers Club? I have. And what did you think about the performance of one Jared Leto in the Dallas Buyers Club? It was fine. Oh, God. <laughs> It was t- people went way. It's he won. He won an Oscar. Like, he won an Oscar. He won an Oscar, which means nothing. Seems like did he though? Because the thing is, Denzel won an Oscar for freaking Training Day. Tra- he was amazing oh, in Training Day. On, I don't like Steve, Steve anymore. Jesus, come on. Steve. He was Denzel so good, and you fucked it all no, up. No, 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 no. Denzel should have won for Malcolm X. They just gave him a retroactive Oscar. Dude, 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 dude. But he was a better actor in training. Have you watched, have you watched, have you watched fucking, um, what is it, the Godfather of Harlem on Epics? No. You gotta watch that, dude. I don't know. The dude that they fucking cast as Malcolm X in that is fucking Malcolm X. I heard he played Malcolm X in another spot, too. He's played it twice. 
Yeah, that sounds right too. Yeah, yeah he plays played it twice. But I would say, like after they didn't give Denzel a, a million Oscars, they should have, and other people too. Like Leo should have won a few times. I'm just like skip an Oscar. And when they gave it to Jared, yeah, Lowe, it I'm is like, okay. bullshit that Leo won for the fucking de- de- on, the Revenant. Dude. Oh my the Revenant, god, yeah. yeah, what Come the fuck. On. It, it, but it was a retroactive. They've given it to him for the other things he did, and they messed up. So here you go. That's some. Bull- that's why Jared Leto winning that. I'm like, of course he'll win. It's just like, like I think people have an idea of how good people are. Well, when people really sit down, I'm like, is Jared Leto even a good actor? Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you that rule applies for Leto? What was Leto in before Dallas Buyers Club that he was supposed to win the fucking Oscar? Uh, I would say, hold on. I would say, I would say Jared Leto had a fucking amazing performance in chapter 27 where he played Mark David Chapman. Oh, when he gained all that weight. When he gained all the weight. I'm not saying it's just because he gained all the weight. He fucking did a fucking. He fucking had a great performance where he played the guy who fucking killed John Lennon in that movie. I thought he, I thought he was really good in that fucking film. Right? I mean, it's not his performance. It's Jared Leto himself that really bugs me. And all, but, you know, I can separate. I can separate. He does a good job, it's, but he he as a person, him and his white robe. Are you are you really wor- are you really worried bad. about how fucking Jared Leto is gonna perf- is gonna portray Morbius? Oh, I'm really I'm really worried about how Jared Leto is gonna portray Morbius. Oh, I'm not. The thing is, he's he, the thing is he. Oh, don't 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 fuck up Morbius, Leto. <laughs> don't fuck up my Morbius. I'm a huge Morbius fan over here. I'm a big fan of Morbius. My tattoo laser removed. Yeah. Oh, don't don't. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> but why Jared Leto though? Right. Anyone could have. Dude, dude, does he not look like a, a vampire? Vampire, thank you, motherfucker. He looks like a fucking vampire, doesn't he? Get Taylor yeah. Kitsch. Taylor you and the Kitsch all the time with the Kitsch, dude, dude. I can't, Steve. You kind of Kitsch looks like he eats too much to be Morbius. It, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Kitsch. Does not look like he eats too much. <laughs> to be Morbius, <laughs> you need to see some ribs. He Morbius. look no, he, act, he looks like Lesbius. He does not look Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> you act like he's <laughs> too much yes. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a fan club of of, of Letos. Dude, dude, the, he's I, trash. He is. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, he was. I thought he was fantastic in Dallas Buyers Club, Chapter Twenty Seven. He was amazing. I think like when he is very picky and choosy about the roles that he takes on, he does a great job. Um, dude, dude, dude. What was what was uh, Claire that Claire Dane show? I'm trying to think of the same movie, I can't think of it. It was a TV My- show. My so-called life. My so-called life. He fucking. He was so mysterious and sexy as a little boy. He's uh, <laughs> mysterious and sexy. As a, <laughs> Here, here's what I'll say: Has has he ever done a part where no one else could have played it as well as he did? Of course not, because he's not that good. He's just not that good. 
I will. You know what? You know what? I will. I will. I will argue with you. But you can't answer it though. I will, uh, no, no. He in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I don't Stop think. It. I don't think anybody would have taken on that role, but him because it wasn't a great role. <laughs> you know, Jerry Little is not his own problem out. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have fucking taken that role. Oh wait, hold on, it was a shitty role. Never mind. Honestly, I dude, I I like Blade for Blade Runner forty nine twenty forty nine. I liked it. Yeah, but it could have been. My thing is just Jared Leto is not good. And one day the masses will come to that realization and be like, you know what? He's just not good. Dude, have you seen Chapter twenty seven? No. Watch but I'm it. gonna go ahead and take a guess that he's good. Like. Hey, look at this high school play. That's that actor is really good for this high school oh, play. Shit, <laughs> dude. You you know what? You know what? You know what, Steve? I think you know what I think it is. I think it's like Jared Leto is living that best life. Here, listen, hear me out. He is living that best life. You know why? Because fucking, you've got actors who want to be rock stars, and you got rock stars who want to be actors. And you know what? Motherfucker is both. It's a fucking rock star actor. Rock star. Star, are we saying? Uh, hey, okay, you know what? I'm gonna have to side with Steve. He's a, he is a rock <laughs> musician. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, what? oh, we got music snob fucking Dan Ramirez showing up right now. Hey, don't fucking pick on me, man. I'm I'm agreeing with everyone here. We got <laughs> you're all wrong and all right at the same time. You fucking pussy. You act like he's fucking showing up at the fucking the 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 the, the bar downtown from you or something. He's fucking selling out different fucking shows. He's I've seen him live. I've seen him live. He puts on a good show. But he's fucking Jared Leto. That's the problem. It's just he's it's come on. You Ryan. went to you went to his concert? No, he opened up for Incubus. <laughs> Uh, that's how trash he is in his band. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. I'm not going there, awesome. with you, man. I don't. I don't even. Awesome. I, I feel terrible. I don't even think we've started Marvel news. I was yeah, like, play the bumper oh, again. Right. Right. I just want to hear the Marvel news one more time. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's let's actually right. let's jump. Let's dive into Marvel news. WandaVision is coming to Disney Plus next week. Uh, it's confirmed that they're going to be dropping two episodes next week when we get the series. Did you guys hear about this news? Yes. No. Yeah, we're going to get two episodes. So phase four is starting. And uh, yeah, guys, this is full speculation. I'm thinking that this will all lead up to Wanda. Jake, hear me out. Please just hear me out. I think Wanda is going to be the reason that the mut- the mutants are in the universe. I hope that's true. I, I love think that. I think that she's going to unlock the dormant mutant genes. Listen to me here. Listen to me. I think they've been leading up to this for some time. Marvel Studios Visual Dictionary started to retcon this, describing the origin of her powers as potentially having quote unlocked within her. Here's the quote from Marvel Studio Visual Dictionary. They said, whether it altered her or merely unlocked something latent inside Wanda, the Infinity Stone on Loki's scepter bestowed incredible powers of the mind. We all know it's the Mind Stone. They're saying 
whether it altered or merely unlocked something latent inside Wanda. I think they're trying to retcon how she received her powers um, in a way, in a way. Um, so they're saying that the Mind Stone... Not lo- so much retcon, but like add on to it. They're like adding on to it. You didn't know. Well, yeah, like like, 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 like the Mind Stone, we, they might have tried it out on other people. It didn't work. But the, here's the reason why it did work on her. And it's because she might have like this mutant gene. Anyway, I think that Wanda is going to be the catalyst for unlocking latent powers and mutants all across the well, the world, the globe. Um, unlike the comics where like in the comics she said no more mutants, where she basically makes mutants extinct um, down to like a few hundred. I think that she's actually going to be the reason for the mutants to exist in the MCU. So like basically like in, in the comics, in the Inhumans comic books years ago, what they did with uh, the Terrigen gas is like, they released this gas and like everybody that had like this inhuman gene, this Terrigen gas brought it out of them. And that kind of like created more inhumans. And, um, I don't remember everything about that comic. It was in like the Jonathan Hickman, um, in, oh God, it was in a Jonathan Hickman comic run. Thanos's son was involved in that. I don't remember everything about it, but like, that's how we got more in humans. And I think that. And also, I'm going to point out in the Wakanda Files, which it's an in-universe journal written by Shuri, it's detailed, and this is in canon, it's in-universe, it's in the MCU, it's detailed by, it's detailed that Hydra had chosen Sokovian citizens with specific, quote, genetic anomalies as they made best candidates for their experiments with the Mind Stone. And I think that those genetic anomalies will be the mutant gene. And I'm going to go another step forward. I'm going to say that I think that there is one mutant that's already been around for a long time. I think we're going to find out that Logan has been around for a long time. I don't think that they're going to fuck with Logan's origin story, Jake. I think he's probably still been around since the 1800s. He's going to be one of the first mutants. And we're going to find out that he's been around for a long time. We might even see a post-credit scene of like Claws snicked, you know, before we actually fucking, they announce the actor. Kind of like when we got our first Thanos reveal before it was Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige said that three questions would be answered in WandaVision concerning Wanda's powers. Quote, this is what, this is what, Kevin Feige said, who else is aware of that power? Where did it come from? Did the Mind Stone unlock it? That last... Yeah, why even bring that shit up? Thank yeah. you! Yeah. Right? Did yeah. the Mind Stone... Dude, I think Wanda is going to be... I think 100% these questions are going to be answered in WandaVision... They're not going to be answered in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. They might be expounded upon in that film. But I think... That's not what that film's about. Thank you. But I think Wanda is going to be... She's going to be the catalyst for the mutant gene. Do you think they'll go so far as to uh, 
have Magneto be your dad? That's a great question. Didn't they try to retcon that in the comics? Uh, gosh, I feel like they did. They I don't did. remember how that went down. They though. did. I don't remember how it went down. They tried to retcon it, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be interesting. I, I could see them going that. But road. like, here's the thing: like, if she fucking, if she's the one that releases, uh, releases like the, she does something with her magic, and she's the one that fucking, you know, uses the power of the mind stone, releases the powers of this mutant gene, unlocks it. Is she gonna unlock her father's powers? I don't know if it makes sense to do it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And that, that's a character that we don't need to right away bring in. I mean, it was kind of done to death in the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also rumored that the film Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness might get pushed out further. Did you hear about this? It came from Collider. She was doing an interview. And it was during her Tuesday evening appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Olsen revealed filming on Doctor Strange 2 is currently delayed due to the latest wave of lockdowns happening across the UK in response to COVID-19. The Doctor Strange 2 star shared with Kimmel, quote, I'm in London. It's the second lockdown I've experienced in three months and went on to reveal the public's response to the government mandated lockdown is not exactly the ideal response. Jake, this movie's supposed to come out March 25th of 2022. It was supposed to come out fucking... Way earlier than that, it might get pushed back even more. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they're having fucking COVID mutations over there and things aren't going the greatest. So, it's that's a shame. What the fuck, though? What the fuck? We're getting WandaVision, which is directly going to tie in to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is coming out this year. I'm hoping that we can get this fucking movie by next year. If we don't get it by fucking spring of next year, what the fuck? I don't think there's any way possible we get it by spring next year, honestly. I I would bet against that. It's looking more and more like that. Well, if they start if they start filming in early 2021 this year, we could still get it. But you're saying, like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you guys. Like, it's going to be hard, right? Yeah, I mean, that movie's going to take a lot of post-production work. So I, I would say at least six months post-production from when they fi- finish shooting. And that's doing a quick job of it. Yeah. And I have no idea what's going on in the movie world. But, I mean, you know, the, the going around, <clears throat> excuse me, the word going around is that we're really not going to get started back up again where we're, we're you know like starting the machine back up again until at least june so that's going to set them back another what five months or so it just i i'm thinking like late 23 Ugh. i agree with that fuck fuck indeed that's killing me that's i have a, a quick question yeah if i wanted to if i want to read wandavision is it going to ruin my experience with the show what are you reading uh, there's one on in Marvel that's just like, like the I've been told this is the the what's the name of it with uh, Tom Wanda King and the Tom King um, yeah the Tom that. King Vision series I don't you can read it no spoilers okay. cool 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 yeah yeah go ahead and read it. it's, uh, the Tom King stuff is fucking fantastic honestly it's really good 
This is- I just didn't want to ruin my experience because I'm really looking forward. If it's anything like Legends, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> if it's anything, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> anything. <laughs> You, you son of a bitch. Jesus. <laughs> I heard the theme song to WandaVision this week. I thought that was really cool. Where did you hear it? Uh, there was a link. It was like one of the news sites. Like Entertainment Weekly published it. Nice. I was hoping yeah, that they, I, I was hoping that they do a different theme song every week for like 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 uh, sitcoms. You know what I mean? Like like the first week it would be like a '50s sitcom. The next week it'd be like a '60s or '70s. You know what I mean? That's that what would I, be brilliant, dude. That would yeah. be brilliant. Yeah, it's it's definitely in that like old sitcom style. The theme song. It's written by the Lopez's who did all the music for the Frozen movies and Coco. Do you think that WandaVision itself is going to be the catalyst for possibly pushing forward the mutant, the mutant gene being introduced into the MCU, Jake? I, I don't. I, I think. Dude, it, it, dude, that, there's, there's serious, there are serious ties to House of M in this. Yeah, I, I could see, like, retroactively that be in the case but i don't i don't think that point will be the point that's being like pushed like that's not going to be the main agenda of this show i don't think maybe not the main agenda but like maybe like the planting of the seed yeah i could see that but i think if that even if that's the case i don't think you'll even realize the seed has been planted or at least the the like normal viewer won't realize that that's what's happening. I know. It's just like house of M. It's like, it's like, you know, no more mutants where, and we know that we know that, that, that Marvel has taken some of these like big time stories and changed them up. Right. Like age of Ultron had nothing to do with the comic book age of Ultron. Correct. No, not at all. And if you watch, uh, you know, Captain America civil war, it's completely different from the comic. Yeah, Infinity War is the same way. Yes. There's no Adam Warlock and, yeah. and his clone. House of M, she basically, like, we're talking about fucking no more mutants. Why? I mean, maybe this could be fucking like the, like, not, 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 you know, her, the extinction of mutants, but, like, could this be the birth of the mutants? Could this be unlocking the mutant gene on a global scale? I don't know, man. I'm just. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very similar to House of M. In, in, in the way that she's existing inside of a false world that she's constructed with her own power. Well, and if you watch the trailer, she's like cracking open a bottle of like wine or champagne. And on that top of the bottle of wine or champagne that you look at, it says M on it. It's a definitely, it's definitely a fucking Easter egg for House of M. Yeah. I mean, the M stands for Magneto. So. I, that's what makes me wonder if they're going to go that route, if they're going to introduce that character relatively soon into the Marvel universe. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Um, Roger. It's, War- more like, it's more like the house of S is what's going on. The house of Scarlet witch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Roger Wardell is back on Twitter tweeting Marvel rumors. Uh, we've mentioned his tweets before. Jake, I don't even know if you remember the name Roger Wardell. Do you remember? No. We've talked about it before. He's been, um, this guy's been dead on in the past. This guy has released, he's the guy that fucking, 
tweeted Endgame spoilers and Ant-Man rumors that have come to fruition. Um, he's also thrown out some crazy rumors. He's not always right, but my God, he was dead on with some of his Endgame rumors and Ant-Man rumors. And let me explain. This is this is where it gets fucking weird, okay? There's been two Roger Wardell accounts on Twitter. There's there's Wardell at Wardell Roger and at Roger Wardell. And we don't know which one is real. (laughs) (laughs) That's really dope. Excited for nothing. Dude, this is fucked up. Apparently the new account the new account that has popped up uses the at symbol where the old Roger Wardell uses hashtags. And so people are, so people are like, is this the real Roger Wardell or is this like somebody taking over the Roger Wardell persona? That's funny, dude. It's kind of clever. It is. It is. I don't know. I don't know if like Roger Wardell is back on the new account and post. I, I don't know, but there are new rumors for WandaVision, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and the Loki series. I'm going to go over them here. And these are down-to-the-wire WandaVision rumors. We're going to find out very shortly if this new Roger Wardell is the real deal or if this is 100% complete bullshit. Here are I've got some WandaVision rumors here. First one is, and these are directly pulled from at uh, Roger Wardell on Twitter. And if you want to follow Roger Wardell, which I highly recommend if you're a fucking MCU fan and um, you're interested in this at all, follow Roger Wardell, R-O-G-E-R-W-A-R-D-E-L-L, at Roger Wardell. Here's the first one. It's WandaVision. In order to not arouse any suspicions and to blend into the community, Wanda and Vision will pretend to be a stage, will, will pretend to be stage magi- magicians known as glamour and illusion. Hmm. Number two, Wanda is using a type of energy emanation to alter reality and influence the actions of people who surround her. She can make their lives completely static or grant them some unusual abilities. So-called vision will get the chance to become a character known as wizard. Number three, there is no such thing as vision per se. It will be revealed that he is something else. WandaVision will introduce multiple villains with Mephisto and Grim Reaper being the main antagonists of the series. That was dope. Jake, we've heard rumors of Mephisto popping up in the Loki series. Yeah, and I could see them using him as a main player across multiple like series and movies too. He's a he's a big enough like you know antagonist for that. Hmm. What do you think about these rumors? I don't know. I'm going to get into the Falcon and Winter Soldier rumors next. I don't know, man. I don't know. Is this is this legit Roger Wardell? Is this the Roger Wardell that fucking gave us those Endgame? And I'm talking, Jake, I'm talking like, dude, these are the Roger Wardell fucking rumors that I used on the show. The, the rumor that Hulk was going to be the one that fucking, you know, was the one that 
lost his arm. You know what I mean? Like that's and that was legit. When Hulk's arm fucking like shriveled up and shit in Endgame. I think you have good reason to believe this. I mean, so far, like you said, you, and you know yourself, you've gotten most of these and they've all been pretty much legit. I don't know. I'd be excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. We're going to find out, man. I don't know. I don't know if this is like, a, if this is like the legit Roger Wardell, if this is somebody taking on, taking on the persona <laughs> of Roger That's Wardell. That's crazy that, that someone's like faking being that guy on Right? Twitter. Right? Right? Yeah. That's a great troll. It, yeah, a lot of effort for it, but it's a great troll. Here's the, okay. Let's dive into this further. Let's get into the Falcon and Winter Soldier rumors. First rumor is the fight against terrorism, as well as Weapon Plus program, are both pivotal themes of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. The main bad is the leader of a racist political group called the World Party. So, Jake. When we did our Disney investor meeting episode, I talked about like how in the comics, this racist political group is called in the comics, they're called ultimatum. And in the Disney investor day episode, I, I believe that they could be called flag smashers. And this Roger Wardell account is calling them world party. Hmm, Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Flag smashers is, is kind of a, you know, a little bit of a heavy name for what's going to be ultimately a kid show. Sure. Well, are you thinking that this is a kid show? Are are you saying that the Marvel movies are kid shows? Because they've been comparing Falcon and Winter Soldier to basically an extended Marvel movie. I guess kid show is a little bit strong. All ages show. I'm saying this is going to be more of the PG-13 content that we've been watching. Yeah, but they've still never used any kind of terms like that. They fucking, fucking, uh, Iron Man 3, he called that kid a pussy. Yeah, but did, <laughs> did they even use the word genocide in the Infinity movies? I mean, they kind of tiptoe around what's really going on, even though it's actually going on. I think that I think that uh, fucking you know they kill they kill off fucking Tom Holland Spider Man. He fucking dies. I think I I definitely think that like this is going to basically be more of like even the Mandalorian. Dan, I've heard yeah, you they're snapping fucking necks in the Mandalorian. Then thank you, fucking you got fucking Boba Fett fucking using that gaffy stick and just beating the fuck out of people in the Mandalorian. I don't think that this is going to be kid-friendly family fucking bullshit. I think family, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to fucking get pretty – I'm not going to say it's going to get R-rated well, changing violent. changing that name is, wa- is still watering it down, whether or not the show's kid-friendly. It's still a conscious choice to water down. They, they change like shit in comic books all the time as far as, like, names and stuff. I'm just saying, like, instead of calling it, like, you know, we had a villain in the comic books called Flag Smasher, and the rumor was that these these villains are going to be called Flag Smashers. Changing it to World Party doesn't mean anything that it's going to be more kid-friendly. It means they water down the name, that they don't want to have a name out there that's, like, you know, anti-patriotism. 
Like, I, I think that's a conscious choice. I think that I think that you are going to be introduced to fucking characters that are anti-patriotism that are going to be fucking going after U.S. I agent. agree a hundred percent, but I, I still think there's a measure and a reason to not calling them flag smashers. That has to do with them kind of diluting it a little bit. I just, I just don't, I just don't agree with like you calling the series kid friendly. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I, and I already submitted that that was okay. Wrong. Okay, all right. Um, so, uh, here's the second. Are either one of you excited about this? Especially excited about the show? Falcon, yeah. extremely excited. Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely excited. Dude, that fucking, did you watch that fucking trailer that they put out? Yeah, Anthony Mackie just drives you bonkers. You not a fan? Oh, yeah, no argument there. Yeah, I just, I, there's something, I just don't know. And I don't know what it is. He's not especially bad. It's just like, he's not especially good. That's all. It's just like, ugh. Dude, still he's a bit of a tryhard. He's the weakest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing wrong with him, but what's right with him? Yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. And I'll watch it, no question. But I'm like, he's the weakest link. It's got, dude. It's got to come down to like him and his dynamic with Sebastian Stan, right? That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see. No, dude, I'm not sold 100. percent I did, guys. Synchronic. You gotta watch Synchronic when it hits Netflix. It hits Netflix later this month. You gotta watch Synchronic. Didn't they? Isn't the director of Synchronic going to be working on the Moon Knight series? Mm, uh, the Moon Knight series. I know. Who is? Oh God. I'm pretty sure that was announced this week. Uh, Moon. Moon Knight team. Yeah, Synchronics, Benson, and Moorhead tapped to Helm Moon Knight episodes. Oh, okay. Wow. I, that's a great choice, man. Synchronic was really good. Yeah, all kinds of reputable outlets are, are reporting it. Collider, Screen Rant, Movie Web, net. Yeah, so it seems legit. I really, Dan, Steve, when... Synchronic hits Netflix, which is later this month. This is one that I want you guys to watch. And I really want to hear your thoughts on this movie. Consider it done. I'm on it. It's, it's, it's hitting Netflix this month. It released in the theaters. Um, I don't know. I saw it in the theater. It was like limited release for like a couple weeks and I caught it in the theater and I really dug it. I gave it a high taste it and um, it's going to hit Netflix this month and uh, I'll remind you, I would love to hear your review of Synchronic yeah. when it comes yeah, do out. That. I'm a little buzzed. So remind me, please. Yeah, That'd be great. dude, I will. <laughs> I will totally hit you up um, here. Okay. Uh, second uh, rumor for Falcon and Winter Soldier, Sam and Bucky are tasked to build a team capable of stopping the world party. In order to achieve this, they'll need to infiltrate and work with many different mercenaries, often gathered around criminals, criminal groups and clans. One of the episodes will focus on the Serpent Society. I don't know. Uh, infiltrate and work with many different mercenaries. The only mercenary I can think that I saw that them working with in that trailer was going to be Baron Zemo. Yeah, it's hard saying. I mean, you know, we could only be seeing stuff from the first two or three episodes in these trailers for all we know. Yeah. 
and that could be hiding a lot of stuff. I mean, that's kind of the recipe they did with Mando for both season one and two. Yeah, True. yeah. Third rumor is the Falcon and Winter Soldier is also about the family lives of the main protagonists. Yes, both of them. Winter Soldier will be in a huge surprise to learn that he has a granddaughter. Rebecca Ricky Barnes is portrayed by none other but Aaron Kellyman. Who's that? Aaron Kellyman. Let me look this up. I look, As we all go to IMDb. Uh-huh. I looked her up and I forget who she is. Aaron with an E. E-R-I-N. Aaron oh, Kellyman. Oh, wait a minute. She was Emphy's Nest in the Solo movie. Remember Emphy's Nest? Emphy's Nest in the Solo movie? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's Aaron Kellyman. Oh, I like her. And she is rumored to be the granddaughter (laughs) by Roger Wardell showing up. Is, is, if we go to the IMDb page, for I haven't heard any castings for her, so I don't think she's going to show up in IMDb. It, she is actually, but it just says actress twenty twenty one. Ah, and the holy shit! Well, from the looks of her, I'm going to go on a limb. Yeah, and say some shenanigans are afoot. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> I got to hear this one. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I'm gonna go. That's about right, Jake. <laughs> I'm gonna go on a limb and say that possibly there's a little, little jungle fever in the past, and I'm down. You're a real Sherlock Holmes, there, Steve. <laughs> for figuring that out. It makes you wonder how he does it, right? How does he do it? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not sure how you figured out that that's possible. It's fucking Sherlock Holmes, Encyclopedia Brown, and Steve Hudson. Jesus, Man, this guy know. looked at one picture and, and solved mystery. <laughs> I fucking love you, Jay. <laughs> there is You're an, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. There is an actor in this, and her name is Veronica Falcon. Are you looking at this? She's in The Falcon and the Wizard Winter Soldier, and her name is Veronica Falcon? Well, just fits. That's Easy pretty gig. dope. That's crazy. I will confirm what Steve said to be true. There's definitely jungle fever in the, uh, in the barn. Dude, dude, that's just that's just fucking going to Ancestry.com, man. That's all that is. No, all you have to do is look at one picture. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, Dope. Yeah, so we'll find like we'll find out. Rebecca Ricky Barnes. We'll find out. We'll find out. Loki rumors. Roger Wardell had some Loki rumors. One of the timelines visited by the Time Variance Authority, the TVA, Loki will be a home of evil Thor who went completely insane at some point in his life. That's dope. Played by Chris Hemsworth? Yeah. Dude, it's not confirmed. Chris Hemsworth is not confirmed to show up in this show. But they're saying that one of the timelines visited by Loki when he's part of the TVA will be a home of evil Thor who went completely insane at some point in his life. I love that. I think that's great. And oh. I can see I can see Hemsworth doing that, too. He seems like he's not done. Obviously, he's not For done. Sure. He seems like he's still really enjoying himself with this. And, yeah, bring that on. Evil Thor. And sure. You could have that. You could have that plot line without Hemsworth even showing up, too. You could just see the aftermath of what 
evil Thor did true. to this Very world. True. But that, like uh. that recent video this last week that showed up on Chris Hemsworth workout, because I know in Marvel he's chubby right now, but this one he's like getting ready to play whatever. For Love and Thunder, he is, right? Yeah. He is rocked. And I'm like, well, maybe he, now that you're saying this, what if he does show up in the show? Thor. Well, check this out, Jake. What you said kind of lines up with this next one. Thorites are the members of a semi-religious sect fighting in a glory of Thor. Each member receives his own hammer as long as he dedicates his life to fight Loki and his followers lurking around the ruins of post-apocalyptic New York. Do you remember one of the shots from the trailer that came out during the Disney Investor Day of New York and it pretty much looked decimated and wiped out? Could that, could that be from the Thorites? Yeah, very possible. And yeah, that does line up. Like the Thorites is like a great way to, to show that this evil Thor thing did happen. It did leave its like ripple in the pond. And this is what's become of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, so Thorites, members of a semi-religious sect fighting in a glory of Thor. Each member receives his own hammer. As he dedicates his life to fight Loki. Oh my god. Okay. Jonathan Ma- Jonathan Majors Immortus is one of the timekeepers. Mephisto's manipulations of Immortus will get him to create alternate timelines and to become Kang eventually. Hmm. Jake, remember we talked about rumors of Jonathan Majors showing up in this Loki series, and we thought, is Kang going to show up? Well, guess what? Jonathan Majors might show up as a Mortis, one of the timekeepers, and creates an alternate timeline and becomes Kang, according to the rumors here by Roger Wardell. Hmm. I, yeah, I could see it. Dude, dude, cool. seriously, seriously. I could totally see this. Hold on. I'm not saying it's true, but like even in the comic books, there's versions of Kang the Conqueror that are future versions of Tony Stark. Yeah, and Kang shows up as a completely different character in the comics before he becomes Kang. So. Yeah, yeah. Kang's in Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, in Kang. Rama Tut. Yes. So, yeah, kind of a great way to introduce him. And doesn't mean they have to, like, use him a whole bunch, but it would be a good way to kind of get him into the MCU. Yeah. For familiarity. I don't know. I don't know, man. Guys, I don't know. I don't know if the, if these fucking are legit. I don't know if this is the real Roger Wardell. Will the real Roger Wardell please stand up? I have no idea if these are the real, if this is the real Roger Wardell or if this is a fake account. And some of these sound like it could be 100% true. And some of them sound like it could, could be complete bullshit. I have no idea. Guys, the reason I'm bringing these up is because when we finally get to see these series, WandaVision, Loki, um, we're going to know if this is bullshit or not. Like, and like some of the, Jake, and what, Dan, Steve, what's wild about this is like, we did a fucking spoiler episode for Endgame and some of the Endgame spoilers that we gave were dead on, and those rumors came from the real Roger Wardell. 
You've been right a lot, man. I have no reason to doubt it. <laughs> Outside of the mystery Wardell, if it's the real Wardell or not, that's the biggest mystery of them all. I have. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know. We but I do, out of curiosity, uh, going back to this Loki thing, is there anything that I should be reading to get up on Loki or just go in blind? Um, on, just watch the Marvel Legends Studios version of the Loki yes. show. I was hoping. <laughs> yes. Cool. That's all you... <laughs> It'll be it'll be like it'll be three minute three minutes of pure bliss for you, Steve. You'll love hard hitting bliss. It's gonna be hard for me to watch the show because after this Jason Aaron run, I hate Loki with everything in my body. I cannot stand the guy. The only thing that I can the only thing that I could think that you could read there's a Loki. Do you remember the in the trailer when he shows up and he's like. Fucking like the vote Loki, like he's going like running for president. Yes, yes. There's a there's a comic book run on that. Um Vote Loki that came out in twenty sixteen. And that sounds amazing. I, it it's written by Christopher Hastings. That's the only thing that I would recommend maybe checking okay. out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. He's Got, a lot nicer in the movies than he is in the books. Dude. Dude. Have you read any of the first reactions to the first three episodes of WandaVision? No. Have uh, So people have been watching the first three episodes? Yeah, it came out this afternoon. There's been a lot of interesting stuff. This, this one really... Here, let me read this. Uh, I slept through the WandaVision social embargo, but FOMO says I have to share. It's a really intriguing start to the Disney Plus leg of the MCU. and something refreshingly different. Olsen and Bettany are a triumphant comic... Co- comedic duo but the first three episodes set up a slow burn as far as reveals and explanations go and my initial thought is that a week-to-week rollout might be very frustrating for casual marvel fans and a binge model would suit this particular show better this reminds me jake this sounds like legion dude it sounds like legion yeah one person says it's very david lynch like tantalizing experiment with shades of david lynch that almost irritatingly dedicated to slowly playing out its mystery. Mm. I may have to watch the pilot. Neither am I, man, but I may have to watch the pilot. This sounds easier than it's probably going to be, but I may just watch the pilot. If I'm not really digging it all the way, I may just wait all the way. Just binge it all at once. I hate that when you, there's certain shows that doesn't matter, but I feel like this one might be one of those ones where it's going to be super frustrating. Here's the thing. Like, is it going to be the show? You don't get to predict what's going on with everything. Yeah. Is it going to, is it going to be true? I know you kind of take, it takes away the fun. Is it going to be the week to week talk? You know what I mean? Like, like that first season, I'm talking about that first season of Westworld. Oh, that's maybe you never know. You never know what, what Disney and Marvel, they, it might be. That was special. That first season of Westworld was a different. It was. It was. And Fargo. That and, was special. Yes. Yes. It's like that. It's like that, that water cooler talk, right? You know? Yes. Tons exactly. of praise for Catherine Hahn. That seems to be the one unifying thing I'm reading from all these reviews. Wow. I love her. I love her. Oh, my God. What was that show she was in fucking last year on HBO that I fucking loved? Was it Doctor or or name of that show? I know what you're talking about too. It's fucking great, Catherine Hahn. I've loved her since Parks. HBO. She was in the show. Amazing dude. Mrs. Fletcher. 
There it is. Yeah. She was great in that show. She was really good in Mrs. Fletcher. I love Mrs. Fletcher. She, do, she doesn't miss. Catherine Hunt is great. What was that movie that she was in with um, uh, my boy from Sideways? Uh. Oh, crap. They were a, a married couple that were going through it. They, I mean, it was just, they, she just never misses. She's great. She's really good. I didn't even know she was in, um, uh, Wanda, WandaVision. Yeah, she yeah, plays, she's she, a main character. She's she like plays, a wacky neighbor. She plays the nosy neighbor. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, she plays the nosy neighbor in WandaVision. There's a scene in like one of the trailers where Vision confronts her and she's like, aren't you supposed to be dead? And it's oh, like, what boy. the fuck? Yeah, dude, I, oh, oh boy. I know. I, I can't wait for this. Guys, I, honestly, I have, like, this is the end of the show. Like, there's, like, the, the, the fucking Star Wars news is bullshit this week and the fucking DC news is bullshit this week. I, I don't believe in the fucking Robert Pattinson getting exhausted on the set of the Matt Reeves shit. You guys, are you guys falling for that shit? No. No, not at all. You're not gonna talk about, I mean, I, I would say, are you guys, cause I don't know. Are you guys super DC heads or no? I I am, but the movies or the comics? The comics. Yeah, uh, the comics are way better than the movies. You're not DC heads with the movies, though. No, uh, I'm 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 I've got I've got my toes in the water. All right, just Jake wondering. loves Man of Steel. Jake hates the, Man the DC Steel. movies. Are like ninety percent trash. But you like Man of Steel? He no, hates. He, fucking hate he hates Man of Steel. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Dude. I love Man of Steel. I, I really liked it. Like Dan got me to watch it this last year, and it was super hokey and super raw, raw, shish, boom, ba. But I was like, oh, that's good. I love Dan. It. You're a shitty friend. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> mm, that influence man. always pushing that bad shit on people. Guys, are we, we are we going to do this again? Are we are we going to do this again? I feel like this is like a like a first date. You know what I mean? Like this was a couple's date. This was like the first clip of our legends show. <laughs> I don't think you guess, could, I don't think you could even get seven minutes to make a legend from this episode. <laughs> seven <laughs> minutes, seven hours, it's all the same. I had a fucking blast, I gotta tell you. It's been a long I time, freaking, man. I'm this was so fun. Oh my god! Oh my god! I I I I always have fun. I have fun listening to you guys, and I have li- I have fun listen. I have fun talking to you guys. I have fun trying to spit out words when I'm fucking drunk off of this. Jesus Christ! <laughs> this fucking I've been drinking sangria for I don't know how many. Jake, how long have I? I've been drinking for like seven hours. It feels like my Skype audio says seven hours and fourteen minutes. Oh Jesus Christ! We gotta we gotta end this shit. We gotta end this shit. <laughs> Is this a record? What's the record show? What's the longest left, show? So I mean, if the longest show we ever did, w- the <laughs> longest show that we ever did was a, um, it was like an episode two hundred or three hundred or some shit where it went on for like fucking seven <laughs> hours or something. It was so ridiculous. All right, I'm proud to be here. Uh, I mean, that counts breaks and all of our pre-talk. And That's true. That's true. It's, the whole Skype call has been seven, seven hours and 15 minutes. My cats are going crazy right now. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's like fucking cat WrestleMania. Dan, Steve, Yo. where can people find you? Go for it, Dan. Sure. Uh, the easiest answer is go to www.heroesofnoise.com. You can find Heroes of Noise podcast on 
iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere. Uh, we'd love for you to take a listen, man. If you like this, it's not the same. But if you like the humor and shit like that, I think you might enjoy this. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to having you listen. So thanks for listening to us on here. But please give us a listen on the other one. It's not the same, but it is the same. It's 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 not the same, but it is. It, it's it's wild because, like, you guys will go down these rabbit holes. You guys will – you're like us in that in that way. Like, you guys go down crazy fucking Very tangential. Holes. Yes, yes. Yes, I, 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 I get a kick out of listening to you guys. Like, I would rather, and here's, I don't know. I would rather listen to you guys than fucking, I'd say fucking 80% of the fucking other podcasts that are out there. Um, Much and I appreciate oh, dude, I feel the same incredible. way. So that is incredible. I appreciate it. It's it doesn't like, mean as we, much if you think about how many other podcasts exist. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Pissing <laughs> on our little fire that we had started. <laughs> oh my god, Jake! You're hey, such- you know, hey, seriously, in all in all realness, Brian and Jake, you guys know I just love the show and uh, loved getting to hang out with you and everything. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to come back on any time. And thank you so much for having us. You guys are fucking awesome. You guys are absolutely. You guys are both invited to come back and just. Fucking bullshit with us because I had a fucking blast. That's why this episode is going on so long. I've had a fucking blast talking to you guys. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ! It's like seven hours in. We didn't even get to fuck. We couldn't even get to fucking DC news and Star Wars news because it's just we just (laughs) talking about other bullshit. (laughs) All that legends talking really. Everybody, seriously, get right now. Get on your fucking iTunes, your Apple Podcasts. You're fucking whatever, I don't know, Stitcher, your Spotify, and subscribe to Heroes of Noise. And that way you can get your fix of uh, Dan and uh, Steve Hudson every week on the Heroes of Noise. You guys are a blast to listen to. And I, I, and I mean that. Thank you, sir. I really Thank mean that. Thank you very that. much. I really mean that. You guys are fantastic. Guys, hey, Jake, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for listening. Thank you for your patronage. We'll see you next week with episode 300 and what the fuck are we on? 364? I'm down. Dude, I have no idea. We'll see you. See you then. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushed over pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Hot culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good Have already been done before So we should separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap Even though we're the shit Woo! 
Where the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the poor kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and take Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent